participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. I was just testing out the audio there, so I was trying to go up, I was trying to go down. It's very clever. It was the full range, if you go what I'm saying. Is back in your life on this Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is great to be here on a beautiful Wednesday. When I say April 19th, you know what comes to mind, Frank? Of course you do. April 19th, 2008, Bell Center, Montreal, George St. Pierre, UFC 83 against Matt Serra, the first event in Canada, the first event in Montreal. George St. Pierre, the prodigal son, returning to La Belle Province to fight Matt Serra to avenge his loss, and he did so. I actually wasn't at that event. It was Passover, so I stayed home. And perhaps couldn't get credentials because I was with MMA rated. But the real story is Passover. Anyway, it's a date that is etched in my mind because it was a really big deal. 
in Canadian MMA history. And so when I said that off the top there, I was like, oh, yeah, April 19th, 2008. 15 years ago, GC was in what? Second grade? 2008. What grade were you in, GC? Uh, seventh. Seventh grade. Eighth? Eighth? Eighth grade. Did you learn your numbers that year? Or? Did you, at the time, did you have any idea what the UFC was? Had you ever heard of the UFC? No. no. You weren't even aware that this thing existed? 2008? Maybe maybe I knew who Chuck Liddell was. Okay, so you knew that there was something yeah. called the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I weren't like, yes. you know, watching, you know, highlights on MySpace, but you were aware of it. Yeah, I definitely was not on MySpace watching highlights, but uh, yeah, I think I knew what it was. Did you have a MySpace? Oh, yeah, yeah. Top friends, music when you went on you the You weren't site, supposed to have everything. an account until you were 17. Yeah, well, I broke point. the rules, Frank. Top He's eight? Who was in my top eight. eight? Yeah, who was in the top eight? I mean, that was that was big at the school. It was always changing. It was always changing based I mean, on who you honor. liked. Honored to be in my top eight for sure. Frank, did you have one? I did. I feel like you were Who very uh, stingy. Was the OG. Yeah, I feel like Frank was very stingy with his I top eight. I had a friendster. Very passive aggressive with it. You're the you were the kind of guy who was very passive aggressive. Touching? I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. What do you want me to say? We yeah, told I, you not to touch the knobs. It's it's it's. I can I be honest? You have to be honest. It actually might be worse than Monday, and I don't know how that's possible because we did a, a quick test and. Now I, I I don't know what to say. Look, this is this is the equipment you've been given. You need to make yeah, it. the Slack doesn't work. I come in here, Slack doesn't work. All kinds of problems. What else can go wrong, right? No one wants to hear me complain about all this. And you know what? I'm not going to let your faulty mic situation ruin my mood, Frank. Because it is Tank Garcia Fight Week. We are off to Las Vegas tomorrow morning. And in fact, it occurred to me that I have not been to a big fight in Las Vegas, in the arena, in T-Mobile, since March of 2020, when the great Israel Adesanya fought Yoel Romero um, to, you know, a fight that was, you know, let's be honest, a little forgettable. But co-main event was Zhang Weili and Yuani and Jacek. Uh, I believe that was UFC 248, if memory serves me correct. Is either 248? Yeah, I think it was 248, because then the return one was 249. In any event, that's the last time... I was in T-Mobile for a big-time fight. We'll be there on Saturday. We'll be there, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And yes, I was at International Fight Week last year, but I didn't actually go to the event. I was at the Money in the Bank wrestling event at MGM Grand. So does it count? Does it not count? I don't know. You be the judge. I am very excited. This feels like a big deal. They had the... um, the grand arrivals yesterday in Las Vegas. You can see that on the MMA Fighting uh, YouTube page. Uh, very exciting stuff. Big stakes, big feel. There's a lot to be excited about. But I actually almost didn't even make it to the studio today, guys. I don't know if you know this. Wait, why not? Uh, this is a this is like a true story. This is this is a shoot. So try to keep the jokes to a minimum. Um, I was working out yesterday. I was working out with my uh, my trainer. And we were doing the old shoulder press routine. So you start here, and then you go here, and then you come back down, right? And then you go to um, a curl, as they say in the business. Well, what happened was I was a little bit tired. You know, I hadn't gone in a few weeks because I was in L.A., Montreal, etc. Four or five in, up here, turn, down, hit my head. 25 pounds steel, start to bleed, big bump, feeling a little woozy, fought on, forged on, but, you know, 
there were there was talks of stitches maybe there was talks of a hospital there was a talk you know talks of sitting out not flying not coming in today it was very dicey and in fact uh back into the day i was feeling very dizzy and very out of it and i was like ah so this is what it's like to get punched in the head but then someone said to me this is worse because this was a steel dumbbell hitting me in the head and then i have a big bump right over here i don't know if you could see it it's actually right where the thing is so you might not be able to see it yeah i'm looking for it i don't yeah, see it i know you could touch it afterwards you want to come in you could touch it right now it's really you know it's very tender and i had to go get neosporin i had to get a hydrogen peroxide i mean it was a whole thing um Oof. but I'm, I'm happy that you know everything worked out and i, and I appreciate all you guys you know you know, sending me thoughts and prayers and your <laughs> concern. You're not supposed to be laughing. No, I know, serious. I know. I was trying to take a turn. Um, but I was very out of it. And then at night, I was watching The Wonder Years with my wife. Have you guys seen The Wonder Years? Yeah, with Marilyn Manson. No, but that is one of the great myths that, uh, who is it? Um, the friend of yeah, Fred Savage. Dan, yeah. Dan, what is his name? Um, uh, Winnie Cooper. Ah, uh, what, 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 what wonder Marilyn years? Marilyn Manson. No, but what's the name of the character in the in the show? Um, Paul Pfeiffer. That's it. Paul Pfeiffer. What a legend. Anyway, I was watching an episode. I like to watch the Wonder Years, my favorite show of all time. That and Seinfeld, but as far as like drama, and it was the one where Winnie gets a little older and she wants to, you know, um, separate and 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 she doesn't want to be friends with uh, with Zach Arnold. Is it Zach Arnold? What was his name? Zach, what was his name in the show? Not Zach Arnold. Zach Arnold is the, the fight opinion guy. Uh, Kevin Arnold. Zach Arnold is the MMA blogger guy from, from many years ago. Kevin Arnold. Anyway, then she gets into a car accident, and then I start bawling. I started crying like crazy. I just couldn't. I don't know what it was. I don't know if that's a sign of a concussion. I just started. Because of the show? Yes. I, I started uncontrollably crying. This is like last night at 1030. Maybe it was because the Knicks got whooped. I don't know. But I was very emotional, and I just wasn't sure you know, what kind of state I would be in today. Witness the fact we're uh, seven minutes into the program and I'm rambling like a lunatic. So maybe this is also a sign of the concussion. It also might be my frustration with the the microphone. No, I think it sounds weird because of your concussion. You think so? That's Absolutely. probably it. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, the problems between the chair and the microphone. Back into the show, we're going to be uh, joined by Demetrius Johnson, Mighty Mouse in studio. You may have heard of him. He's kind of a big deal, one of the greatest of all time, uh, greatest flyweight champion of all time. He returns to action on May May 5th. May, May, that's a big-time weekend, by the way. May 5th, the first one championship event in America ever. Uh, that's in Broomfield, Colorado. And then May 6th, of course, is UFC 288. Uh, he'll be defending his bantamweight title against Adriano Moraes on uh, May 5th in Colorado. They're stacking the deck, of course. Rod Tang on the card, Sage Northcutt on the card, Roberto Soldich on the card, Ong Lang Sang. I mean, they're bringing out everyone. It's a bit, uh, Renier de Rider is on the card as well. I mean, anyone who is anyone in one championship is on this card. So he'll be joining us in studio to talk about all of this and more. I can't wait for that. Uh, prior to that, we're going to be joined by Leonard Ellerby, the CEO of Mayweather Promotions. He's going to be joining us to talk about the big tank 
Garcia fight this weekend on Showtime pay-per-view. It's also on DAZN as well. They're coming together. The two entities are coming together as one. Very exciting stuff. The two promotions are coming together. You got Mayweather and Tank's promotion coming together with, of course, Golden Boy promotions, Oscar De La Hoya, Bernard Hopkins. I mean, it's a who's who. And really, that's uh, part of the reason why they wanted me there. They're like, it's a who's who, but, you know, we got to have, you know, the guy. So, um... Yeah, we're dropping everything to go over there. Missing my kid's first uh, flag football game of the season on Friday as well. A little bit sad about that. Of course, we talked about the travel situation on Monday. We cleared that all up. Uh, prior to Leonard, we're going to be joined by Brandon Royval, who had the big win on Saturday and was very spicy afterwards. One of the top flyweights in the world beat Mateus Nicolau. What a big win that was for him in Kansas City. And prior to that, we're going to be joined by John Hennigan, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Nitro, who, of course, uh, had a big win at Creator Clash 2 against Harley Mortenstein. I feel kind of bad that I'm having John on because Harley is a Montreal boy. We grew up in the same hood. Epic mealtime. But, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. And uh, John had a big win, big knockout win. He was walked out by L.A. Knight and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and... Uh, Karen Cross and Scarlett, all the wrestlers were out to support him. Vic Joseph, uh, Josh Barnett, his head coach. So fun stuff. We'll be joined by John Hennigan at around 2.15. But uh, obviously, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We appreciate them very much. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code Hour for a special offer when you sign up again. This code Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. A lot to go and check out on DraftKings with... Uh, Tank Garcia, Bellator, two events this weekend, UFC back at the wonderful and palatial Apex, NBA playoffs in full swing, NHL playoffs in full swing, MLB in full swing. I mean, it's the greatest time. We've talked about this April, May, the greatest time. Also want to give a shout out to our good friends over at Squarespace. And speaking of Squarespace, as we like to do on Wednesday, we like to shoot, we like to answer your questions on the nose and this particular edition of the On the Nose segment is brought to you by our good friends over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for growing your business online. Use the code MMAR when you check out 10% off. Shout out to them. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. What can I do? What can I do to make this less Ladies and unbearable. The moment has arrived. You got to tell me what the problem is. Himself, eh, it just feels Ariel very tinny Hilwani. in my ears, you know? Live so if I go a little bit up, it, it, it's New even worse. It's but I thought we fixed it on, uh, did we not on Monday? I thought it was a quick reset. How did it sound before the show? It sounded actually much better. All right, so. Yeah. Yeah. There I am. Thank you very much to Mike Heck. Uh, sounding better, by the way. I don't know if you're doing anything or just drinking Prime back yep. there. Just turning the uh, the knob that's labeled. Don't better. touch. Better. <laughs> but no, all joking aside, I really I made an adjustment. Oh, thanks. Um, it does sound a little bit better. I like that. You know, I'm a product of Howard Stern. And he always talks about like the deep, like I like a deep, rich, like a bass. You know what I mean? Like if I go down, I want it to go down. But if I go up, I want it to go up as well. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Absolutely. So anyway. Um, all right. Let's get to the questions. No time to waste. We've wasted enough time here. Oh, I'm so excited. Matt Mo, Bonjour, Lord Ariel. I'm not sure if you've ever debated this, but I wanted to know who you think would win in a street fight. 
between prime Habib and prime Mike Tyson. Why in the world would we ever, ever, ever debate that? Obviously, yeah, obviously Tyson would have the size advantage, but it wouldn't be as pronounced as people think. They are only one inch apart in height and possess the same reach. Tyson was always a smaller heavyweight weighing in at around 218 pounds, whereas Habib would get close to 200 out of camp. Okay, well, first of all, you're talking about Tyson 218 at a fight. You're talking about Habib out of camp. So that alone doesn't really make sense. But anyway, how would this fight play out? And what would Tyson's chances be of knocking out Habib before Habib takes him down? would love to hear Rick's take on this fantasy matchup and for GC to set the odds as well. Thanks, as always, for being the number one show in comment sports. Do you think this guy's trolling us or what? Because sometimes Matt Moe is a little bit comsi comsa with his questions. Does anyone have any interest in a fantasy matchup between Khabib and Mike Tyson? Khabib, who never fought above 155, and Mike Tyson, who was a heavyweight? <laughs> I mean, I have an interest in it. Like, if they had it, yeah, I mean, I'd watch it. Who but wins yeah, the he's fight? also referring to, like, these, like, hypothetical street fights. Like, who cares? Who gives like, I don't care. People have asked me about Bruce Lee, Mike Tyson before, and I don't even don't care, care about that. Nope. Zero. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to Bruce wow. Lee. If they, if, they, if, they, if they had a street fight, you wouldn't watch? That's not the question. Of course I would watch, but I would watch a lot of stupid yeah. things. I was watching a 30-year-old episode of The Wonder Years that I saw nine times already yet last night. Have crying. you watched the reboot of The Wonder Years? <laughs> no, I can't be bothered. I, uh, like, I can't. Some things should just... So you, know, you knew it was coming and you still cried like a baby? I mean, my wife was like, is everything all right? I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm just crying. I'm dazed. I'm concussed. Yeah. I'm crying. crying. I'm emotional. Winnie Cooper doesn't want to see him. They're growing apart. I start thinking about my own life, my kids. Oh, I'm going to start crying right now. I feel my eyes welling up. Anyways, is it welling or swelling? Anyway, uh, I don't really care about this. Welling. Yeah. I, I guess Habib would have trouble. You know, maybe Habib shoots for the takedown and... Tyson catches him with an uppercut. Who the hell knows? What are the odds on this fight? Uh, you would, I mean, you said the weight differential earlier. You'd have to think Tyson would be favored in a fight yeah. in the street, for sure. Here's where it gets a little bit more interesting. Is it? Is it a 2023 oh, matchup? Okay, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, 2023, that changes everything. I thought this was prime versus prime. Uh, he didn't, he, did, he, did he specify? Prime versus prime, like he, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Tyson was ferocious. Anyway, um, Ariel, gang, big show, big fan of the show. James Roberts says, however, last week I found myself massively disagreeing with you, Ariel. You talked about having no interest in seeing people like Whitaker and Holloway getting another title shot, but I think this is totally wrong. Can you imagine in other sports if we use the same logic? Sorry, Djokovic. You lost to Federer the last two times, so we have no interest in you playing him again. Now, let's be honest. I mean, these guys end up playing each other like 40 times, so it's a little bit different, but okay, fine. I totally get the idea of making their path to a title shot more difficult to avoid the rematch happening so soon, but eventually you have to give it to them, especially in the Holloway case. As many people say, he won the second fight. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, well, first of all, Holloway different than Whitaker. Holloway has fought Volkanovski three times, Whitaker just twice. And as I said to Whitaker on Monday, there is a precedent. I'm, a, I'm, I'm much more open to the Whitaker fight than the Holloway fight, just because also the last Holloway-Volkanovski fight was very one-sided. Like there was no doubt whatsoever who won that fight and who the better fighter was. The last 
Whitaker Adesanya fight was very close, and even Whitaker thinks that he you know could have gotten the nod. So those two factors are very much in Whitaker's favor here. And ultimately, as we've talked about with New York Rick in the past, like if 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 there's no one else, there's no one else. What would you rather see? You know, Sean Strickland type of guy, and I'm not talking about Strickland in particular, like a seventh ranked guy who we think maybe has no chance or number one versus number two. Yeah, sure. Give me number one versus number two. It would just be nice if there were other contenders there. And in particular, if you're not killing off guys who had won 10 in a row against the likes of Max Holloway, who's the second best featherweight in the world, best featherweight not named Alex Volkanovsky. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly what I said last week, but point is, the more the, the the fresher the matchup, it's always better. It's always more interesting. But ultimately, if it means we get to see Izzy fight again, if it means that we're getting the best matchups possible, yeah, sure. Now, I I would also say, if in fact, like I would be. If Alex Pereira was staying at 185, Alex Pereira should be fighting Israel Adesanya next. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. So if you did Volkanovsky, Holloway, four. If you did Izzy, Whitaker, three. And the other guy won, meaning Holloway beats Volkanovsky, Whitaker beats Izzy. If you're going to run it back that many times, you got to give the guy, if he loses in the third or fourth fight, you got to give him an immediate crack at the belt. It's just like, the so that's why like when they came out and said, uh, you know, Pereira's got to do work now. Like, man, he, he did fight you four times in, in two different sports. Sure, but it was four times. How does he not deserve a crack at the uh, at the title if he was staying at 185? He's not, so it's a moot point. Um, but I think that has to be like an absolute. If, if we're going to run this back three times, I'm up 2-0. Four times, I'm up 3-0. And I lose, you best believe I'm not working my way back to that shot. A thousand percent. Max, hello, Ariel. Uh, a great chat with Bobby Knuckles. Thank you. My question this week is, why do you think it's not a good idea to have, to give him the third chance against Izzy? He's clearly the best middleweight besides Izzy. And in my opinion, you can make a case that he won the second fight. I would love to see a third matchup between these two. So why give the title shot to Strickland or DDP when these two are undoubtedly not as good as Bobby? Shouldn't the title shot be given to the best man in the division? Yes, although... What I was just saying, like, you got you you got to build it up just a little bit. You got to build it up just a little bit. And go ahead. I was just going to say the thing that's not being accounted for here, right? We compared it to other sports. We compared it to tennis. Is Djokovic versus Nadal is a hot ticket, right? People want that ticket. MMA fans don't want number four between Volkanovski and Holloway. It's not because it's not because Holloway isn't good enough to fight Volkanovski. It's because this is a promotional product and they have to sell pay-per-views and sell a main event and people are not interested in it. If everybody in the world was interested in Holloway versus Volkanovsky, then it would happen and there would be a much um, stronger case for it. But ultimately, the fights that are going to get made are going to be the fights that are going to sell. It's not based on the fact that Max Holloway isn't good enough to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. They also play 90 times a year in tennis. A busy year in MMA is fighting four times. They also play tennis for 25 years. Like The tennis comparison is is not a good one. Uh, Both of you are 1,000% right. Ultimately, it's who sells tickets, what sells tickets. And I don't know if that sells tickets. Now, I don't know if it sells tickets in like Florida or Houston. It sure as hell sells tickets in Australia or New Zealand. And if they're going back there, then maybe you consider that. Um, but you know something I was thinking about? 
I've been seeing a lot of, you know, I've been, I've been consuming a lot of Tank Garcia content and like the number one story or the number one topic that everyone keeps bringing up is, is the winner of this fight, the face of boxing, the face of boxing. And this is not what I want to talk about here, but I do think that maybe if Ryan Garcia wins, he's the face of boxing and maybe if Gervonta wins. Point is, is Israel Desanya the face of the UFC right now? What, can you clarify that term for me? What do we mean? Oh, this is, that was a classic follow. That was a classic great follow up. Um, (laughs) I mean, Conor it, McGregor is is the yeah. everything of everything okay. at all times. There is yeah, no it, second place. It just feels like anyone that isn't close to the sport is always going to identify with Conor McGregor. Who's number two? Because Conor now, almost, I think, you, yeah, Izzy could be number two if we're if we're discounting Conor from the perspective that Con- like Conor has that Conor has that title in perpetuity forever. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm almost excluding him. Who's that next? Who's the, who's the other guy? Who's like the the, the active guy? If if I'm being real, it's probably Dana White, and then oh, maybe somebody else. No, come on! You I mean, can't, I'm, just, you I'm just calling it like no. it is. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just calling it like show. it is. You can't. You can't. It's not Dana White. It's John not Jones. I'm. I, so yeah, I think it's a lot, a lot of people yeah. that aren't really that into the sport were really hyped when John Jones was fighting. I'll tell you what. I think. I think for the younger demo, I think for like the 15, 16, Israel. 17, I think it's Izzy. I think it matters what you mean by face again, right? Like we, and this talk comes up when we talk influencer boxing. This comes up when we talk UFC. Pay per view sales are different than social media buzz, right? Jake Paul high social media buzz, pay per views. I I would argue not very high. We've seen press releases to the contrary. Eight hundred thousand. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, Israel Adesanya probably not as big a pay per view draw as John Jones, but huge. Social media buzz, huge attention. John Jones may be pulling in more of that casual attention, people talking and not necessarily on Twitter buzzing about it. There's different kind of levers and things that these different athletes can pull. If we're going just like pure Q rating, who's going to know him? John Jones, just based on the longevity, is probably going to edge that out just on the fact that he's spanning multiple generations and now there's new people being exposed to him. But there's no doubt that Israel Adesanya is like building of an extremely strong and dedicated audience and making these moments that go viral. It's it's hard to avoid Israel Adesanya. So yeah, he's he's up there. I, I think it's it's very hard to to qualify any of this stuff, but he's up there. I th- I, I I give him the nod. I say he's the guy over uh, Jones. Even you're saying, yeah. I say he's just he's more active on social media. He's a little hipper. He's I don't know. I, I feel like. Um, I feel like the connection, the connection between him and fans is stronger by for sure. Absolutely. But plopping down the money to watch a pay-per-view fight, John Jones is still like, he's still that dude, you know? Yeah. I I, I highly disagree with the Dana take. Dana does not, I'm talking about like high school kids. I'm talking about uh, anecdotally. He's with the Nelk boys. He's he's, he's all over there. I was going to say, he's he's at the casino with Steve Will Do It every other night. (laughs) Is that a real thing? Yeah. yeah, they're like constantly posting at the casino together, betting hundreds of thousands of dollars. How much do you think he pays to hang out with them? <laughs> what was uh, it? I mean, there's no there's, there's no chance that, that they actually enjoy hanging or hanging out with like a 55 year old. They they can't be possible, right? He's he's their dad's I age. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, watch I, any I, of the I content. So I, I mean, Dana White's like a he's an incredibly famous person with a lot of power. So I I don't know if it if it takes any. All right. Uh, this dude, Max, is saying greetings from Germany. Big uh, Bayern Munich, Man City match today. I don't know if you guys know that. No, I didn't know that. Um, 
Taco Enthusiast says, uh, hello, friends. Hello. The top-ranked fighters in the bantamweight division have been very active. A few months ago, I thought Sean O'Malley, waiting for the winner of Cejudo Sterling, was the right move, and he'd be a shoo-in for the title shot. So did he. But recent dominant showings from Marab, Sanhagen, and Font have honestly made O'Malley an afterthought in my mind. With the benefit of hindsight, it seems like O'Malley may have made a mistake by just sitting and waiting for these last six months. Do you think he made a mistake and should stay active? Who's most likely getting the title shot next? Um, I don't know if he made a mistake. He's going to fight for the belt. He's going to get paid. He's very popular. From a promotional standpoint, don't love it. By the time he fights, it's going to be October. So he beat Peter Jan, hard-fought win, close fight, whatever, whatever, and then that's it? And other guys have fought Peter Jan since then? And and they're and they're not getting anything like of of note at least of right now like I I I don't like the way this was handled at all like if the, if that title shot was gonna happen in March or February or January then it makes all the sense in the world the title fight the bantamweight title fight is happening seven months after his win Aljo fought on that card and he's fighting someone else in May. And then by the time he's ready again, if it's in seven months, that's in December. And if it's Henry Cejudo, he's not coming back anytime sooner either, unless this fight ends in 10 seconds, which I doubt it does. So I don't know how you guys feel, but don't like it at all. Don't like the way it it was handled. And I I feel like it just clogged everything up. I'd love to see Sean fight. I understand why he's sitting out. If I'm him, yeah, cool. But I feel like it was a little bit clunky. Um, Agree. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I agree with that mostly, but every time Sean fights, you're putting it at risk that you blow that opportunity to have him in a title in a title fight. So I get it no, from I the know. UFC's perspective, and I get it from his perspective. Like, it's kind of just how you got to do it if if we want Sean O'Malley to get that shot. Like, every time you... He's going to be he, sitting he out fights, for a it's year. It's going to be a risk. Sitting out for yeah. a year. Every, everyone also I says mean, they put him on the back burner, but as soon as he gets a title shot, he's right back in in the front of your mind, then everyone is going yeah. to tune in to watch that. Oh, he's, Completely agree he's with that. fine. Also, he's he's yeah. fine. I, I'm talking, I'm not talking about from his perspective. He's fine. He's, he's, he's always going to be popular. I just don't yeah. like the way it was handled from like, yeah. Like I, I don't want him to sit out. Like you said, yeah. if it was another seven months, that's him sitting out for 15 months before we finally get to see him fight. Yeah. I don't love that. I, I will say he's one of the ones who's big on the idea of like, you can do your work in the gym. And don't necessarily only need to do it in the cage. Like as we saw, he recommended that Raul Rosas Jr. take time off and build. And when he was on his suspension, he was doing his work in the gym and improving his skills. So I'm not worried necessarily about the long layoff for him from that perspective. Because um, he seems to be somebody who uses that time wisely is the is the best way. I I'm just talking about say it. from like a sporting standpoint. You know what yeah. I mean? I, that That's the only yeah. thing I don't like. He'll be popular. It'll be a big fight. They'll sell it. Blah blah blah. I'm just talking about from a sporting but we could have standpoint. We've had other title title. The optics are weird. Number one, Jan has fought yeah. since then. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, why does the first yep. win, which was actually closer than the second win over Jan, mean more? You know, like all that is just weird. Well, when it comes to Marab, he has nobody to blame but himself. That's a Marab situation. If Marab was fighting and active and calling out the champions, then he could have been fighting. Like that's that's on Marab. That's yeah, he's not, not getting a title shot. He's not getting a title shot. If he, if he was fighting and saying, they're not giving I him want a title, title shot. shot. They're not giving him a title shot over Sean. There's no way. No chance. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right, but it doesn't help. You're making the case that like the division was active, but like active doing what? Like beating top contenders and then saying, I'm not going to fight 
Aljamain Sterling because he's my friend. Like that's that's on him. Listen, this could that could be a moot point in uh, sixteen days or whatever it is. Yeah, but he's not getting that fight either. You know what I mean? If Cejudo wins on May sixth, no, it's always going to be O'Malley. Yeah, it's always going to be O'Malley. So what does it matter what he says, uh, David? Hola, Ariel. Your thoughts on Leon's stance on targeting October for his next title defense? Yeah, sure. I mean, wh- why does he need to come back so soon? He fought in March. What does he need to come back in July for? That's four months against Camaro. Listen, if you're not going to give him the fight that he wants, then let him pick the date. Now, if they're coming to London, do they need him? It depends. Is it a pay-per-view? Is it not a pay-per-view? If you've got Aspinall, if you've got Patty, if you've got these guys, you don't necessarily need him. But I have no problem. Listen, if he can't pick the freaking opponent, can he at least pick the date? I have no problem on that. Uh, ben, hello, Ariel. What do you make of what do you make of this Gilbert and Bilal situation? I see where both guys are coming from. It's short notice. Bilal in the middle of Ramadan and is an extra few pounds for Gilbert. Really enough to be a de- can I tell you? I haven't paid attention to any of this. I don't know what what is this. What is even like? I don't even. There's a long message here. What is the what is the Gilbert and Bilal situation? Them going back and forth and saying that they're ready to fight. Yeah, this is like yeah. This is this is like the wish version of uh, Fury Usyk. That's exactly what it is. Like who 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 cares? It's the Sheen Sheen version of Fury Usyk, hundred percent. What are they? They're even, just negotiating on Twitter, and nobody but, cares. But by the way, they're not even in. They're not even like scheduled to fight each other. They're not even in like the same orbit right now. They want to do um, Shavkat and Bilal. Gilbert just fought. Like this is not even a thing. By the way, who's yeah, demanding? They're angling, this? It's also seventeen days from to, now. To, yeah, they're angling to slip in on the short notice card to, you know, quote unquote, save it so that they can get the fight that they want, which is each other. But I mean, it just doesn't. And then. What's the 288 now Gilbert, card? Yeah, the 288 yeah, card. Gilbert shifts to Dustin Poirier. He's calling out Dustin Poirier. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin's like, yeah, like, I'm good. I can make it, but you got, you got to pay Send me. Send money talks. Um, uh, also, he's not pa- a 170 Paolo, pounder. Paolo calling out uh, Jan Blahovic yeah. for 288. Everyone wants that 288. Jan, Jan replied uh, just an hour ago saying, so a few days ago, Paulo Costa got offered to fight me. Oh, I said yes. He said no. The fight is off. How much juice does he need? <laughs> One bottle of wine is enough to knock this guy out. So wow. So Paulo moving everybody just five? kind of. Uh, that's what he. That's what he said. And then Jan said he said no. So uh, everybody's angling to save two eighty eight, but it's it's mostly Twitter and not a lot of real action. By the way, there's no to, real saving needed to be done here. Um, I don't, I don't know what, like, I, I would not be shocked. It's not the main event that fell through. So I would not be shocked if they just keep it as is, to be honest with you. Maybe, maybe they, they give yeah. us, you know, uh, throw us a curveball here, but like, there's no saving that. Do you remember back in the day, there was a stretch in New York Rick where it was like every week it felt like the main event fell through? Yep. That was when things needed to be saved. This doesn't need to be what necessarily. Was that 2015? When was yeah, that? Yeah, it was just a I crazy stretch where every main event it seemed yeah. like fell through. Those fights needed to be saved. Those cards needed to be saved. This one doesn't necessarily need to be saved. Um, so I don't know about that. And as whole... you spoke about, they're not super incentivized to do it either, right? Like why pay for these right. Why pay these purses, pay for these guys to come out when, when tickets are sold. They're just as yeah, they're just as fine to just continue as is. I will say this though. I much prefer Gilbert Bilal than Bilal Shavkat. Gilbert yeah, Bilal agreed. makes a lot more sense from a rankings and meritocracy standpoint than Shavkat Bilal. So if I'm Bilal, I am trying to get the Gilbert fight. And and if Colby is fighting Leon, if I'm Gilbert, the Bilal fight makes the most sense. Um, so I don't know why they're so adamant on Shavkat versus Bilal, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, 
And, I, and honestly, when it comes to these things, I, I feel like it's just Ali like having fun and tweeting himself. Speaking of which, on Monday, all of a sudden I had Benil Dariush coming after me. You guys see that? Yeah. It wasn't very, yes. uh, it wasn't very Benil Dariush-like. I think it ended uh, him saying that it was just a miscommunication, though. Well, I guess what he was saying, I, I misunderstood initially where he was coming from because I said, hey, what about Dustin versus Benil? Um, that would make a lot of sense. And as we talked about, I think it would make sense if, if Dustin wants a big fight, he beats Benil, then he could get a title shot. And if Benil needs a big fight, you beat Dustin, then you get a title shot. I mean, it just makes total sense. Um, we just saw Arnold have 10 fights in a row and not get a title shot, and, and, and Benil's on a you know shorter winning streak. And then he said something to the effect, I said the UFC tried to make this in the past, and then he said I was misinformed. And initially I was like, what do you mean I'm misinformed? This is just an idea. How could it be misinformed? But then he was talking about the second part of the tweet where I said the UFC tried to make this happen. If you guys remember, Dustin Poirier on this show said that they approached him about fighting Benil Dariush in Abu Dhabi, and he said he didn't want to wait that long, so he wanted to get something earlier. Do you guys remember that? Am I crazy? I do. Yep. Yes. No, so, I so, remember it. So I'm like, what do you mean misinformed? He said it on my show, but then everyone was like, oh, you're making shit up. I'm like, what are you talking about making shit up? Dustin said it on my show. So then I came back and I corrected and he's like, and then people were saying, you're backtracking. I'm like, what are you talking about backtracking? He said that they tried to make it. He, for whatever reason, didn't want he it. He didn't want it. And then yeah. I reached out to him about this. I was like, would you take this? And he said, yeah, but no one's called me. So whoa, there was no misinformation whatsoever. I was just like, Benil. And can I can I throw can, can I throw out a rule? Can I throw out a rule? This is this is a rule sure. that I want to throw out. And 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 apologies if it's a little spicy, but if you want to blame anyone, blame my Slack and Frank for the audio problems. If you're gonna listen to your manager about not talking to me and not coming to my show, do me a favor, don't tweet me. All right, do me like that, that's wow. do me don't don't tweet me. If, if you're not gonna come on the show and engage. And 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 have a good time and talk and do that. Don't tweet me. Don't do the quote tweet because a I don't know if it's you. A we we saw what happened with Giga Chikaze. Still maintained, probably not him. And B if if I'm not good enough to come on my show, then then don't try to slam dunk on me. All right, don't try to posterize me. Just I don't, I don't think that's cool. Is that too much to ask? If you're not going to come on the show, don't tweet me. That's it. I think it's yeah, a fair the, request. Yeah, I think the uh, the biggest fairness of the rule is uh, you don't know if it's him or not. A, yeah. That's, I mean... That's a big one. I usually do know if if the English is pretty good. Like, if it's not broken English, then we know it's, you know, um, you can kind of, you can, you can, you can smell it a mile away. But uh, I used to, I used to text with Ali all the time and it would be someone else texting on his behalf and then I would be like, this isn't Ali. And he'd be like, yep, it's not. It's his assistant. It was either <laughs> Dan Ige or uh, Puna. Uh, as weird as that is, um, which is weird. Like if you're te- if you're texting someone, you got to tell them that you're texting on behalf of someone. Like what, what, what if I start telling you that I have, uh, you know, I have some uh, health issues? And I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean. Uh... It's like when you call someone and they're in the car and they don't tell you that you're on speakerphone oh, yeah. and your whole family's yeah. in the car. Like Yikes. what the hell? Yikes. That's Yikes. one of my big pet peeves. In any event, I walked away from that conversation thinking like, hey man, I'd love to have you on the show if you want to talk, but if you don't want to talk, like why are we talking here? Is that too much? Is that mean? I don't know. You guys it's tell fair. me. Okay. No, it's fair. All right. Completely fair. Do you want to say something? No. All right. That's oh, it. oh, <laughs> up on it. <laughs> you, what was that? What do you want to say? You can finish your sentence, Rick. What? Nope. Nothing. Nothing yeah, to add. I didn't make <laughs> sense good. of that down there. I don't know what's going on now. Wow. Um, Concussion. Everyone okay? What did you say? 
Who? Who are you talking to? Rick started up on something and then just dropped it. Yeah, you know, just, just dropped completely it stopped. Sure. He was like, "Yeah, and that was for a reason." And now I say nothing, and we can. And he also just stared through the camera. Okay, fine. Uh, hands on. Hello, Ariel. Happy to see you back in studio. Thank you. Have you heard anything on a location or date for McGregor Chandler? Connor tweeted that he is in the pool to stay ready for the date. Did he do that? I didn't see that. Did you guys see that? I think I saw that. What are you eating? His his, I was a little ice cube. <laughs> I put my put my prime on ice via oh. uh, Frank recommendation. It's the only way. Me and Frank have actually discovered we think orange is our favorite. Oh, oh that's the best. That's hogwash. Hogwash. Wow. Yeah, we'll just take that case off your hands. Yeah, yeah. seriously. I mean, orange is is fantastic. I'm I'm really enjoying it. It almost has like a little nostalgia flavor to it, like a tang or something. Hmm. Why is that nostalgic? Because you're from no, that would be peach. Peach would make you nostalgic, right? No, no, no. I used to just drink like uh, oranges, know, powdered, yeah, orange drinks when I was younger. That's kind of what it tastes like. Um, what was the original question? The question was about McGregor Chandler. <laughs> I was actually going to say on Monday, one of the underrated things that wasn't talked about when they said that they are trying to make Jones Stipe in uh, in New York at MSG, which is the truth. Didn't we all say if they're not going to do Connor? Chandler in the fall, then New York would make the most sense. They ain't putting Connor Chandler on the same card as Stipe and and Jones. No, and so, so if he, December, oh, we're gonna wait all the way to December. The show's gonna end in July, in August, and we're gonna wait till December. That's unprecedented. Why does it have to be December? What's the by alternative? the way, so what? What other month could it be? If he's in the pool, well, October is Abu October Dhabi. is Abu Dhabi. If we're in, September. I guess it depends on when he went. Initially, I'd heard September, by the way. But he had for September, he would have had to have been in the pool as of September, right? Oh, excuse me, as of March. Yeah, so December. Well, we don't know when he got in the pool. Yeah, we don't know when he got in the pool. And listen, let's not pretend like they can't create a pay-per-view. They created one for Leon. For That's London. true. They can't they can just go, hey, we're, we're doubling up in November or whatever. Curious. Or October. Uh, he writes... Is there a chance this fight doesn't actually happen this year? What do you think the uh, the odds are it doesn't happen this year? I mean, the fact that there's no talk about it and no seeming motion toward it, there's at least some chance, right? Yeah, it does feel weird. Also, good luck to GC this week with his picks. Oh, that's very nice. Thank Hope, you. I, I, I appreciate that. Hoping he has a good week so he can upgrade to Vegas, uh, to that Vegas flight to United <laughs> or Delta. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have some bad news on that. Oh, front. what do we got? What do we got? Trip uh, is off? It's looking bleak. Mm. Uh, I, I get news from our very own TST. Yeah. Uh, he is no longer able to attend. Uh, that was kind of going to be my wingman for the trip. Uh, I reached out to Frank. Yeah. You know, B team. Yeah. B team Frank. Uh, he can't go either. Uh, I, found out on, I found out on Monday you and Rick can't go. Can we tell um, them about the? Actually, uh, there's a chance I might go. There's a chance I might go. There's a chance you might go, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, big league me. I'll, I'll of see course, you in the in the hotels of the hallway, you'll be like, "Hey, what's up, kid? You want an autograph or something?" Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't say we actually had to like hang, but you're asking me that's, if I could see, go. See, that's why I want TST or Frank there. I need like a, need a, a companion that's gonna go to the Hall of Fame with me. Uh, I'll go, go to the Hall of Fame. I love the Hall of Fame. Then we can go to UFCX. You know, take pics with fighters. Then we'll go to the fights together. I, I kind of need that wingman, you know. And now. The Troy, the Troy thing hurt. Uh, I mean, that was that that hurt its case a lot. Um, so, Did he you know. give a reason? Uh, maybe not yes, suitable for yes, air. Yes, and I will say, won't say it on air. 
Very, very good reason. reason. Yes, Troy it's, like, it's a very good reason. Wow. wow. What was that? Yeah. Just saying wow. how good of a reason it was. It, it completely makes sense. Um, and then you're just going to dog them like that. Just ask a question. I have a question. Wars of, of 2023. Okay, Jeez. I have a question for you. If you find out that Connor Chandler happens in September, you've never been to Vegas. If I found out Connor Chandler, then we would just move the goalpost two months. And just go and okay, September. but is there a part of you that wants the whole IFW experience? Well, there's not a part of me that wants that. All of me wants that, <laughs> but I can't do that by myself. <laughs> okay, but no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Forget the by yourself component. Okay. If you Which find is a out, big component, sure. But if you find out, let's say in a month, Connor Chandler is happening September twelfth. I'm making up a date, so yeah, please. yeah, yeah. And, um, somebody's going to aggregate this, this for sure. Yeah, a thousand percent. Somebody, they just somebody, clip that up. It's happening September twelfth. Breaking sure. colon exclamation point. I think September twelfth is a Tuesday. So. Perfect. Uh, wouldn't that be amazing? By the way, a rare yeah. Tuesday event. That'd be kind of, kind of cool. <laughs> they just shape this Honestly, all around. If this anybody could right do it. If anybody could do it, Conor McGregor could say, "I just want to fight on a Tuesday," and that's that. The point is, if you find out in a month, and now you've got someone who's willing to go with you in July, and someone's willing to go with you in September, but you only get one chance to go to Vegas for the first time, and you're not going to go in July and September. Which one are you McGregor. holding out for, McGregor? So maybe you, do, you just don't know how many times you're going to get a McGregor fight, and like it'll just be so big. And I have two friends that are standing by for when that fight gets announced that are diehard Michael Chandler fans. Oh, wow. Uh, and they're like standing by. They're 100% going to be there. So the question is maybe, or maybe the statement is, or maybe the, uh, you know, the byproduct of all of this is perhaps it's a silver lining because that fight is going to happen, we assume, right? I I think it will. Also, I will be, you know, deeply ingrained in the tough season, have a little sure. bit more emotions in it. Uh, right now we're we're TBD. Uh, you know, I'm glad I almost I almost booked everything last week, and then I would have gotten the the news bomb from Troy. It would have been an ugly situation. Mm-hmm. Um, were you gonna book them at? So if if you don't if if you don't get a a, a plus well, one, you're out. If I don't have a plus one, yes, we, I'm out. I, we, I can't. We I have can't footage. Do it by, by we have footage. From July fourth, two thousand and twenty-two, of you saying, "Come hell or high water, yeah. you're at International yeah. Fight Week 2023. You said this. I remember you saying yes. it. You were wearing the Macho Man Randy Savage outfit. Yes, I've I've been in on this all year long. I just, I guess, I was being naive, assuming that I would. Everyone just have would be there, coming with me. So everyone screwed you. Connor changed his yeah. mind. Whoa. Wow. Wow, the, wow the Frank is Troy, spicy today. That's to a good question. Sorry, no, I couldn't. Listen, I feel a strong guilt about it. I couldn't hear that second thing that Frank said because I was I was uh, playing with the knobs here. What was that? You said Connor what? I mean, me and Frank, we were we were, we had some planning going last night. We were going back and forth. He was like, "You'd split a hotel." I'm like, "I'm down. Let's do it." Oh, you guys gonna share morning. a room? This, uh, listen, man, we don't make the bucks Nightmare. like that. All right, we Nightmare. don't make the big bucks like that. I'm gonna take Nightmare. Spirit Economy middle seat. Oh my god! Uh, you know, we'll have a layover, and then me and Frank will share. We just started GoFundMe airline tickets that were half the price. Of what yeah, he found on Monday. Yeah, he found some good some good deals on some airline tickets. So I was like, let's book it. I'm down. And then he walks to my desk. First thing he says to me this morning, no good morning, just wow. a, a knuckle bump, and he was just like, can't do International Fight Week. Sorry, man. And why is that, Frank? Going to Toronto in September. Have family visiting what in July. No, he has. He also with Troy has a good reason. Uh, yeah. So yeah, 
Real convenient. They have good reasons, so I can't guilt trip them. Yeah, well, you can still guilt oh, trip you them. You can look at Ariel. Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> all right, what about and and then what about the uh, the significant other? What about your girlfriend? She doesn't want to go. Uh, she will be at Wimbledon. <laughs> I mean, perfect storm. Where are the priorities? You know, where are you? I mean, international. She she gets paid to go to Wimbledon. Sure. Yeah. Be nice if you know. We could cook something up. I could get paid to go to the IFW. Wimbledon. And this would all be a moot point. Wimbledon 2023. Mm, it's right smack dab in the middle of Right there, smack yeah. dab, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trust me, I asked. I thought about it. Yeah. I mean, I've been asking everyone. I hit up my mom and dad. They don't even like UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could figure this out. If you really, I feel like we could figure this out. I just hope that McGregor But to your point, maybe, not it's not maybe it's not worth figuring out. Maybe it's not worth figuring out. Maybe you wait. Maybe you wait. Yeah. Sorry, just playing. Yeah, I mean, it's we just need this. Let's get this Connor announcement on the on the books. Yeah, so I can would... feel a lot better about it. All right, here's Manji. Uh, Ayu Bo Wan Ariel has Max Holloway surpassed BJ Penn as the best fighter to come out of Hawaii. Wow, BJ Penn UFC lightweight and welterweight champion, three lightweight title defenses. Max Holloway featherweight champion, three featherweight title defenses. I'm going to see it's 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 tough because when you talk to the younger demo, they'll say, oh, you know, BJ was a scrub, this and that. I still got to give the nod to BJ because BJ in his prime was, in my opinion, if not one, number two pound for pound, two division world champion. I suspect New York Rick agrees with me. I actually disagree. Wow. Really? Yeah. Max Holloway has surpassed BJ the, Penn? The- the career resume just it it has it has surpassed. Um, wow! It pains me. Two division uh, world think, champion. Listen, the accolades are there. Um, the, BJ has done things that Max was not able to do. But man, the the numbers, the cage time, the significant strikes, the number of championship fights—like he's just he's done it. He, he's he's done it, and I'm sure he was inspired by BJ Penn. And you know, there's the lineage there, but. Wow. I have to say, I think I think Max is the guy. Man, I think Max is the BJ best Hawaiian. His prime was so good. Doesn't have the winning streak. Well, that's a different. That's the combo, right? Like in his prime, I think BJ Penn was the best of the best, the best of the very best. But if we're talking like career resumes, like the body of work, Max Holloway has put in some damn work, man. It is crazy. Like, also, he's just thirty-one, he, turning thirty-two in uh, December. The question is, how much does the end of the career hurt BJ? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven losses in a row plus a draw. So he was winless in his last eight fights. It hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. You can when you're when you're the BJ Pens, the Anderson Silvas, the GSPs, the Fedors. You can only do damage at the end of the career. You're you're mm. very rarely adding on. GSP was the was the rare exception where like he he cherry picks that one title fight, gets it, and wins it. BJ Penn, Anderson Silva, Fedor, I think they did some real damage um to their careers after they peaked. So um yeah, it hurts. It really it, it really does hurt the resume. That's a really tough one. I still lean towards BJ for the history, but the stats and everything he, would, would, he will would always, say Max. Unless Max gets a second belt, that will be a significant thing that he holds. He was up there fighting um, the top welterweights and and was able to achieve a championship in a weight class up. Fought Lyoto Machida at a weight class at multiple weight classes higher. Like, there's no doubt BJ was was game, but just in terms of the the body of work that Max has put in over over his UFC career, over his MMA career, and he's only 31, right? I think we said 
he's got time left. He's going to just keep adding and adding and adding to it. It's, it's hard to deny that, that Max has, has we put that, it on the poll? Who's the greatest crown? fighter to come out of uh, Hawaii? Who's the greatest fighter to come out of Hawaii? BJ Penn or Max Holloway? Can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Like Guillermo, no. What else do we want on there? Brad Tavares, Kaikamaka. Puna. Puna. Cooper. Alimale. Alimale. Shout out, uh, Bellator's in Hawaii. They figured it out. They They're figured out Hawaii, how to go yeah. to Hawaii, yeah. Two shows. Two shows. They figured it out. <laughs> okay, that's not fair. That's they figured not it fair. out. What? That's not fair. What? Those are not the same thing. Those you, are not the same thing. They figured it out. Yeah, they figured it out, but that's not the same. That's not the same thing. That's not the same. They figured thing. it out. What are you talking about? They figured yeah, they it out. Figured By the way, out. yeah, they figured it out. Here, right. Here's a take for you: the best fight, obviously, Tank Garcia is the best fight, period. But the best MMA fight of the weekend is Patchy Mix Rafian Stotts. Not even a hot take, right? I, I no, I agree 100 percent with that. That is a that is a tremendous fight. Oh yeah, love that fight. I kind of wish it was on Friday, not at the same time as as Tank Garcia, but. Um, I yeah. mean, yeah, Pavlovich and Blades is is, is a great is fight. Pretty damn, well, that's why I think it's somewhat good. of a hot take. But I, I can't yeah, wait for. But those. no, I, I th I'm more. In, I'll say this: I'm more interested in in yeah. mix and and stats. Cheeto pancakes. What's up, Ariel? Um, because we've gotten a few additional shows outside of the glamorous Apex recently, we've seen multiple fighters able to fight in front of their hometown crowd, which has me wondering. What are some of the most memorable homecomings in MMA that come to mind? Which was the loudest pop for a hometown fighter? Well, uh, I just mentioned uh, this day, 15 years ago, April 19, 2008, GSP in Montreal was freaking electric. Um, like I said, it wasn't there, but uh, I was there for 124. I was there for 158. I was there for 154. Uh, all of those were insane. Um, the Montreal crowds were always insane. Uh, Stipe in Cleveland, insane. Such a shame they never went back there. That was unbelievable. Um, Connor in Dublin up there as well. That was gigantic. Um, let me see other ones that come to mind. Anything else that really comes to mind? I'm sure there are a ton. Um, I mean, when Ronda would come out in her prime, that was that was big time stuff. Mm -hmm. Trying to think who would be at heavyweight. Kane, not really. Uh, Anderson, Brazil, pretty big time. UFC 134 was also there for whatever the Bonner one was. Uh, was that 153? Um, GSP, I mentioned. Never got BJ in Hawaii, unfortunately. That would have been incredible. Um, so, yeah, those are a few that come to mind. Just deafening. Steep A in Cleveland was deafening. That was amazing. Connor from Canada. Hey, Ariel. In a recent interview with The Score, DJ hinted that his next fight might actually be his last fight. If that was the case, could you enlighten some of the newer fans about his legacy and what he has meant to the sport? In my opinion, he's the most underrated MMA grade and belongs in any GOAT convo. Uh, yes, I saw this article. And of course, Demetrius Johnson is going to be uh, in studio at uh, right here at 3.15. So we'll ask him about all of this. I do think, this is the quote. Asked if he would keep fighting for two more years. DJ said, absolutely not. That's not fucking happening. I'll tell you that. That's not happening. Fuck no. On May 5th, potentially uh, being his final MMA fight, DJ said, I think after this fight, I'll decide what I, what, what I want to do. I want to compete in IBJJF in my gi and work toward 
my black belt, but I don't want to fight for two more years. I have no interest. When I hear two more years, I'm like, ooh, that sounds horrible. So yeah, I guess it's possible. Um, one of the greatest ever. Without him, there's probably no flyweight division. Um, you know, one of the greatest champions ever, one of the greatest title runs ever, one of the most technically sound fighters ever, one of the quickest fighters ever, uh, one of the most talented fighters ever, obviously wasn't the biggest draw and uh, was a part of that historic quote-unquote trade with uh, one championship and Ben Askren. Um, but a guy who, you know, was just so freaking technically sound and so good and worked so hard and uh, had a nice run at 135 as well, but 125 was his home. Um, and, you know, never popped, never cheated, never did anything like that, represented the sport great. Um, watching him in Seattle was fun. He, he's from the Washington area. That was fun back in the day. Um, so, yeah, I always I always appreciated Demetrius. Always great to me, always great as a guest coming on. Tremendous run, Hall of Fame run. If, if there's ever a real Hall of Fame, he would be a shoo-in. No doubt about it. Eric, shalom, Ariel, and crew. On Monday's show, Zach Cummings really took me by surprise with his amiable and marketable personality. Had he been younger, he could have been very popular with the fans. He's been around for a while, and I've been watching him for many years, but he never seemed to break through to the masses. My question is this. What can fighters like him who are very marketable but don't get the promotional push do to build their brand and gain deserved notoriety so that they don't fly under the radar as much? Thank you so much, your friend Eric. Um, here's, here's the suggestion. Do media. Come on this show. That would help. Don't listen to your manager if he tells you not to come on this show. Um, did you know that... Did you know there was a... Did you guys know that there was a, a Game Bread boxing card 18 days ago in Milwaukee? You guys knew this, right? We talked about it with Jorge. Yeah. Anthony Pettis, Roy yeah. Jones. I was like, you know, I like Jorge. I want to get... You know, I want to help out. Um, so I was like, hey, uh, can we get Jose, Jose Aldo on the show to talk about his fight against Jeremy Stevens? They're like, oh, yes, that's a great idea. We'll do it. And then I was told uh, he can't come on. I was like, that's weird. Jose Aldo, like, we go way back. I first interviewed him in 2009 after he beat Mike Brown in WC, and maybe even before that, before he fought for the belt. And I was like, well, that's weird. Why can't he join? And you know what I was told? I was told that his manager, and you can guess who it is, his new manager, so that might... Uh, said that he can't go on the show. I was like, this is the dumbest shit ever. First of all, the long-standing relationship that I have with them. But first of all, and I like the Game Bread guys, and I told them this, I can't believe you guys are letting this happen. You are paying him a lot of money, and you need the 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 promotional um, you know, buzz. And I can't even believe that Jose is listening to this. The whole thing is just crazy. So to get back to this, like, you are your own person you pay your rep like do what is best for you. Now maybe it's not doing interviews on shows like this. Maybe maybe it's something else. Maybe it's doing what Sadiq Youssef does. Maybe it's uh, you know uh, thinking outside the box on social media. Uh, Yasmin Yesadavishis, she's doing stuff like you, you. You gotta you gotta be active on social media. You gotta have cool videos and graphics and all that stuff. It's not just about fighting, unless you're just, in a, you know, look at O'Malley. O'Malley has a great personality and a great look, but he's doing a YouTube show and he's active on social media and he's got a podcast. Like, all these things matter. You got to do that. Uh, what is it? New media, they call it in the NBA. You, you got you to gotta embrace yeah. the new media. Aaron. Hello, Mr. Helwani. I have a great deal of admiration for your ability to break down a storyline, the way you walked us 
from the first UFC Izzy fight with Pereira to the win last week was unreal. The attention to detail and breaking down the little moments was truly impressive. I'm curious as to if that's off the top of your head or if you have some sort of preparation process. Either way, you're the man. You inspire me to be a better host. Aaron Pete, he always sends such nice messages. Um, and he's got a, a blog on uh, Substack called Writes Big Talk with Aaron Pete. So go check him out and support him. I appreciate you very much. Um, for the most part, I think you're talking about when I was at my parents' house last Monday. That was off the top of my head. There are times when I'm going to go on like a long soliloquy where I'll put like keywords just on the screen here just so I can remember the, the, the chronological order. But as I've said, you know, with the interviews and all that, I don't write questions down. And like this week, I have nothing written down. Um, one thing that has been a big help is uh, GC peruses social media and finds little nuggets about things and lets me know what those things are. And I'll ask, you know, questions about that. That, that has helped me out a lot especially since in the past, like I would peruse. Um, so this has helped me out a lot. Uh, but other than that, it's really just about like living and breathing it, right? And staying on top of it. And so if, if someone walked in right now, if Benil Dariush walked in right now, we could do a 30-minute interview easy. It's just about, you know, staying ready so you don't have to. Get ready. Thomas, what's up, Ariel? I've been watching a good amount of PFL recently, and I've noticed the production needs some work. Interesting. Why between rounds or after fights? Is there just a shot of the cage with the music in the stadium playing in the background? I really enjoy the broadcast team, especially Ken Flo. So why can't we hear them talking or hear some corner advice between rounds? It really downgrades the product. My question is, why don't they make this seemingly easy fix to greatly improve the overall product? Vivi Hilwani, I think that you may be watching the ESPN Plus stream or feed and I think when they're going to commercial on other, you know, platforms or areas, you just get that feed and you just get the cage shot. That's not really, like, you can't really knock them for that. It's it, They're in different markets and countries, and I'm pretty sure that's the reason for that. If you're talking about the actual fight broadcast, like when it's actually going down, I think they're pretty buttoned up. Are there things I agree you, with that. Are there things you can... Like, I was surprised initially. He was like, what? You can complain about others, but uh, it's Pete. a different broadcast. It's a fresh broadcast. There's different wrinkles. I, I can't really PFL hate... prioritizes broadcasts. Like, they... Yeah. They oh, it's much put, more of a broadcast they, product than a live product. Yeah, they put a good sheen on that. And and to the other point about... Like, you're right. It's them cutting to commercials and doing other things um, for the different places that it airs. But like you're never going to get the announcers mics live during that time. It's always going to be down because they're going to be right. chopping it up, talking about something that you're not supposed to be privy to. So those, they're never just going to leave hot mics like that. Oh, very dangerous. While yeah, you got to yeah, give them a second to talk and all that. Yeah, they're going between. So you're you're just imagine it was blacked out instead of the cage. They're just showing you something so that you're seeing something instead of nothing. It's, and, it's literally and give me just that, that overseeing the Burger King commercial for exactly yeah. the seven thousandth time. Uh, hello, Ariel and gang. This is from Frankie. I've finally been able to catch up on the newest basketball podcast sensation, the Ariel Hawani Basketball Show. Thank you. Another fantastic product as expected, but I do have beef with one thing that you said in the Harvey Aratone episode. Interesting. Harvey is uh, one of the greatest basketball writers of all time of the New York Times. Legend. Legend. It was great to have him on. You said in a city, New York, where there have been a ton of iconic captains, that Willis Reed is the captain. I do have all the respect in the world for the late, great Willis Reed, but as someone who was born and raised in New York, 
I think you've got to go with number two, Derek Jeter, as the city's favorite captain. I'm curious what you and the guys' thoughts on this are. Thank you for all the consistent work. I would imagine that you're a little bit younger, and that's fine. And maybe to your generation, Jeter is the captain. But to me, Willis Reed's nickname is the captain, and they were still calling him the captain until the day he died. Is that necessarily the case with Jeter? Maybe. I I just think, and and perhaps I'm showing my bias here. Perhaps I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more of a basketball fan than a baseball fan. I love baseball, but obviously the Knicks in basketball are number one. To me, Willis Reed is is New York's captain. They still call him the captain. Um, it, yeah. For what it's worth, they also called Jeter the captain. Like his ESPN series was, was the captain. In like the he's, same, he's the but captain. in the same way though, like yeah. Hey, what's up, Captain? Or do they yeah. call him DJ? Do they call him Derek? Like Willis, nah, like I feel like Captain was his name. Captain. Yeah, he's the captain. Yeah, who, who, I think if, I think if you ask the Yankees fan, they're going to say Derek Jeter is the captain, and if you ask a Knicks fan, yeah, they're going to say Willis Reed. What the key is, you got to find somebody who's just hardcore about both. I mean, I'm pretty. I feel like I'm pretty hardcore. But okay, so as a New Yorker, Yankees? No, uh, both sports. I'm saying the Yankees and the Knicks. You have to be a fan of the Yankees and the Knicks, and then you'll see who's the captain. Plenty of people that are both of those things. Okay, who's the true captain? I can text. I can text my chain. I'll have an update later in the show. Please text your chain. But also, um, as a New Yorker who isn't a fan of either team, New York Rick, who to when when I say the captain, who's the captain? Jeter, but that might be an age thing, right? Yeah, you're too young. For for me, Jeter Jeter's entire career played out when I was growing up, so. For me, it's Jeter, but I also recognize, like, for somebody who's older than me, like, Willis Reed was the captain. So, yeah, generationally, for me, it's Jeter. Uh, Quick update on the poll. Oh, yeah. Best Hawaiian fighter of all time, Max Holloway, 78% of the vote. Okay, so I feel like this is kind of like the Willis Reed, Derek Jeter thing. Okay. Right? No? I mean, how many of the people that are voting actually saw BJ in his prime? Yeah, probably not Probably none. Probably none. You know what? Delete the poll. I don't care what these people think. Just joking. I'll leave it open for a few. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Should I'm kidding. we start a new poll? Who's the real captain? Dick yes. Peter, can, we do, can we do two polls at the same time? Not at the same time. We're going to have uh, to take down the Hawaiian one. All right. Well, I mean, that's a closed That's that's a closed show. It's pretty much stop that's, the count. I mean, 78%. Yeah, stop the count. It's, it's over. There's no coming back for BJ Penn there. Uh, Mark Douglas. Hey, fellas. Longtime listener. First time question asker here. I have a question for GC. I'm preparing for my first half marathon in May. Punishment via losing my fantasy football league. Jeez Louise. They're making him do that, and the only thing getting me through it is knowing I have a Sunday full of degenerate activities awaiting me once I cross the finish line. My question for GC, is the post-half-marathon feeling one that will allow for a day of bar hopping, or will I just want to lay on my couch all day and just eat carbs? Thanks for making the week, uh, the work days less dreary, boys. Cheers. Well, first off, good luck to you, my friend. Yes. And uh, yeah, drop some knowledge. Well, second, of, second of all, love that that's the fantasy football punishment. <laughs> I'm hoping that I, like his entire league is going to be there to cheer him on, and then they're all going to do like this bar hopping that he's talking about together. Now, here's the thing. Is he talking about the afternoon of running the half marathon? That's when he's doing the bar hopping? If that's the case, I would say no. Like When I ran my half marathon, I got home as quick as I could, sat on my couch, watched TV, and ate food for the rest of the day. The day after, though, like if he's running it on Saturday and then he's going to do this degeneracy on Sunday, then it's going to be perfect. Like 
the endorphins are going to be high. You're not going to feel like you're going to need to work out for for a week. You're going to be sore, but it's the good kind of sore. If it's the day of, that's that's a tough ass. Like you're probably going to be tired. You're going to be sleepy, hungry. I, I don't. I feel like you're not going to want to do the bar hopping. Yeah, the bar hopping sounds like a nightmare. You'll be around. day after. Day after is is where it's at. It, I, I listen. I've never ran a half marathon, but to me, doesn't it feel like the move is like you just want to go home, sit on your couch, and like get delivery and eat yeah. a ton of food, right? Yes. That's that's what I would do. And what did you the next eat? Day you can do it. Uh, there is a place in New York called Bob White's Counter. Okay. Uh, it's like chicken sandwiches, wraps, mac and cheese. Yeah, I got like a double order so I could eat it for lunch and then also dinner. Wow. Same thing? Yeah. No, 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 no. Did a wrap for lunch, spicy chicken sandwich for dinner. I love it. Shout out to Mac and cheese, fries. fries. Yeah, Frank went there one time with me. I got this whole meal, and he's like, uh, could you just order me one chicken thigh, please? Just one? Yeah. That's delicious. Can you even do such a thing? Yeah, you can. It was like three ninety five. you know? It was like a little side order, but... Why chicken thigh and not like... like... It was a little weird. It was a little weird. Why the thigh? I don't why it's so weird. It's, uh, it tastes good. You you think it tastes better than like the the leg or something like that? Oh, for sure. The leg has. This to place be, like, is also tendons. it's way better for like their sandwiches and wraps I, than that it is was for. Amazing. I don't. Well, the whole place is amazing. I mean, I highly recommend it. There's also one in Jersey City, which was you know welcomed when I when I realized I was moving. Uh, but yeah, Bob White's counter shout out. Uh, also shout out to Jersey City uh, at the uh, the Jersey White City. Eagle Hall. Yeah, White Eagle Hall. Big uh, Canada versus USA matchup this Friday. Um, there's been You'll some be nowhere to be found. There's been some talks of a GC uh, sighting, no? Or I'm trying to get Frank to come with me. Oh, like, for I wasn't fucks. invited. I mean, this is the story. Like I wasn't invited. What are you talking about, Frank? Of course you were invited. That's what he said. You're not as like vocal about your love of darts, so they specifically, my, my, my guy Dylan said, GC, please tell him he's invited, and he can bring whoever he wants. There was yes. no like... That's a new detail. There was no Frank is not invited. I Frank. wasn't... First of all, I wasn't like I wasn't invited. Uh, I was just like I don't know if I can go. Oh, okay, like, well that's a different story. Welcome either. Saturday I can't. That's a for sure. Show face Friday. Friday I can. Could be fun. I think of course Friday this work. gets us ready for the big showdown right, in June. There it is. is there it is. Frankie just committed. Did you commit, Frank? I didn't hear that. I can make a Friday work. Wow. I'm going to be parking my car outside uh, the White Eagle Hall, and he's going to text me and be like, "Sorry, I got to beat Metroid Prime yeah. Two again. Sorry." All right, we'll see the if he Metroid shows up. Metroid Prime 2. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> uh, Rami, Ariel, I attended my first ever UFC event in KC last weekend, and holy crap, it was a blast. I got to meet Ben the Bane, Jeff Molina, Michelle Pereira, and Julie Marquez. How about Ben the Bane getting a mention in that? That's tremendous. No, Good on number just, one. Not, not yeah. on the list. Yeah, yeah. He's the first one. <laughs> Where did you meet him? In the line uh, to get a hot dog? I mean, that's incredible. Well done. Uh, all things considered, the thing that stuck out to me the most was the canvas. No, not the stupid monster bottle in the middle of the ring, but how freaking loud it was. Every time someone stomped, slammed, or jumped, we heard a loud boom. Wondering, do they mic it up to add to the experience? They do. Or is the ring just naturally freaking loud? No, they mic it up. Uh, That's a pro wrestling thing as well. They mic it up. So if you go to a pro wrestling show and you... There's mics all under and above as well. So yeah. Um, I I actually have a thought on that. Uh, When I went to my first show last July, Ricky Simone, unfortunately, body slammed jack shore and it was like so loud it echoed through the arena it was it was crazy i was blown away about at how loud yeah. it was uh by the way shout out to ricky simone uh headlining next weekend yeah. start against song Dong, and uh shout out to Irene aldana headlining against raquel pennington the highly anticipated 
much demanded rematch. rematch. Yeah. Yeah, much demanded. Looking forward to that one. Um, Chase, what's up, Ariel? I'm watching the Lee Murray documentary, and the part about his street fight with Tito has me wondering who to believe. All of the Lee's, all of Lee's people talk like he's the greatest fighter ever and could do no wrong in life. So I have little trouble, little trouble believing their side of the story. And then you have Chuck saying he would never stand up for Tito, but says he never saw him get knocked out, which has me leaning towards believing Tito's side. So my question is, have you talked about the street fight to anyone who's involved and which side do you think is true? Probably A and B. We've talked about it in the past. Um, you're right. They they do they and 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 the documentary is tremendous. And I haven't seen the whole thing just yet. It's called Catching Lightning. It's by Pat Condellis and his whole team, and they've done a great job. And there's more insight and information in that than on anything that has ever been done on on Lee Murray and his story. Of course, biggest bank heist in UK history. The story has been told, uh, and there's a great part in the first episode about the infamous street fight. Um, near the Royal Albert Hall in England, where the first UFC event in England took place back in 2000, I think it's four off the top of my head. And and who knows? Um, there's a little bit of this, there's a little bit of that. Clearly there was a melee, clearly there was a fight. Has it been embellished over time? Perhaps. But does it really like? Does it really matter? I guess the thing that Tito doesn't like is that he wasn't knocked out. He says he wasn't knocked out, and then other people said he was knocked out cold. It's impossible for me to know. I wasn't there, uh, but it does add to the myth, and uh, it is a great part of the the doc and a great story. So, highly recommend you check it out. Uh, Jamal twenty twenty Aloha Ariel coming off a great fight week in Kansas City, and all this talk about BBQ got me hungry, but it reminded me of a big pet peeve. I hate when a friend invites everyone over for a summer BBQ, but when you show up, there are only hot dogs and hamburgers. This is just grilling. To be considered a barbecue, top scientists agree that you must have ribs, chicken, sausage, brisket, pulled pork, or turkey legs. What do you think? Is there a meat expectation for an official barbecue? I know GC will be on my side. I'll just weigh in quickly. If you tell me there's a barbecue, maybe I'm, I'm low maintenance. I'm just expecting hamburger hot dog. I'm not expecting freaking ribs and sausage and brisket and pulled pork. That's like a that's like going to an actual barbecue restaurant. There's a difference between a backyard barbecue and going to an actual barbecue restaurant. I would say that if you're expecting the latter, the chicken, the sausage, the brisket, the pulled pork, you're a little bit hoity-toity. Am I wrong? Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. think it's hoity-toity. I think it's a regional. I've 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 discovered this. It's a regional thing. Where you yes. grow up determines what you like i'm i'm new york through and through here when you say come over and we'll barbecue it's the hot dogs it's the hamburgers it doesn't need to be like ribs and it's not even like the mac and cheese and all that stuff that people talk about it's really just those two things i have said to people who are not from new york who are not east coasters maybe midwest or even west coast or south come over and we'll barbecue and they were not on the same page. They were expecting the ribs, <laughs> and they were expecting. And so Jeez. I've discovered so they were that disappointed. this is regional. This is regional. When well, we talked it out before it happened, I was like, okay, I'll buy this. I'll buy this. They're like, well, what about this? And I'm wow. like, oh, I, I, don't, I can't do ribs. I, I'm not basing. That's a whole like process. You got to get like a smoker. When you guys say barbecue like that, I'm like, I just think of like grilling out. Like, come over, we'll just grill out. And we'll just grill. Yeah, and we'll barbecue, just grill. Right. Yeah, that's, like barbecue. I, like, I'm thinking a big fancy get together. Like a lot of people. There's yeah. gonna be side dishes. There's going to be extravagant meats. Uh, yeah, I, I think I lean with this guy. Like, when, what you guys are saying, just throwing a couple hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill. I just like, yeah, come over, we'll grill out, we'll have a good time, we'll hang out. Yeah, yeah. I've learned. You got to call it yeah, grilling, not barbecue. Around. Yeah, barbecue is, yeah, that's a big one. 
Barbecue means like you go, there's like a grill and then you barbecue. Oh, when, you have a smoker, when, you've been I, up when you say barbecue, morning. I'm thinking like a cookout, like a, like a full thing where there's there's going to be a lot of people, big coolers full of drinks, a lot of side dishes, maybe some games. There's a pool. It will be that, but but the but the meat, the food in question, I'm thinking low level hot dogs, hamburgers. Party like that's like a whole like and neighborhood that. block. That's party what I day. think of. Yeah, when you say barbecue, I think party. I feel like that's a yeah. southern thing. Yeah, I think that that's smoker. what Rick just it's regional. Why do you keep talking about the smoker, Frank? What is it's it? What is it with? Do you have a smoker? Yep. No, you don't. There's no chance. Biggest you do. smoker in New York City. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. By the way, no one who lives in Brooklyn has a smoker. There's Frank, no chance. Frank doesn't even have an oven. You have an egg one. The egg. The green egg. Yeah. Green egg. The green egg smoker. Yeah. All right, uh, we almost got to the end. Two questions to go. We'll put a pin on those, and we'll wrap them up on the uh, the back end. Wait, for some reason it said eighteen up there, and uh, I think that last one was nineteen. But who well, there's knows? there's stirrings in the control room that you skipped one. There is. Wow. Yeah. My, okay. Big controversy back here. Maybe I'll come back. <laughs> for now, though, was never asked. Yeah. For now, though, uh, let us go to our uh, first guest of the day, who, as I said, had a massive win. Over the weekend at Creator Clash 2, uh, very famous in the world of pro wrestling. This was his pro boxing debut. You may know him as John Morrison. He's also been known as, wait for it, Johnny Blaze, Johnny Caballero, Johnny Elite, Johnny Fusion, Johnny Hardy, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Onyx, Johnny Spade, Johnny Superstar, and other names. But uh, on Saturday against Harley Mornstein of Epic Mealtime, he was just... John Hennigan, and he won via knockout in very impressive fashion. Here he is, the former WWE superstar, now pro boxer, John Hennigan. Hello, sir. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I saw a lot of memes that said Johnny Knockout, Johnny Hands, Johnny Clash. Um, you did pretty good with the John-based ring names. I mean, you got like 15. Yeah. Uh, if if I ever do an interview and anyone ever names like the the ninety or hundred, I, I don't know how many there really are. Yeah, I was but just going to ask you. Names all of them. They get a a check plus. Okay. Well, I, I hope that I got a check at least. How many do you think there are? There are over twenty. Like, is this a thing? Um, there's there's way over twenty, but there it became a thing where like um, if I'm wrestling for uh, pro wrestling religion, my name is Johnny Religion. PW Revolver. I'm Johnny Revolver. Uh, Pro Wrestling Ultra. I'm Johnny Ultra. So like I'm, I'm talking about now. There's like dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of small independent feds all over the world that I've showed up at as Johnny Five Star or Johnny Blackcraft. Johnny. Oh my gosh. I, by the way, I like Johnny Knockout better than Johnny Creator Clash. I th- I feel like that sounds a little bit better. So maybe you could stick with that. The only problem with Johnny Knockout is the. Uh, the women's division in Impact are called the Knockouts. That's right. Yeah, that is true. Which I guess could be the worst thing if I wrestled them for the rest of my career. That is true. Like Andy Kaufman, who who went up against uh, women, intergender champion. Um, all right. Obviously, you know we know you from many many years in in WWE. Massive star. Actually, the first time I I, rem- I remember Tough Enough, and you know what I always remembered about you on Tough Enough. Uh, I believe Booker T was there, or maybe someone was there, and they asked you to do the Spinner Rooney. And do you remember this? You didn't know what the Spinner Rooney was. And then they were like, oh, how do you not know what the Spinner Rooney was? But you were so good at breakdancing and all that. And you're like, oh, of course I could do that. And you did it on the spot. Do you remember that? How could I forget? Okay. Um, right. <laughs> there, there's like such things as flashball memories, I think, that, that stick with you. And that's definitely one of them. And I kind of knew what a Spinner Rooney was, but I wasn't sure. And then so I just um, 
I'd been hitting uh, breakdancing competitions in um, like in the Bay Area in Northern California. So I just busted windmills and um, that was not what they were looking for. No, you kept going on and on and on, but I thought it was impressive that you did it on the spot. So you didn't know anything about pro wrestling when you got into the business. So I, I was I was a diehard wrestling fan as a kid. Okay. Um, I, I went out for high school wrestling because I watched wrestling as a kid. And um, after we watched wrestling, we would beat each other up in each other's front yards and backyards. And I wanted to be able to beat up my friends. <laughs> and I did when I started doing high school wrestling. But um, for, for some reason, no one in my circle of friends or school or anybody that I knew was seriously considering a career in professional wrestling. Okay. I... Um, <laughs> This, I was not close to this, but I, I thought I was going to be an Olympic wrestler <laughs> for a while. Wow. And um, I, I just thought, you know, you, you you go to college, you pursue something, um, you get a career. And um, it wasn't until I saw it tough enough that I realized, you know, I've, I'm going to school, but I'm actually spending six to eight hours a day training, <laughs> um, breakdancing, gymnastics, capoeira, uh, jiu-jitsu, kung fu, all these different things. I'm changed my major to film to make action movies and pro wrestling was like the my first love and the perfect combo of everything that i'd been working on and obviously you had the great run and a couple years ago left now how how did you end up on this card like how does the boxing thing come about so creator clash one um i went to because a buddy of mine whose handle is dad uh real name nathan barnett i've, I've known him um done comedy videos with him off and on now for know, 17 years he started telling me he's having a boxing match and um i remember thinking uh really i'm a little worried and um i, I came, he came over to my house a few times and um i didn't really know how to box but um, I have boxing gloves because I do a lot of uh, movies and stunt choreo and some fight coordinating stuff. Um, it's just different because it's it's almost like a dance when you're doing choreo. And um, I was impressed with how far he had come. And then I went to Creator Clash 1, was in his corner, and was blown away by the the people and the electricity in the building. And I think that after Creator Clash 1... When Harley knocked out uh, Aaron, they were looking for someone to fight Harley for Creator Clash 2, and they ended up asking me because I'd, I'd, I'd met everybody, and um, I guess I didn't mess it up. Yeah, no, it worked <laughs> out well. Did you say yes right away, or did you did you ponder if this was the right thing okay, for you? Okay, so to be honest, I said no because I know two people in the YouTube space. I know Nathan and Harley. Harley and I go way back. He you do? He me for underground i can i consider just friends so i said um you know i i'd love to fight someone like i, I want to fight someone that I, I don't know or not my friend and then they told me that harley said that he would fight me wow at which point i said okay fine well, i'll fight him then did you hit and him up harley later told me that he didn't say that oh. we just got kind of like pitted against each wow. other wow that was sneaky yeah. on their part it was well played, very promoter-esque. Okay, when you when you found out that he said yes, quote-unquote said yes, did you hit him up and say, like, man, I thought we were friends. Why do you want to fight me? Although he texted me when I said, I don't know if I want to fight you. He texted me back, and it just he just wrote, I don't know, this might be too epic. Interesting. And when he said that, and I called them, I was like, oh, uh, well, if he's fine with fighting me, then I'm fine with fighting him. I'm like, 
am going to box. I'm, I'm going to train and I'm not planning on losing. I'm planning on knocking someone out. And if he's okay with that, then okay. How long did you train for this? About four months. And, um, wow. It, it was, it was tough. Like the last, uh, so the last month, um, leading up to creator clash, I had about eight professional wrestling shows. I wrestled, uh, for example, April 6th, New York, April 8th, Philadelphia. This weekend, April 22nd, I'm going to uh, Wisconsin. April 30th, I'm in St. Louis. Next week, I've got three shows, L.A., L.A., Montana. I I wasn't able to stop uh, my pro wrestling schedule because um, it's kind of like my job. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you don't get paid to train. Like, they... You you do you get a stipend to cover training, but it's not enough to just say like okay, well, I'm going to take four months off. Right. Um, I, I wish that I was able to take a little more time off, um, but I think I kind of got like a little upset, and because I was upset, I started training harder with a little bit more of a vengeance. Why were you upset? And it ended up working out. What were you upset about? Um, I was upset because I felt like everyone on, on this event had taken like two or three months off to do fight camp and they were just training and eating and sleeping every day. And I was flying around the world. I mean, I was in Australia in March for uh, six days. I was in the UK in late February. I was just kind of flying all over the place, jet lagged. And um, I just made a point of when I got to Australia, no matter how jet lagged I was, I found a punching bag and just angrily punched it until i couldn't punch it anymore wow and and, you, and um, your head coach was josh barnett the the legendary mma yes. fighter how did that happen how did you link up with him um you know josh has been involved in professional wrestling for a long time um i've trained mma with him off and on for years and okay i'm not for sure if you're familiar with uh one of the greatest movies about bounty hunting ever made in 2014 uh boone the bounty hunter um we shot it in 2014 well uh, josh agreed to play at the small part in boone and we had a little fight scene in that and then um i've just always been cool with josh and um when it came time to ask a coach a lot of people had recommendations and i thought to myself um josh knows how to win he's had some dirty boxing fights He's had over 50, actually well over 50 MMA fights. Um, he, he beat Randy Couture for the title, and he's 24. Like, this this is a guy that knows how to win. And um, what we're doing is um, we're both learning how to box, and we're both trying to win, knock each other out. This isn't a uh, an elite-level thing uh, yet. Maybe my next fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but the, the point is... Um, I felt really comfortable because Josh knows my background, knows pro wrestling, knows my strengths, knows my weaknesses, which according to him was boxing and um, <laughs> was able to kind of tailor make this, this program to fit me. And there was no uh, period of time where we had to get to know each other. Okay. Um, I understand that when you were there on site, um, is it is it accurate that Harley's mom came up to you and was like, you know, please don't kill my son? And uh, when that happened, did that make you feel okay. weird about what was going to happen? So I'm having breakfast with Josh on a Friday after the weigh-in. And um, 
the lady taps me on the shoulder and I look and um, she's like, hi, I'm Harley's mother. Uh, I just want you to know that my son Harley is a very, very good boy. Um, he, he's just a, a big teddy bear and um, please just don't hurt him. Oh. And um, I said, you know, your son is a very good boy. He's also a very big boy. And I, I kind of think he might be trying to hurt me too. Yeah. And she's like, oh, and I was like, that's we're going to try to hurt each other. I mean, we hope that no one is hurt after this, but like punching hurts. <laughs> if you, if you box, you, you get hit. If you swim, you get wet. That's what we're doing. Right. We both got it. And um, I'm, I'm glad that we both ended up okay. Um, a little sore, but fine, you know, no permanent damage. Um, and, and what a, what an ending you knock him out. First, you, you knocked him down. He fell out of the ring. He rolled out. Then you knocked him out cold uh, in the third round. Were you expecting that? To knock him out of the ring? No, no. just just to just to, to stop him. Like, did you think you would knock him out, or did you think this would go the distance? Um, I thought I would knock him out. I uh, that's what I was planning on. I I don't know if you saw the fight. I feel like I clearly started. Um, I started okay, but then I just started swinging way too fast and started kind of blowing up a little bit and having to focus on my breathing. Um, boxing is hard. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think one of the key things that Josh had me do a great deal of was sparring, and um, the people that I sparred with like just you know, beat beat the crap out of me, um, liver shots, head shots, knocked me down, knocked me out once or twice. Wow! Um, but like uh, I I feel like, and according to Josh too, like that's kind of if you go into a fight without having that experience you don't want to get hit that hard for the first time in the fight mm. because of panic. And I'd already been hit. And I know the difference between like, okay, if I'm seeing stars, I need to, I need to circle. Um, if, if I, my legs are wobbly, I like, I really need to circle and then figure, figure out where I'm at. And, um, there's also just such a thing as damage. If it hurts, that's damage, and that doesn't matter. Mm. After the fight, sure, but not during the fight. So what kind of people were you sparring? Like actual pro boxers or, you know, influencers? Um, like what kind of people did you bring in? Uh, so a, a uh, so there's a pro wrestler named uh, Royce Isaacs, who I wrestled at Bloodsport. Um, <laughs> he's the, a, a big dude. He played... Uh, college football, college wrestling. And um, I wouldn't say he's a pro boxer, although he's been boxing for a couple of years and he's way better than me. And he's also like, you know, he's like a brick shit house. He's, he's a young, strong dude. He's like 230. He's, he's throwing, <laughs> throwing weights around. He doesn't get tired. Um, I sparred him. I sparred a buddy of mine, Tiger, who's a Golden Gloves guy. Another good of mine, a buddy of mine is a stunt guy, Michael Phillip. Who's um who's smaller, but um is like frustrating because he's so quick. I, I just I don't think I hit him once in the three times we sparred. Um and I sparred Josh a lot. He was very nice to me, thank God. A buddy of mine, Jason Jenkins, who was uh six six, gave me an approximation for how tall Harley was. Right. And um I just kind of stepped in also with a bunch of the influencers, Hungar, Alex Wasabi, Jarvis, Aaron Hansen. Um, I just tried to get as many looks as I could. That's amazing. Um, the walkout was also amazing. Um, and all the people, all the, the, the legendary names from pro wrestling that you had with you from Hacksaw, Jim Duggan to LA Knight, Karrion Cross, Scarlett. Um, I'm, I'm Vic Joseph, I believe was there. 
a ton of other people. Uh, how did that all come about? Um, I became really good friends with Hacksaw like 16 years ago when we met on Raw. Um, I think both of us were just kind of having a real crap day. And um, we ended up having a short combo that day. And then the next week we sat down at that catering and talked for like two hours. And then ever since then, we, we've just been tight. And there's waves in wrestling. Like um, he was there. I got let go. He got let go. We bumped into each other a lot in the independent wrestling scene. He was back. I was back. And um, he's a he's just a, a real fun, fun-loving guy. I'm friends with his wife. He was the first person that I asked because I thought it would be really cool for him to come out to this. Um, and cross the people that came out to this are, are friends of mine that I've known for a really long time. Mm. Um, and me and cross go back to I think it was impact or, or AAA. He was in, uh, Ty and I's short film, the iron Sheik massacre, <laughs> um, which is a, was a demanding shoot. Um, super Panda was in that also. So was PJ black LA Knight, And I go back to impact me and swagger feudered a bunch on, uh, <laughs> WWE like 2008 2009 I went to Vic to Joseph and Mackenzie's wedding in uh Italy just this past October um these are all just good friends of yours that came out to support you which is awesome yeah and and a lot of wrestlers live in Florida right yes except Uh, for for this what a legend what an absolute legend um and afterwards you said you want a KSI is this a real thing like do do you a want to continue boxing even if you don't get a kid, because he's fighting May thirteenth, it's not that far away, so it could happen. And 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 B, like, do you think that you are actually in the running for a KSI type of name? Uh, I don't see why not. Um, you know, it's up to KSI. I mean, like, I, I understand, like, he's probably going to take a fight that he thinks he can win, and maybe he'd be a little bit nervous about fighting someone with the with my power and speed. Um, I know he wants to fight Jake Paul. I've heard him talk about retiring and things. Um, but this actually was something that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed testing myself. Um, it, it, um, KSI, I think, uh, is is the best uh, boxer in the Misfits organization. Why I'd be, which is why I'd be excited about fighting him. Um, Jake Paul's such a hand job, man. Like, <laughs> it'd be it'd be it'd be fun to fight that guy. Um, I feel like I've got some work to do to catch up to Jake Paul, but I don't think that's impossible either. We got Jake Paul, Nate Diaz coming up. What do you think on that one? Uh, as far as who's going to win? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, Nate is, uh, typically fighting at 170. This is 185. Uh, he's the better fighter. Uh, he's never had a pro boxing bout before. I'm shocked that he's such a big underdog as of right now. Uh, I think his manager... When well, Jake, uh, one of the guys that works with Jake, works for Creator Clash, told me that Jake and Nate were fighting, and I immediately he's like, Nate's gonna throttle him, and he's like, oh, it's boxing, and I was like, oh, I mean, okay, yeah, MMA, Nate would throttle him, boxing, I'm, I might hand it to Jake, like Jake's just been training pure boxing, mm-hmm. and this is gonna be Nate Diaz's first time doing that. Nate Diaz though and his brother both are cardio machines and um, have been fighting for their entire life, and they're scrappy. You're a big MMA fan. You know these guys. You follow MMA. Uh, Out of Stockton, yeah. Um, I did did the Stockton Con actually not too long ago, and I randomly happened to 
into a crunch and trained with this dude named Rob the Boxer, who was the sparring partners with those guys. Oh, wow. And uh, also, randomly, I approached both of them to be in Boone <laughs> as uh, like some of the the bad the main bad guys. But timing didn't work out. They have a, like pretty full schedules. Um, I can't say I know them. I'm fans of them, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have people hit you? Conor McGregor's playing touch putt in the park with a hippie command. Wow. Okay. So you go, I mean, you, your knowledge is deep. Respect, respect. I didn't know. Um, have people hit you up since Saturday? I mean, I feel there's all these influencers, misfits, this, that. I've, I've, I feel like there's now a demand for you now on these cards. Um, I've, I've reached out a little bit. I haven't heard anything back yet. I mean, it is uh, it is pretty fresh, pretty yeah. new. Tell you what, if you know anybody, let me know. Okay. Um, I, I do want to... like. I, I I am aware of the fight that I had. Like I I don't want to fight Gervonta Davis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I I feel like I can uh, improve and improve and get better. I feel like I could knock out Jake Paul just not not this month or next month. Got it. Um, it it would take work. Like anything takes work. But what I found about myself is usually when I focus on one thing and I put my mind to it, I get really good at it. Um, did you like it so much that you would ever drop wrestling for it and just do this full time, hundred percent? Um, no, because I love wrestling too. But the the thing is, like, I didn't. I don't feel like I would have to drop wrestling. Mm. What I would have to do next time, though, is for a fight camp, then stop the wrestling. Right. But I don't think I have to retire or stop wrestling for good ever. Okay. How how is life on the indies since you left WWE? How how do you enjoy it? Um, you know, it's like such a trade because since I mentioned Boone a bunch, I spent uh, I don't know. I funded that personally. I sold my house to pay for it. I spent five six years on that trying to make it perfect. Um, Raw's live. There's almost no preparation. And 10 times more people watch an episode of Raw than have watched that movie. I spent all that money and time on it. Um, so that's cool. It's cool that a lot of people see Raw, but you are uh, undercut and forced to put out content that isn't nearly as good as it could be. It's What I've done on Raw is nowhere near my best. And um, people that think it's their best are delusional marks for themselves. Mm. They... Um, it is their best for the time they have, and that's a good thing. But um, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I was a film major, and um, there's just a, a lot of things that I think could be fixed with WWE that never will be. Um, that's just not a thing. People who come in there with ideas of how to fix the the story wheels or like the, the script writing software or the, the schedule – they're fired. Um, so for indies, like, um, I mean, I'm going to wrestle as Johnny Caballero in, uh, at Dreamwave, the 10th anniversary of me versus Christian Rose. I wrestled this guy 10 years ago. Uh, we had a great match then. Haven't seen him in a long time. And, um, he's got a ton of ideas. I'm going to come in with a ton of ideas and it's going to be a collaboration with no overlord telling us what we can and can't do. Mm. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw that the company got sold? Shocked. Um, 
Hey, do you think Vince looks like the ghost of Rick Rude or Walt Disney? I asked the questions around here, Johnny. All right, um, come on. It, 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 it's an incredible mustache. The hair, the 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 whole look is the just. Mustache is on point, man. <laughs> uh, are you are you shocked to see was, this happen? I was, I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked with the manager. Um, I think they're gonna. I think there's a hiring freeze right now. I think they're gonna end up letting a bunch of guys go. I think salaries are gonna get cut. Um, I'm really glad AEW was around to balance that out a little bit because if they weren't, there would be just no leverage, nowhere else to go. Sure. And WWE and UFC would be this weird monopoly that just like bring the money out of the livelihoods of the fighters and wrestlers. And I always think that sucks. Yeah. Um, is for you, like if they ever called you, would you go back or did you not like the way it ended? Like, how do you feel towards them? Man, I, I, I hate that place, but like, uh, yeah, sure. They called me, I go back. Why do you hate it? <laughs> uh, why do you hate it? Because it's your dream. It's what I watched as a kid. And then you, you show up and you want to like live your dream and, and do, do the things that like you dreamed of doing. But, um, it's a, a bastardized version of what you want to do. Mm. Well, that was my experience. It's not for everybody. And um, I kind of uh, exaggerated the hate thing to like make a little joke. I'm I sure it. I'd go back. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I I tried not to burn any bridges. Um, I, I love the roster there. I love a lot of people there. I love the roster of AEW. Tony, I like a lot. Vince, actually, I like a lot too. Um, I like all the minds in professional wrestling. Um the place that I go next, I really want to have a good, honest talk with uh, whoever's in charge, whether it's Vince, Tony, the number one in charge of WWE, UFC, the merger, or Nick Khan, or wh whoever that might be, and um, find out exactly what they have planned for me, and hopefully they're honest. And um, if I don't like that, I'll probably not go, and if I do, I will. Mm. that's more important than the money for me right now um what about the ego like when you when you're wwe you're raw your your pay-per-views all this stuff and then you're doing you know indies in montana and stuff like that how, how was that transition for you i mean yeah it, it sucks it, it like uh that, that's what i mean you get the creative autonomy to have this awesome show and like like dreamwave sold out um in uh wisconsin this saturday but uh, it's sold out. It's going to be packed, probably 600 people, right? So it'll be a building that's going to be going nuts. But it's not going to be on TV globally. It's not going to be trending on Twitter. Um, the people that I went to high school and college with, like all my acquaintances, aren't, aren't going to see it or have any idea what I did. Um, so it presents an interesting quandary for an artist, right? Like what's more important, creating the art or having people see it in the validation? Right. That's a good, that's a great question. What do you think? What do you think is most important? The grass is always greener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Uh, have you talked to AEW? Sure. Yeah. Like uh, my wife is signed. She's been uh, there now. It's uh, week five. She, uh, she flew out. Um, it was Wednesday. She flew out yesterday. Okay. She's been um, really happy there. You know, like, like Phoenix and Pentagon are really close to Phoenix was a, a groomsman at uh at her at her wedding. Eddie Kingston. Um God, like there's so many guys. Like I've always been a big fan of Mox. Um Swag clearly was was at the fight. Jericho. 
name dropped Jericho in my diss track on Harley, <laughs> but I along with him at WWE, Max Caster. I've like, uh, grown to like over our uh, love, mutual love for uh, diss tracks and freestyle rapping, although he's way better than me. <laughs> um, Mark Henry, like usually the ro- the roster at every wrestling show is pretty damn good. Hmm. I I'm a pro wrestler and I have a lot in common with other pro wrestlers and I I I like being in the locker room with guys like that. Um I mean it, it's tough to compare the two because you could say the same about both. Like if I don't really care about uh being champion or not. It's more about being used in a meaningful way. And if you're used in a meaningful way, either one of those places is a great place to work. Mm. By the way, we've had this debate. Greatest diss track of all, of all time. Greatest diss track. Ooh, um, you haven't heard the one I just put yeah, out. No, I, I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're going to mark out for your own gimmick. I, I mean, you're going to put yourself first. Okay, sure. You know, wrestler. Like, of course. <laughs> uh, I mean, my favorite wrestler is John Morrison. Number two, Johnny Nitro. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I loved the Machine Gun Kelly diss track on Eminem. Then the rebuttal from Eminem just skewered Machine Gun Kelly, I think might be the best ever. It's probably like a very popular answer, but like, come on. Like, that was, I don't know. It was, it was, it was good in so many, so many levels. Very solid. My, my pick is uh, Hit Him Up by uh, Tupac. Also a good one. I listened to a lot of diss tracks prepping for this. Okay, that got you in the, the right frame of mind. Yeah. And also creator clashes like it's a little tricky because like um the opening lines of my thing were like um uh, <laughs> um dude you consume so much bacon and soda that you stunted the growth of your own areola because he's got small nipples. Okay. But like, it's it's more like lighthearted a little bit like um, a lot of food jokes. Yeah. versus like like I'm gonna shoot your mom. I'm a sure, of course. I'm gonna, your car, I'm gonna bang your hose. Like that. Like I don't know. I feel like it's more fun to be a little clever. If we, no, no, I get it. Especially since you're friends, and I'm, I'm assuming you're still friends, right? Yeah, and he was so damn nice. I was dying for him to say something mean to me so I could release yeah. this stupid diss track. He's just nice the whole time. Hopefully, the next guy I fight says some bullshit and I can skewer him. Uh, I do believe they're going to do a third one. Are you a shoo-in for that? A third creator clash? I don't think anyone's a shoo-in for uh, for any of the creator clashes. I, I do know that uh, that the fight that Harley and I had was wild. <laughs> I, I punched him out of the ring. We yeah. like, like we were like we were like kind of like wrestling, shoving. We were brawling in there, and um, uh, I think a lot of people really liked it. If I if I do Creator Clash three, um, I guess they'd have to find another YouTuber or creator to fight me. I'm sure there's somebody that would. Yeah, Even Liver King would be cool. That would be oh, that would be fun. Liver King, oh man, that would be big. I, I got to say, um, you know, I'm I'm aware of that world. Uh, I'm not like super into it. You, you're, I mean, you're you're doing a real a real fight podcast, right? Yeah, and, I mean. But I love pro wrestling and I love boxing. So that you know, you're still, yeah. you both of you were the only names I knew on the card that I was aware of. Um, Har- I'm from Montreal as well, so I, I've I've known of Harley for a long time. I've met him; he's a great guy. And afterwards, all I saw was your highlight. So you guys sold the shit out of that, and 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 I hope you got compensated well. 
And I would think as a result, you would be a shoe in for the next one. Um, but let's see. I mean, I feel like it would, it would make all the I sense would, in the world. I legit think that I will be, um, if they can find someone who, who wants to fight me. Okay. I guess it's not that hard. I'm sure they could find somebody. There's like, a like all those fight science guys that are YouTubers and are real fighters that would probably knock me out in a half second. <laughs> hey, what are your thoughts about uh, Salt Poppy? Oh, Salt Poppy. He's, he's a huge star. Well, you want him? He's fighting May 13th. Um, somebody in these, one of these guys, him, KSI, even that Sam Hyde guy, is he fighting still? I don't know who that is. Now you're, you've gone uh, too deep. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Sometimes, like, um, I'm in this island of, like, YouTube boxers, and everyone on the Creator Clash card knows every single YouTube boxer ever. Yeah, yeah. And I, I jump back into the regular world, and you're like, what? Yeah, it is weird. It is this crazy world. Ryan Garcia, Terrence yeah. Crawford. Like, those are the guys. Yeah, but meanwhile, these dudes are selling out, you know, massive arenas, so they've got something going. It's pretty damn impressive. And I, I like that they thought outside the box by having you on there, so... Uh, well done. Congratulations. I, I hope that we get to see you back out there. I'm glad to hear Harley's okay. Um, and uh, I'm glad that you guys are still friends. And, and good luck out, you know, in the wild of the pro wrestling world. Uh, have obviously been watching you for a long time, as I just mentioned with the, uh, the Spin and Rooney uh, affair to 2000, uh, what was it, probably 2002 that was or something like that. It's crazy. It's been quite the road for you. It's been over 21 years. Yeah. Let me leave you this. Like, okay. Uh, some of the things. Um, Triple H, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. On Saturday, I did something that none of them could ever do. Let's win a real fight. <laughs> Suckers. And um, if KSI really wants to challenge himself, I can cut. I can get down to his weight class. I fought Harley at 212 and I was trying to stay big. I can get down to his weight, no problem. I'll tune him up. And he'll be up there looking at the lights. They'll give him the King Kong Bundy 100 count. I love it. Thank you, John. Great to have you on. Congrats. Thanks for having me. There he is. What a promo there. John Hennigan. Great stuff. Appreciate his time. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Formerly known as John Morrison, formerly known as Johnny Nitro, formerly known as Johnny. Uh, and, and a longtime tag team partner of one, uh, Mike The Miz. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Brandon Royville had a great weekend as well. What a performance on Saturday against Mateus Nicolau. And he was all fired up afterwards. Let's not keep him waiting because I don't want to feel his wrath as well. He joins us right now. Hello, Brandon. How are you? Good and yourself? I'm, I'm doing great, man. I, like I said, I don't want to feel your wrath because I feel like you were out there like, like you were fired up the on ra- Saturday. The wrath of Rob Dog over here? Yo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I was like, at the end of it, I was like, tell my manager, I was like, I need to shut up. I was talking way too much. No, I loved it. Uh, I was telling them before the show, I was like, man, you went after the rankings. You went after your spot on the card. You went, like, I like that. I like that fire. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was, uh, like I said, I, I went in there kind of like not pissed off, but like a chip on my shoulder. It's like, I feel like every time I fight, I have to go out there and prove something because I'm like, I'm way lower on the card than I think I should be. And, uh, you know, I feel like you know, I got my point across a few times, a few too many times maybe, but uh, yeah. You're right. I mean, this was an important fight. He was on a roll. You're on a roll. When you found out that you were on the prelims, what was your initial reaction? I, well, I, I texted my manager and I was like, yo, are they going to switch this? And he's like, yeah, they'll switch this. And then oh. the week went on and I'm like, they're not switching shit. So my initial reaction, or originally my initial reaction was like, all right, now I have to act a fool. Like I have to act a fool. And it's like Kute Laba is getting these main event spots. And it's like the only relevant thing that I can see him getting these spots is that he gets in people's face at weigh-ins and stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to act up at weigh-ins. I go see Mateus Nikolai. And he's smiling at me. He looks like the nicest character ever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to sh- shake his hand. And wish. <laughs> Kinda, yeah, like he immediately deterred where I was going at in my head because I was like, all right, I'm going to get in his face. I'm going to talk a little shit. And I, I thought it would be advantageous for me to talk shit in this fight too because uh, – he does a lot of moving around and stuff. And it's like, if I could get him to just stay in the pocket with me or just stand with me, it would be a little ideal. And uh, yeah, so I was like, ah, maybe this is, this would be like a good power play right here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we'll, we'll see what can happen off of this. And uh, I saw him and he has these pretty blue eyes and he was smiling at me and he looked all just like the nicest character ever. And I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely not going to do that right now. I'm, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> would that be natural for you to, to get all fired uh, up and talk shit and all that? No, I mean, I talk shit. I talk shit all day, every day. It's pretty much my lifestyle. Being an MMA fighter is all we do is uh, at Factory X is talk shit back and forth. So it's like, I have that in me, but it's also just like, I feel like I've done enough where my fighting speaks for itself. So it's like, I feel like I don't really have to go out there and go above and beyond to talk shit to people because it's like, yo, I actually bring fireworks and I actually have skills and I actually can't, am capable of finishing fights unlike some of these people that need to talk shit. So it's like, I don't know. I, I didn't ever necessarily want to go there. And if somebody ever takes it there, like if I ever fight a Davison that wants to talk shit, then I'm all about that. Like, I love that. But I'm not going to go press something, especially on someone as nice and humble as Matthias Nikolai. Yeah. Um, did you did you say to the brass backstage afterwards that, you, like, this, this ain't happening again? I, I don't want to be on the prelims again? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I just told them, and like I feel like that whole entire week is just like I wanted to make a statement during that fight, and it was just like, and it's like also it's just like undeserved too. It's like I, yo, I'm like the top of the division. I've been in the top of the division, and it's not like like I said, I get all finishes. Most of my fights are finished. I have one decision win, and it's like uh, I I don't know. It, 
uh, but I did. I went back there and I was like, I'm never gonna be on a fucking prelim again. At least on a, on a fight night, on a on a on a big card, I get it. On a big card, I get it. And on a big card, I'm still gonna be on ESPN. You know, right? On ESPN Plus, it's not doing me any favors because it's like all the diehards watch ESPN Plus. If you have ESPN Plus to watch the UFC, you're into it. You know who Mateus Nikolai and Brandon Royville are because you pay attention to that. But as far as the ESPN goes, it's like. Yeah, like I'm not getting any of these like random fans, you know, and I'm not getting any of those like eyes on me, especially if we're we're talking about title implications is what Dana White was saying before the fight. And it's like we got title fight implications and let's go hype out the flyweight division anyways. We need to do that anyways. But that being said is, uh, yeah, let's get a little hype behind whoever's going to be fighting for the title next. You know, it's like uh, I, I feel like in a marketing perspective, that's what you'd want to do, you know, instead of hyping up maybe like a a Kutalabo Bowser card where it's like these fools ain't fighting for the title anytime soon you know yeah yeah they tend to they tend to favor the bigger guys for whatever reason even though you guys are uh higher ranked and there's there's bigger stakes attached uh correct me if I'm wrong was there not like a personal reason also why you wanted to be on the main card for your family yeah yeah well I like a uh and just like just I guess I'll briefly touch into it is just like I have a brother that's incarcerated and they have ESPN. They have ESPN. You could see it on ESPN the whole week. Me and him were talking and like, uh, I wouldn't get into MMA without my brother. Like this is like the, me and him chose very different paths in life. And, uh, this is how we bond, you know, this is, this was our bonding. Like I wouldn't, I would be the biggest sissy if it wasn't for him. But, uh, this is how we bonded like our whole entire life. It's like fighting, you know, Uh, we were huge MMA pride fans, all the above. And it's like, we got into the sport together and uh yeah he, he chose to like uh, to lessen himself and chose a different path in life for sure but that being said is like the silver lining is like okay i'm on the prelims but i'm on espn and you could see it you know and we're talking about week all right at least you could see this you know at least you could see this and then i go find out the week of that it's like okay they're having the prelims on espn plus so now he's not gonna be able to see any of it and it was like then it was like Okay, well, I, I didn't really care that I was on the prelims because fuck it, you know, like it, it doesn't matter. Um, I have to go fight a motherfucker anyways. But then it's like, yo, what am I even doing on the prelims anyways? Then it kind of turned into that. And it's like, why am I even on the prelims? And it's like, yo, uh, my brother can't watch this. I'm, I'm not gaining any of these random fans. I'm not gaining any of these like these random eyes that you get. And it's like it, it, all of a sudden I'm just like, this is undeserved anyways, you know, so uh, yeah, I walked on with a huge chip on my shoulder, and like I said, uh, I, I carry my brother uh, with me when I fight. Uh, like that's like I said, that's without him, I wouldn't be here. Like that, he's the one that got me into MMA. He's the one that told me he's like, this would be a cool career. Like maybe we could just like stop fighting for free and then just get paid for it one day. And uh, I remember that conversation was the switch in my head that made me like sign up for MMA gym and. Uh, yeah, so it was just one of those, like, I was stoked. He could finally watch me fight. He could kind of, like, you know, we could have this fucking cool moment, and he could call me right afterwards. And then it was just, like, they never they never played it. And then and he didn't know. And he didn't know it was on the uh, the, the prelims we playing on ESPN+. Plus. So it was just, like, and then I can't get a hold of him. Like, I can't, I can't reach out to him, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like I can go visit him when I'm in Kansas City. So it was just, like, I don't know. It was just, like, one of those, like, I, I had a chip on my shoulder, and then it was just sucked, you know? And, uh it is what it is. And it's like, he shouldn't be where he's at. He's made some mistakes in life. And, uh, and, uh, but that being said, it's just like, I don't think I should have been on the prelims anyway. So Mm. I was pissed. By the way, you said you uh, were talking to him all week that you're going to be on the main card. How do you, how do you speak to him if he's, if he's incarcerated? Uh, He has to call me. He has Uh, to call me. So, 
Yeah, yeah. If he calls me, I, I can answer it. But I can't go tell him the day of the fight or the day before that, yo, this isn't going to happen anymore. Like, you can't be like, you can't, you're not going to be able to see this, you know? So it was just like one of those, like, in my head, I was like, all right, there's a silver lining. I'm a prelim, so I don't really care. There's Dana White said himself, this is title shot implications. And uh, I was like, at least the, at least he's going to see it, you know? Yeah. And uh, has he been able to turn it to that line? Has he been able to see you alive in the UFC? Like no, in person? Never. No, never in person. No, and I've only fought in front of a crowd twice, so right. that's like I, did, I didn't know like when. He's really would have, yeah, would have had the opportunity, but uh, yeah, he has never been uh, released from jail since since uh, I've been in the UFC or since uh, I fought in front of a crowd. So both both times he was not in a place where he could see me. Okay, and. Uh, but like uh, on some of these cards, like he'll be able to see some of it sometimes, you know, or I, I don't know how you see stuff in jail, but uh, yeah, yeah, he might be able to see a little thumb here and there, you know, so. How much like, longer does he out. have? Um, I'm not really sure. He, he hasn't went to trial yet, so oh. it, it could be. Like, there there was like a chance that if they dropped his, if they dropped something that he could have maybe made it to the fight, but I, I already knew it was probably not the case. So. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Well, you got the win, and even Dana White said afterwards that they screwed up and that they wouldn't happen. So uh, you know that wouldn't happen again. So that had to have felt good. Um, where do you think this puts you in the in the weight class now? I'm the number one contender. I, I don't know why. They, like I don't get the rankings at all. Like I don't get who does the rankings or like how that how they go about. But it's like, and I get that Davis and Figueroa would be in front of me. But it's like I don't get why Kai Car France is in front of me. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So it's yeah. just like I'm the number one contender. Kai Car France and Davison are both coming off of losses, and it's like I'm I'm up next for the belt. And uh, as far as I'm as far as I've been told, is I'm weighing in as the alternate for the for the. Oh, you got uh, the backup uh, slot. Yeah, yeah, I got the backup slot, and I'm, I'm, I think that's guaranteed. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I don't know if that means I'm going to be the next for the title fight or whatever, but I'm yeah. staying ready. I'm getting ready for this just in case something happens, you know. And uh, fortunate enough for me is like Brandon Moreno and. Uh, and Pantoja carry the same skill set. Their jiu-jitsu is good. Their striking is good. And it's like I can just practice for both of them and just increase my skills no matter what, you know? Uh, are you are you hoping, if that fight happens, are you hoping Brandon wins? Do you think Brandon wins? Is that the fight that would be, like, would that make you, obviously you want to fight for the belt. You want to the belt. It doesn't really matter who's holding it. But do you feel like that's the bigger fight? Yeah, that's the bigger fight. And I think that's the one that's going to be, like, doing the numbers and stuff. And, uh, like, ideally that's probably going to make me more money in the long run. And, Gain, gain more fan bases, but for selfish reasons, uh, I want to fight Pantoja. I, I want to fight Pantoja for the belt. I, I think Pantoja has hard, had a hard run at the belt and uh, to get a title shot finally. And it's like, it'd be cool to see him win, but more importantly for me is I want to take that from him. I, I want that win back. Uh, that's the only loss I have in the UFC or the only loss that I consider in the UFC. I don't consider that Brandon Moreno really a loss. So, um, to me, that that's what I want. I, I want revenge. I want to get my lick back. I wanna, I, I want it all. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'll definitely want to fight Brandon Moreno sometime in the in the near future. But Pantoja's who I, who I wake up thinking about every day and have nightmares about because uh, I lost that fight. And uh, yeah, that's the one that irks me majorly. Yeah, you have history with both. Uh, those were your last two losses. Like you haven't lost since then. Um, just curious, why don't you consider the Moreno fight or loss a legitimate one? Oh, because I dislocated my shoulder when I was on top of him. I was literally on top of him, like going for a leg lock, doing this, and I had I had, I had real bad shoulder issues. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, 
I knew it was a possibility that my shoulder could dislocate, um, but I was riding like a kind of a high wind streak right then. So it was just like, yeah, for, I was on top of him ground and pounding when my shoulder dislocated. It's like, I think it was just more, more right time, right reason. And uh, I needed that surgery anyway. So it was just like maybe bound to happen or I don't know, but it was just like, I, I think if anything, that's a no contest, you know? So who do you think wins the trilogy between Pantoja and Moreno? I don't know. I wonder that. Um, it seems like Moreno was just uh, like, but Pantoja only had one fight since uh, him and I fought. So you don't really know what he's up to. And it just like, you see Moreno's obvious improvements throughout uh, the years. So I would probably give the advantage to Moreno, honestly, um, mm. just because he's been active. He's been in these title fights over and over and over again. And uh, cardio seems like it holds up in the fifth round. Um, I don't know if Pantoja can keep the pace that he tries to sustain for five rounds straight. It'd be interesting to see if he could, but um, that being said, is I think Moreno, I think Moreno uh, in a five round fight can win it. Flyweights are on fire these days, right? Like, isn't it amazing? Not that long ago, you guys were on uh, as a division, your deathbed, right? And now I feel like there's never a boring flyweight fight. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that's like uh, that's like another cool part too. And like, uh, I feel like um, us flyweights kind of root for each other in that sense. Is like. Yo, we're all in this together. Like, I don't, I don't want to get cut. I definitely don't want to. Um, I definitely don't want this whole division to go down again. And uh, anytime there's a flyweight fight, I'm just like, I hope it's a banger. I hope it's crazy. I hope there's some excitingness. I hope that the flyweights show out. And uh, yeah, that's that's mainly what I hope. Anytime a flyweight fights is, uh, you know, hope they don't look too good. Also, because that's <laughs> that'll be intimidating. But uh, that being said, it's just I want to put out put out performances because it's like, yo, we need this. We need more eyes on our division. We need to be more hyped up a little bit more. And uh, I think just marketing more. And it's like, if these guys are delivering, and I think Vic Maynard's done a great job at signing some exciting flyweights. If these guys are delivering, then it's like, okay, well, we're going to stay around. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm glad I'm glad to be a part of that. And I'm glad to be the front runner of being the most exciting fighter in the most exciting time of this division. Oh, yeah. You've put yourself in a great spot. <laughs> um, Nicolau, like I said, was on a roll. Uh, title fight coming up in July. You're the backup fighter, it seems. Uh, so it seems like all the stars are aligning for you. Uh, and I say keep talking. Keep making noise. People are drawn to that. As long as it's warranted and fair, people like that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and I, I feel like I wasn't saying anything that people weren't already believing because it was like, I, in my head, I was thinking that. And in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm being like a, uh, I'm, I'm over... Uh, I'm overpricing myself, maybe, and I was thinking that like maybe nah. I'm overpricing myself. And then I looked at the internet, and everything underneath is like Royval should be coming to event. Royval should be on the card, uh, like somewhere on the card. You know what I'm saying? So it was like one of those like uh, I, I don't know, like it was just validation. It was validation all around. That whole week was validation, and uh, Dana White even saying that I belong on that main card was validation. So it, I, I'm glad that it was like I could seek these validations throughout the throughout this fighting somehow, some way. And the, the 50 G's is nice, of course. The 50 G's is nice, of course. But it's just like, I'm here for a bout. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for a bout. I'm here to turn heads. I'm here for I'm here for it all, you know? So uh, that's the plan. And uh, yeah, man, it, it, was a, it, it was a good week. It was a good week for sure. Great stuff, Brandon. Congratulations. Looking forward to the next one. Hopefully you get that title shot and we'll see you in there very soon. Thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, brother. Have a good day. You too. There he is, uh, Brandon Royval, the raw dog. I don't know if it's the raw dog, if I'm being honest. It might just be raw dog. Yeah, it's just raw dog. But it's D-A-W-G. I just want to let you guys know. It's not D-O-G. So um, I think it's very, you know, 
it's very important to mention that. Um, yes. Great stuff there from him. Uh, big win for him. He talked his talk. He backed it up. He's now won three in a row. Uh, Rogerio Bontorin, Matt Schnell, Mateus Nicolau. Last two via finish KO on Saturday, of course, submission <clears throat> against Schnell uh, last year. And uh, he's had some bad luck with fights getting, you know, you know, canceled and whatnot. He's on a roll. Backup fighter. Let's go. Now, I said at the top of the show, so excited about Tank Garcia. Uh, you'll recall uh, I've been saying for a while this is the biggest fight of the year. And I was saying this even when we thought we were getting Fury Usyk. I was saying this when we thought we were getting Crawford Spence. Here are these two sub-30-year-old fighters, undefeated who willed this into existence, who dragged all the executives and all the promoters into the same room and said, there are a million obstacles and a million reasons why this fight shouldn't happen and historically doesn't happen, and yet we're going to make this happen. And what do you get? You get a massive fight back in Las Vegas that the world will be watching in involving two young, popular, hungry, successful supremely talented fighters going toe-to-toe. 1-0 has got to go. One man who is there, who's doing a great job of hyping it up, is my old friend Leonard Ellerby, CEO of Mayweather Promotions. He joins us right now via the Magic of Zoom. Hello, Leonard. Wow, what a background this is. You look fantastic. How are you? Thank you. How you doing today, Ariel? Well, I got to say, Leonard, I mean, I'm excited for Tank and Garcia and everything, but you, my friend, are the star of the show. When I saw you at the press conference last month, with this new look, this beard, you got, I mean, you look fantastic. Can you tell me the genesis of this? Because at first I was like, who's that guy? Who's that good looking man up there with the beard? Looks nothing like we, last time I saw you with the goatee and everything. How did this all come about? 2023, got to switch it up. New year, new look, great vibes, great energy. And what's the response been? I'm incredible yes yes they love the silver right everyone loves the silver yes 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 and when you look in the mirror you like what you see you feel good about this you love it love it oh my god you look fantastic a little uncle phil in you right i mean you know uncle phil right you've gotten that before right got it all Oh, Ron <laughs> I got it all. Oh, uh, well, it's fantastic. And I noted that as well. Uh, keep it up. So we got a lot to talk about here. You are there already. I saw you at the Grand Arrivals yesterday. Could, you know, you've been a part of some massive, massive fights. Could you put into words, like, what is the buzz so far? It's Wednesday. Things are ramping up. we got the workouts today, uh, press conference tomorrow. Can you, can you put into words what it feels like in Las Vegas right now for this massive fight? Um, it's, a, it's a terrific buzz. Um, and again, this has a Mayweather-ish kind of feel to it. You know, obviously, we put on the biggest events ever in the history of the sport. So I know firsthand what a big fight feels like. Um, the the fans are uh, pouring in right now. Um, and this Saturday night, it's going to be electric. You know, once you once they enter, to, enter the arena, it's going to be a star-studded affair. You know, and, and two guys are going to be ready to put it all on the line. And I just can't wait. Can I ask you about Tank's relationship with Mayweather Promotions? How does it work right now? Is, is Does he have his own promotion and you guys help him as well? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, he, he has his own promotional company, um, Javante Tank Davis Promotions, GTD Promotions. And um, I'm working with him. Okay. And um, to continue to do all the things I've been doing, um, to elevate him to be the biggest star in the sport. And that's what it is. And, and is Floyd going to be involved this week? 
Floyd will be at the fight. He will, he will be, be at, the, at fight. the fight. Okay. All right. Yes, he will be at the fight. Um, could you speak at all to how difficult it was to make this fight happen with all the personalities and all the egos and all the obstacles and the politics? How difficult was this? Um, it was it was a little difficult. Um, probably initially, you know, Ron agreed to everything. He agreed. I give him credit. He agreed to everything. Every term that um, we had sent over, he agreed to it. Was just one thing. You know, we it was one stipulation in there. Um, but other than that, and that kind of dragged out because it was a network thing. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's Steven Espinosa's area. And, um, we were able to work those details out, but, but, you know, it was a really good thing for these two young guys to come together and the timing of it couldn't be better because they're in the prime of their career. And that's very, very important. Mm. You know, they're not older. They're, they're both, like you said, sub 30 and, and the time is now. And that's why it's the biggest fight in all of boxing right now. It, it feels like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, like Tank got everything he wanted. If like It's on Showtime, right? That That's the broadcast. That's his broadcaster. Uh, 136, I think, is in his favor. The, the, the hydration clause is in his favor. Was there anything that you guys didn't get? No. Tank got every, everything that he deserved. You got to remember, he's the A side. He's the, Tank is the one that's... That's been, you know, and everyone know what I mean. He's been selling out arenas everywhere, East Coast, West Coast, everywhere. We take him, he sells out. And he, and, but Ryan also has tremendous star power too. Mm. And anytime you're going to make a mega event, you always have to have a dance partner. So again, and Ryan Garcia, he fits that profile. Again, he he's a very a good fighter, young fighter. Um, he has very good star power. Um, he's the, this younger generation has kind of drawn to him. You know, he has his own fan base. He's Mexican-American. He has over like 9 million followers. Um, so he, he's, he's been making a lot of noise. Um, he has several commercials out there. So he personally has done a very good job with marketing himself, you know, thus far to get in this position. And Tank, on the other hand, he's, he's been doing it. He's been doing it at the, at the highest level. And he's been able to do it just not in one place. And that's what being a big time attraction is all, all about. And I've said all along that, you know, our goal was to make him the biggest star in the entire sport. And he's going to do his job and we were going to do our job. And fighting Ryan Garcia is just another step in the direction of proving that he's the best fighter that's out there. If he wins this fight, when he wins this fight, uh, I, I would imagine you'd correct me in, in saying, uh, is he the biggest star in boxing? No doubt. He'll be the face of boxing. He'll be the face of boxing, no doubt. Because this is a huge platform to be fighting on. It's a crossover fight. Um, and and traditionally, you know, um, the diehard boxing fans kind of, you know, get together and, and, and support a fight like this. But this fight crosses over in so many different ways because, again, is that this young generation has gravitated to both guys. Mm. You know, when you look around, you know, it, it will be a star-studded affair. I promise you that. And it, it will feel like a Mike Tyson fight, a Floyd Mayweather fight. So, again, you have every all the elements of a mega event. And both guys are just going to go in there. And and when, when um, Tank knocks Ryan out, then, you know, he'll decide on what he wants to do next. Um. 
when you're the face of 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 the sport, and I don't necessarily disagree with your statement if if he wins that he becomes that, um obviously the spotlight becomes bigger. And there have been issues outside of the ring, right? There's there's one coming up on on May 5th. How do you stop that stuff from happening? How do you keep him on the right track so that as his star power continues to grow, it doesn't get derailed by the legal stuff? Well, you know, just like with any athlete when they're young, just not boxers, mm. you're going to make some mistakes along the way. You know, you're especially when you're young, you're 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 rich. And and so those those are bumps in the roads that happen when you're young. But one thing I will give him credit for is that he's learned from his mistakes early on. And and he has a good core of people around him. And and he's matured so much in the last few years. You know, he's a great father. And, you know, he's just trying to set the, a positive example for this younger generation coming from the environment that he comes from, that anything is possible when you keep your head on straight and you surround yourself with a great team, you know, and look at where Tank Davis is at today. One thing I love about you, Leonard, you shoot from the hip. You you keep it real, especially on Twitter. I mean, you can get into some scraps on Twitter. Last summer, you you and De La Hoya kind of went at it and you called them a liar. I mean, you called them a whole bunch of stuff about, you know, who was the draw and who, how are you guys now? Where uh, like, are you, are you in the same room as him? Are you working together? How's the relationship? Yeah, we're work, we're working we're working together. We don't like each other, but we're working <laughs> together. You know, and it's okay. You know, um, if Floyd don't like him, he don't like Floyd. So it's all that's okay. It's business at the end of the day. And you know, they're they've done a good job with promoting him, um, Eric Gomez and him. They've done a really good job with moving his career along. So I get nothing but respect and props there. You know, um, and it's never personal. It's just business. And you know, I was glad that. You know, um, Ryan made them do the fight. So let's be clear on that. Ryan Garcia made them do the fight because this is not something that Oscar wanted to do. You don't believe that? You don't think he wanted it? I know that for a fact. Why not? Why wouldn't he want this? Well, because I, I, he, Oscar is a, a smart guy as relates to ring intelligence. He understands, you know, and I... Don't feel as though that this is just my opinion. Yeah. It's my opinion on this, this part right here. I, I have some factual information on some other stuff, but this is my opinion is that the fight in the ring, I don't think he thinks that Ryan Garcia can win. That's just my opinion, though. Okay. And what are the facts? Well, I don't want to get into what the facts are. Okay. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's about the two guys, it's not about the promoters and, the managers, it's about the two guys getting in there. And the bottom line is both fighters wanted this fight. And it's the biggest fight in boxing. And oftentimes, young fighters aren't willing to take that risk, especially this early on in their career. I can, you know, I can recall when uh, Floyd was fighting Diego Corrales early on. And people, it was a 50-50 fight on paper. But we saw the outcome of what that was. It was the, the fight in the ring was a mismatch. Mm. No, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And that's what I love so much about this because these types of things don't usually happen and they're such big stars. Uh, you say that you're able to work with Oscar and uh, it's not personal. What about with Eddie Hearn? Is it personal with Eddie? Could you do something like this with Eddie? Sure. I, I mean, if if he had something to work with, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I look at his stable fighters. I don't see anybody in the 
that weight class that would remotely be an attraction. Well, so, any weight class, not, not just nothing. not just the tank weight class. Any weight class. He's got some stars, right? Matchroom's got some stars. Who? Uh, well, they got Canelo. Well, that he's he's really not their fighter. Okay. I mean, I mean, he they work with him. You know what I'm saying? Canelo was already a big, st- the biggest star in the sport when he started working with him. Sure, sure. Katie Taylor. And it had nothing. It had nothing to do with what he had done. You know, he did that. They do what they do, and I don't really want to have a conversation about okay. him. <laughs> Fair enough. But it, it is. It, it's gone very heated with you guys. Um, it's it's. Well, I'll put it this way. I don't play those kind of games, you right. know, and, and it's it's okay because at the end of the day, I'm going to stay in my lane and do what I need to do. And, you know, and I'm sure he's going to do the same thing. And if there was a, if there was a big fight to be made and he had a, he had a, a fighter in a weight class and I had a fighter, you know, um, and a deal could be done. Why not? It's just business at the end of the day. It's, it's never personal with me. It's never personal. Okay. Glad to hear that. Um, what's what's the number that you think this could reach on pay per view? Can this do above a million? The sky's the limit. This this is this is again. This is the biggest fight in boxing. I don't want to put I don't want to put a cap or a ceiling on where we're gonna go. You know, we have a tremendous amount of experience with understanding what the marketplace looks like. Mm. You know, we and we are in different times now. And piracy affects a, a lot of things, but this is a huge fight. As evidenced by when, when the tickets went on sale, instantly, this is one of the top ten biggest gates. Wow! In the history of boxing. Uh, wow! Now think about that for a second. That is of all the big mega fights that have been made in boxing right now, today. Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia is one of the top ten biggest gates in the history of boxing. Dan, what, what could you tell us what the number is? Not yet. Not yet. All I'll right. make an announcement about that at some point soon. Okay. Is it is it like one to five or is it five to ten? Where does it rank right now? In the top ten. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, people still send me that clip of uh, me asking you the question at the Mayweather McGregor press conference, the post fight about the seats. People love that clip. I still get it. You know the one I'm talking about when I asked you why there were so many empty seats, and then Dana White said, "Welcome oh, yeah. to my world, Leonard." <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a fair question. No, did you think yeah, it was unfair? And again, again, <laughs> you guys have a job to do, and and sometimes you have to ask the tough questions per se, if that's what it's called. Sure, sure. And I'm a straight shooter, so it's it's like at this level we're operating at. It's, again, it's, it's like we know what this looks like and knows what it feels like, and you have a a lot of experience with dealing with the media you know so it's it's okay it's all yeah don't take it so personal um could i Never. ask is there a rematch clause i don't want to get into the details of, of the of the agreement okay but, um why not again it's, it's going because it's it's like that's a I, to me i personally don't discuss our business with the public now i don't negotiate with sure and and you know, out front in the public. Other promoters like to do that to to generate attention. We don't need to do that. Yeah. Because for us, the way we look at things over here is that we do things behind closed doors and that way there's no way things can get messed up. Okay. Fair enough. I respect it. Um I saw you say yesterday he's getting knocked out. What's the prediction? What round? 
I don't know. It, it could be early. It, you know, I was actually watching three of his, his last three fights. Uh, late last night, I was watching his last three fights. Um, Ryan's a terrific fighter, um, but there, there's like certain things that he, he does that are prime for what Tank has to do. Oh. And it's and and it takes it takes that kind of eye to understand. It's like Floyd pointed it out to me just just like that. Really? Yeah, and I was like, wow, you're right. What is it? <laughs> the world will see Saturday night right, when he gets knocked that. out. My man. Leonard, you're the man. You look fantastic, by the way. Keep it up. Uh, lovely to have you on. And I hope that I'll see you out there. I'll, I'll be out there for showtime uh, beginning tomorrow morning. So hopefully I'll, I'll get to shake your hand over there in Las Vegas. I can't wait. When this was announced, I said, I got to be there. Hell or high water. And uh, so we will be there. It's going to be massive. It feels like a big deal. And Lord knows we haven't had a big fight in America. It feels like boxing, maybe since Wilder. What was the last one? Wilder Fury? Well, not fight. Well, we, we'll say the last big, the biggest thing in boxing in the last six years. Well, I think you want me to say Mayweather McGregor? There you go. There it is. Floyd and my boy Connor. There. <laughs> We're going to get the rematch. I would love it. I, again, I got number love for the UFC and and what Dana has done and and Conor McGregor. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of all their work and and again, that was that was actually the best event that I've ever been a part of. Oh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. The whole week was fun. The whole buildup was fun. Um, thank you so much, Leonard. Good luck to you and the team. See you out there in Las Vegas, and and good luck, of course, to Gervonta too. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. There he is, the great Leonard Ellerby of Mayweather Promotions. Great guy. Met him before and uh, always enjoy talking. And doesn't he look great with that beard? He looks fantastic. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Let us, though, say hello to our in-studio guest all the way from Washington or maybe Arizona. He is one of the greatest fighters of all time. He is the reigning defending one championship bantamweight champion. He is the one and only Demetrius Johnson. Look at this guy. Come on. You look good. You look strong. You look fantastic. Thank oh, you, my Thank gosh. You. Please have a seat. That was a nice hug. Oh, thanks. How are you? Good. You? You look fantastic. Wow. Thanks, you are, you're like in fight shape, huh? Yes, sir. You're never out of shape, though. Not really. No. What's the biggest you've ever gotten? Actually, this camp. Really? Like uh, probably 148. 148? Yeah. But all muscle. like you're uh, not... Of course. Yeah. Of course. And where do you live? I say Washington. Uh, Washington I... State. You are in Washington, but you're yeah. also in Arizona. Uh, here and there. Yep, I am. Okay, because I see you with Henry. Yep. So what? Do you, like, you have two homes. Two homes, yeah. So okay, I, I but got we're... a vacation home in Arizona, and I also have the, the main home in Washington State. And and, and where's training camp? It's in it's in Washington. Washington Still State, 1,000%. Kirkland? Yep, Kirkland, Washington. Wood, Woodville now, but... Oh, what? Shape. You guys moved? Yeah, we moved during COVID-19. Oh. So we had a strip mall right next to Google. And then when COVID-19 kind of happened, Google bought the whole strip mall, destroyed everything. And then I don't know what they did with it, but now we're in Woodinville in a nice little gym. Wait, so the, the, the one that was like all white? Yep. Is that gone? That's gone. But, but did the, you bring... The new one is all white again, uh, too. I love so it. It's, it's one of the white. best gyms. Yep. Like whenever they would show you training, the foot, like it was, so, it felt like pride, right? Mm -hmm. It felt like old school. And that was done on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. Because of Matt? Yeah, I think Matt wanted the all white, that nice classic old school style. Almost kind of looks like the Matrix a little bit, but yes. that's all Matt's doing. Okay, so uh, this is big. This is uh, May 5th. Yep. 
Broomfield, Colorado. One Fight Night 10 on Prime Video. Mm -hmm. The big debut in America. The trilogy, you and Adriana Marais, your main eventing. Yep. Uh, You haven't fought in America since your your last UFC fight. Yep. Gets here in Suido. Yep. In California. Yep. Uh, It's been a while. August of 2018. Yep. Staples Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, You won that fight. NBD. Doesn't matter. (laughs) It all worked out. It all worked out. You got traded. It all worked out. Yeah, yeah. Your friends now, it all worked out. Uh, And now everyone's going crazy. They asked me about it at the beginning of the uh, show because you did an interview with the score. Yep. And you hinted that the end is near. Yep. You said F no to two years. I'm not fighting two more years. And you kind of left the door open to this being the last one. So can we clear the air here? Is it possible this is the last one? Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely impossible. You know, being 36, you know, I sit down with the wife and the kids and even my my close friends, my my inner circle who they don't they don't watch mixed martial arts. They don't train. They all have, you know, normal citizen jobs, I guess guess you can say. And sometimes, you know, I sit there and think like, you know, how much more do I need to do? Like, how much more do I want to do? Like I've I've stated a couple of interviews I want to compete in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and in IBJJF because my kids are doing it, you know, and you know there comes a point where it's like how much more do I need to do? And I look at my peers that are kind of my generation, like Habib, Habib, yeah. um, you know, even Henry Cejudo. Like it, I almost kind of got inspired by him the first time we trained together. So I was like, dude, you've been out for three years. Like, how are you making a living? He goes, I'm hustling, man. Like. I'm making good money. I don't need to come back to fight. I'm coming back because I want to. And, you know, you look at Tyron Woodley, you know, he's out there hustling. So I feel that there has to come a point in time where I need to force myself. Like, okay, we've relied on my body and my athleticism to pay my bills. It's time to start looking at other avenues to bring in revenue um, to sustain my lifestyle. So we'll see. You know, I'm going to go out there and fight, uh, win, lose, draw. I'm going to go on vacation with the wife and kids, put my feet in the sand and sit back and be like, hey, do I, do I want to continue to fight or do I want to, you know, focus on something else? So do you feel like the fire is kind of dimming oh, a little God, bit? Oh, God, no, no. If you, if, no? You, if you, if one championship would just send you all my footage of how I'm training, I'm like, yeah. no, this, this, this motherfucker got three or four more years really? left in me. Oh, yeah. Dude, so I, why not keep going? Because I feel there has come a point in time. I, I've been using this, this quote, you know, you go to a party, you're having a good time, you see the girls and all that yeah. stuff, you start drinking, you have too many too many drinks, you yeah. end up drunk. Yeah. Uh, you might stay at the party too long. So I feel that, you know, I, I, I have these feelings and these emotions with myself where it's like, you know, maybe it's just time to do something else. You know, it's almost kind of like Henry. Why didn't he stay around, right? Why, why, why didn't he stay around for, for three years? Well, with years? Henry, it was a little bit weird because I felt like he was trying to negotiate with the UFC when he did that. I don't think he no. actually wanted to retire. Yeah, that's true. That could be true. Um, but when I talked to him, he said he needed a break. He needed to step away. But for me, I've been grinding. And so I think, if I do step away, I, I don't see myself coming. Unless something just falls in my head, but I was like, right, I gotta, I, I gotta go back and do it. So right. we'll see. Uh, do you feel like you'll be one of those guys who leaves and then comes back? Meaning, I hope not. Okay. I don't, I, unless it's some god significant amount of number where it's like, okay, and I'll tell everybody the, the number. I'm like, this one come back, boys. I couldn't pass it up. We back here. We are again. It's. Right. I mean, training training camp was great. I feel great. I mean, you know, like I said, I got to like 148 this camp because I started eating strict and eating the calories I needed to eat before in the past I wouldn't eat as much. And yeah, like I said, if you wanted to see the footage of me training, you can be like, yeah, that man still got fire in him. Yeah, I don't doubt that. Joe, we okay? <laughs> What's happening? Your I'm chain? I want to take my chain on now. Oh, Sorry about the white gold. Hang on, baby. Yeah, Give me you're such a big timer. I know, right? It's rubbing on the thing. Okay, I feel like my, my desk, my chair is a little bit low too. How's that? Oh, that's good. There you go. You're so, you're so big time. You got chains now. Oh, God. Everybody's like, man, that's white gold, man. He got that yellow gold. I was like, I'm a white gold guy. But. Uh, um, so, okay. So you're still in shape. You still love it. Yeah. Is, is uh, I'm just wondering, like, opponents, like a guy that gets you up. Mm-hmm. 
you fought Adriano yep. twice, lost him once, beat him again. Um, is that part of the equation mm. as well? Like, there's a, you know, you need you need a guy, you need a dance partner, right? No, I mean, yeah, that's always that's always a good thing to have, you know. And I think it's never been in my opponents to get me up and rally to get ready to fight. You know, it's usually. You know, just to go out there and compete. You know what I mean? But as you get older, you know, I've been doing it for 18 years. So I think there comes a point in time where I'm like, okay, you have to… I've always been like this. Like, even when I worked full-time, I never forget, I'll go into work and Matt would be like, you need to quit your job. You need to quit your job because you're going to be a world champion. You're going to make so much money doing this. Like, nah, dog. Not until you guarantee me that check every, you know, $400 a week. I'm not quitting my day job. So for me… What I, was that job, by the way? I uh, worked at construction. It's called Karastar. Okay. Um… So I was like, no, I'm going to leave it until I felt the right time. It was time to go full-time mixed martial arts. Now I feel like I'm getting to that point now. You know, I have my kids. They're doing jujitsu. have my wife. And I have my YouTubes doing very well. And now I'm just like, okay, there has to come a point in time. I was like, okay, guys, we're done. Like, there has to come a point in time when Habib was like, I'm done. Like, why do I need to fight? To make right. more money? I can make money elsewhere, right? So I always tell myself, if I, if I can make as much money fighting from fighting… Not fighting, would I still fight? Yeah, maybe one or two more. But I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't need to fight anymore. I, I've never had an ego when it came to fighting. I didn't need to show that I was the biggest dude in the room because I'm not the biggest dude in the room. But you get my drift. Right, right. By the way, shout out to your YouTube channel. Hey man, it's doing great. The hey. thumbnails. But by the way, your thumbnails which, are which elite. ones? We have some. Let's show, let's show him some of the thumbnails. Like, what is this? So, so that, who does thumbnails like this? So that's Zygo Media. What uh, is going on? This is like highest level <laughs> thumbnail I've ever seen. We've got some other ones. What is going on here with these thumbnails? Yeah, How man. much you paying for these? Like 400 bucks? No, no, no. We got a good deal going on. I mean, Zygo Media, they stepped up the ball. What else we got? We got other ones. Um, I mean, yep. this is good shit. That's the gaming thumbnails. I do all the reaction thumbnails. Because you do them yourself? The reaction thumbnails, yeah, I do What do you myself. mean? Like you Photoshop yourself? Yeah, I do it all myself. You know myself. how to do that? Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So that's the biggest scene. Like I'm, I'm finding other things that keep get me excited. Like I just bought a brand new camera, a Sony FX3. Look at that one. Uh, yeah, that's Escape from Tarkov. Too bad that game. The game is still amazing. I still think it's the best FPS game out there. But I just like um, the, I just like the creativity involved. Yeah, and that's the thing that's given my passion going. Like that's another passion of mine is creating content on YouTube and doing the thumbnails and reacting. no more Twitch. No more Twitch. No YouTube more tw- now. What happened? The biggest thing with YouTube that I like is that they have the algorithm. Um, my channel, the community layer is just a lot more lively and it gives me opportunity to be more creative like that. Okay. Right? Uh, some people say you should do Twitch and YouTube. I'm a one man army. Like okay. your, your boy Michael, yeah. uh, Juan's over, absolutely amazing. He's taught me a lot when it comes to lighting. Oh, yeah, from ESPN. He works with Henry. Yes, he works with Henry. So uh-huh. we got like a little triangle bromance going on. We're always working with each other. And Love it. that's kind of getting me my passions elsewhere. Like when I talked to Henry, I was like, man, why you come back? He goes, man. He goes, Demetrius, I made, I made good money last year. He goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, I tell you that number. He told me the number. And I was like, when well, you come back to fight for? He goes, because I want to. And I'm like, hey, more power to you. So he's been able to take four years off, three to four years off, and still make great money without fighting by just hustling. And that inspired me. And I'm like, you know what? I can do that too. And even my wife, she goes, don't have a fixed mindset. Have a growth mindset. Like you're, you're intelligent. You're creative. Just believe in yourself and things will come. And so… Yeah, so that's where all that that stuff stems from. It's like you know, this could be my last. This could be the the horse's last ride. Right, you know? right, right. It's not. It's not based on it whether I win or lose or draw. It's just based on like after the fight, I get done with it. Like even after I saw a video of me after my last fight when I beat Adrian, I was in the back and I was like, "Yeah, we did it. This was a good one." My wife was like, "Yeah, that was a good one." Like we're not like, "Whoa, yeah, let's go." Da, da, da. Yeah. But like we're just like, "That was a good one. That was a good fight." 
Yep. All right, let's get back home and we'll fix the things we need to do. That's this. This is kind of like how I am. And so with this one, it's the same thing. It's like, well, we'll go out there, see what we're going to do and see how this one goes. And after we get on with the fight, we'll decide what we want to do. It's very business-like. Business-like, And, and that yeah. was like one of the best finishes of the year. Yeah, I know. Everybody was, was like, it, oh, man, this boy's just getting better. Yes. I was like, and, and I am getting better. Like, I truly believe I am getting better. And I believe the reason why is because I'm surrounded by great coaches. Uh, Professor Yan at Grappa Club working on my jiu-jitsu. Um, Matt's always making me, forcing me to get better. And and me always be willing to learn. Like, some of the shit. When we did this camp, I was just like, oh, I'm so pissed right now. And I was like, just let me do, let me cook, Matt. He goes, no, you're not going to cook. Uh. You're going to do what you're going to You're going to do this. And I'm like, fine. And then... I would do it, and then, like, yeah, just just working hard. Um, by the way, I, I I like the videos where you're you're gaming. I don't know anything about gaming. I think it's a waste of time. By the way, uh, shout out. Here we are. Yeah, I'm gonna bring you another one. That's the one you probably don't have, and that one I'm bring you one more. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I know. A lot I, of hey, love hey, here. hey, you know I got love for you. Hey, when I know. That, when that Patty Pillman thing. Well, I was just gonna say you know, I, I, I had your back. You were one like, of the first. Yeah, they're like, you want to go on a show? I was like, fuck his show. <laughs> Excuse my language. I apologize. No, it's okay. But, no, man. I mean. You were one of the first ones to say that. Yeah. He can't, he had the audacity to ask you to come on the show after he's... I should have said I should have had him pay me. <laughs> but nah, I mean, he did. And I was like, nah, I don't think it's a good fit. Just because, you know, I, I see what you're doing. Like, you have built this platform from scratch, right? You built it from scratch. And obviously, you know, you, you've had your ups and downs with different companies, whatever. But now you're giving us, us a platform to be able to basically promote our, our fight. You know, my fight May 5th. On Amazon Prime. So I, I see the value in that, right? Where some people don't see it, they see other things. But for me, I always got your back and I think you worked very hard and you deserve everything you got. I, rem- I remember when we were in LA, mm-hmm. was with the Cejudo fight. You remember this in the hallway? What did I say to you? No, we, we were in the hallway and I had left this show mm. and there was like some competition about who can get the guests and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And I said, anytime and, you need me, I'll just call me. And like Ramundi was like, hey, can you come on the MMA hour? Uh-huh. And and no, yeah, because I was with ESPN, and yep. you're like, it's the same time. I'm yep. gonna pick. I'm gonna oh, pick Irish show, and I was like, this no. fucking guy. Oh, or back there, back there, I was like, hey, we have another thing at this. I was like, this is a bigger hit. Uh, give everyone. Oh yeah, they time. told me hard out four o'clock. Shit. And I don't want to screw anyone else. I'm not. I, you know, I know. I know. I know. But I'm not that guy. It's a long term relationship. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, is there any part of you that is like not nostalgic, but a bit uh, emotional as this camp? comes to an end that maybe this could be the last no. one you don't look at oh this nope. could be the last sparring nope. this could be the, no nothing no nope. because i know i'm still going to compete not just in mixed martial arts it, regardless okay. of whatever it's going to happen right so i'm still going to have those feelings i'm still going to train like an athlete because I'll, I'll always be an athlete right but no i didn't have those feelings it's it's strictly business mindset that's what it is like we go in the gym i clock in i ask him out like what do you want the horse to do today what do you want me to do and he goes how do you feel and i'm like oh, i feel like this this and he goes okay i'm gonna push your heart rate. I'm going to make you run. Um, and then I'll do that. And after I get done, I clock out and I go home and talk to the wife and kids and same thing. So when I step into the cage, you know, on May 5th, I'm like, hey, let's get this job and let's get this work. After the fight, I get it back. I'm like, hmm, I'll think about it see what I want to do. So. So no chance you do the gloves in the ring thing? Uh, no. No? No. Why not? The reason why is because I was having, um, me and Eddie Alvarez were traveling and he told me how he was going to retire. And I thought it was the most amazing thing, intimate thing that he ever said. And I think, and I was like, I think that's the way I'm going to potentially do it. Um, and he said the way he's going to do it is like, he's going to go out, him and his wife, Jamie, are going to go out and have, you know, coffee. And he was like, I think I'm done. Like have the conversation between them two because 
at the beginning, it was just them two. Yeah. And when I think about for my career, who's been my biggest supporter is my wife. And I think for me to share that moment with the world instead of with her would be just justice to what she's committed to me in my career, right? Because anything I wanted to do in my career, like she wanted to move to Arizona. She goes, I'm ready to move to Arizona. And I was like, no. I was like, we have family. We have the training here and all that stuff. So she's kind of, I want to say she's put our life on hold, but a lot of the decisions we've made in our, our, our marriage and our life has been based on, on me. So I think it'd be fitting to have it sit down with her. Like, hey, I think, I think we're done. Like, let's, let's move on to the next chapter in our life. And then maybe I'll come on here at Earl Whitey's show. But like, hey, guys, yeah. once you guys know, I'm done. That would be good. good. Yeah, do it in private with her, but then do it in public with us. Yeah, yeah, that time comes. yeah, exactly. Yeah, whenever that time comes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when Eddie said that, and I was like, "That's that's absolutely amazing," because you know, at the end of the day, it's it's me and my wife and my children, and obviously my team. You know, I I think uh, I think the team will be a lot harder than my wife because I talk to my wife all the time. Just because team, it's like, you know, it's not realistic for me to be in there all the time, sparring all the time, helping other guys. Just because I I have a life, I have children that. I am, you know, responsible for, and I gotta, you know, at the end of the day, it's always about making money, right? Once, and that's always been my mindset. So when I do retire from fighting, my energy is gonna go somewhere else so I can be successful in that sport, right? Or not that sport, but whatever else I'm gonna do to generate the revenue I need to take care of my family. So yeah, we'll see. If if I asked your wife today, do you want him to retire? Does she say yes? She say he do whatever he wants. She okay, was, she doesn't have a strong feel because there are. Oh some... no, she she's like whenever you call quits, I'm I'm, I'm totally. Fine okay, she's you. not pushing you in one way. No, no, God no. What about your kids? No, they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> no, they, don't... they understand. I mean, the older ones probably do, right? Uh, Tyron and Maverick, they understand. What do you mean understand? That like what you do, who you are. Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're aware. Yeah. yeah, because they're huge in the WWE. Like they, they. You just went. I, I saw went, right. Yeah, yeah. My, Maverick, he's all about it. Who's oh. his favorite? Man, um, Darby Allen. I know he's AEW. Darby wow, Allen. You, you know your stuff. Huh? Oh yeah, dude, dude. My kids know more about wrestling than any MMA guy. Like, oh, that is amazing. My son was like, you know, you know, you got the uh, the Uso brothers, the Bloodline, yeah. Green. And I'm like, no, 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 dog. It's about Stone Cold Steve Austin, nah. Dwayne Johnson. Um, you know, he likes Cody Rhodes, American Nightmare. Did you watch Mania with them? No, I thought it was on Sunday. Well, I didn't know it was Saturday and Sunday. Yes. So the kids had a jiu-jitsu tournament that day uh, on Saturday and Sunday. I was coaching, helping the team on Saturday. And then jiu-jitsu was on that Sunday, I believe. And I thought back in the day, it was always on Sunday. Like yes. Sunday night, it was always WrestleMania. And I miss it. But I saw some of the highlights and my son watches it. He watches a lot of stuff on YouTube. So it's, so does he watch that more than MMA? Oh, God, yeah. Does he even watch MMA? No, he doesn't watch MMA. No, no interest. We don't watch MMA in our house. Because? You just don't. Like, I mean, we watched Izzy's last fight and whatnot. I I, I follow the guys that I have a, a storyline and I want to see their storyline and their yeah. career, you know? Because there's so many, there's so many great, amazing athletes out there. So many of them. You can't watch all of them. I can't watch all sure, of them. Sure, no, it's right? too much. It's just too much, right? So for me, I pick and choose the guys I'm, you know, I, I've worked with or shared a card with, like Max Holloway, um, Izzy, Jones, um, shoot, even Cub Swanson when he decides to come back, Aldo. I mean, I, I you're want, not trying to shield them from it. Like, if they want to watch no, it. No, they want to watch it. I let them watch it. No, yeah. absolutely no. They can watch whatever they want. I mean, we watched South Park the other night. It was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the wrestling when you went? Oh, I loved it. The I've, show was great, uh, right? Wrestling and, and wrestling and basketball has been my favorite sports to watch live. Okay. Just because basketball is the music, the fast play, seeing athletes react. They're massive. They're dunking. And just to make up everything on the fly, right? And then wrestling 
how the crowd gets into it. Like, you deserve it. Uh, it's awesome, right? The whole like, thing. The whole thing is just, the whole show is absolutely amazing. So Maverick, my middle, he he's into it. He plays with it every single day. He goes, Dad, what do you think about this? He goes, can you announce for me? And I'm like, fine. <laughs> so I'll do that. So it's good. What does he like better, WWE or AEW? He doesn't see no difference. Okay. I, I told him the biggest thing that I think WWE is missing is what I had back from my childhood is that when you had Triple H and he would, you know, the pedigree, pedigree yeah. you had the stunner, then you had the rock bottom. You had guys who had their, you know, Lex Luthor, the torture, the torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had all, everybody had their special move. Now in WWE, you don't know what's what, right? You see Darby Allen, he has the coffin, the casket. Um, so he has that. But other than that, there's nothing that really distinguished people from like their, their special move. Like each time, you knew he did that stunner. It was it's over. It was lights out. It was game Drives over. Drives me nuts. It, now they kick out. Now they have finishing moves, but they don't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. So you could kick out of it. And it's like when when Jake the Snake hit the DDT back in the day. Yeah. It was over. Yeah, or the choke slam. I mean, sometimes you know if it's a big big match and you get hit. Very him, rare. Uh, Very rare. Boom! Hit yes. him. He might get out of it if it's somebody like a big name. But yeah, super rare. Yeah. Hogan hit hits the leg drop. Yeah, you're done. Now you got to hit it. You know what drove me nuts? Not to go on a tangent here, no, but. You're fine. When Ronda made her debut mm -hmm. in WWE, yep. she went up against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Mm -hmm. Now, Triple H wrestler, Stephanie McMahon is not an athlete. Like she's, yeah. she's, and she had to hit the arm bar on her on like six, seven times. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, we I, just, hit, I hit world-class athletes in this. And they yes. Snap. And, and like she's hitting Alexis Davis and like, or she knocked her out. But you yeah. get my point, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and now she's going to WWE and you're telling me that the armbar is not working on the 45-year-old hey. CEO mom? Hey, you got you to sell tickets, baby. Uh, you got to sell tickets. That drove me. I thought that they ruined it off the jump with Ronda. Oh, really? With that moment. You got you got to you got to sell the finish, yeah, and she to. had she had the built-in finish. Like, yeah, someone who debuts in WWE tomorrow doesn't have a finish that's over with the crowd. Oh, we all 100%. knew. We all right? know. Yeah, that's true. You hit the armbar, yeah. it's lights out. Yeah, they're gonna drop the ball. She had the that. benefit. Yeah, you're right. You're anyway, absolutely right. Yeah, now I'm thinking about I'm like the tombstone, the the, uh, the best power bomb, all of them, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Actually, when they hit the people with that, that was it. It was lights out. And exactly. You know, I got into it, and it was like, what? Two, we already knew. We knew it was gonna happen. So, so, yeah. so here's a question. Your son is how old? This one that loved Maverick. Uh, he's eight. Just turned eight. Okay, so my boys had a, a run. So I have a eleven, nine, and six. Mm -hmm. Um, especially the nine had a run two years ago where he was obsessed as well with wrestling. Watched everything. Had all the toys, everything. And then his best friend's mom told him it was fake. Ah. Uh, and then it was over. He knows. He knows. He knows. And he's okay. Yep. I told him I was like, it's an act. Right? Like they're all working together because you can you can sometimes see them they're whispering to each other. Yeah. But they still have the same injuries as professional athletes. Yeah. Um, I mean, jumping off the top ropes, you can't fake that. You know, you're trying to help each other. He knows and he knows it's a storyline. And, and he's totally fine with it. Okay. Yeah. Could I tell said. him, I, I tell him. And I hate the word fake, by the way. Scripted. Scripted. Because yeah. it's still it's incredibly sick. athletic. You saw it firsthand. Yeah, absolutely. It's insane what they do. Yeah, it's it's totally scripted. You know, I would say I mean, everything else is not scripted when it comes to, you know, the jumping off, doing the backflips. You're still gonna be acrobatic to do that. You know, I'm not gonna do backflip off top rope and right. I'm one of the most athletic men to walk this earth. But, you know, it's just it's scripted, but it's still real. How do you feel about UFC and WWE together? I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. Smart move on them to Capitalize on another big organization in this, in North America that's been around forever. You know, I mean, I grew up watching it. I mean, I'm sure my dad grew up watching it. I mean, his dad grew up watching it. I mean, just a legacy of a backlog of content they have to just be able to push stuff out. It's it's smart. 
Does any part of you feel like this is big? This fight is big for your career because it's back home. Oh, one thousand percent. My kids get to watch. They're gonna, are, are they coming? They're gonna be there live. Yeah, they're gonna be there live. Have uh, they ever been live? Nope. Wow. For the first time. So does that make you nervous? No. I told them. I told them. I'm. I'm so transparent with my kids. Yeah. I, I told them I was like, "Hey guys, hey, check it out. Okay, so daddy fights for a living. Yeah. I fight for to make money to pay for whatever you guys need." And I was like, "Whatever happens in the cage, it's gonna be fine because remember what I'm doing it for is to get paid." And they're like, "Okay, dad, do your best, man. All right, we love you." And and I watch them compete too, so they understand. You don't think it'll be emotional seeing them there? Nah. Wow. It's business. I mean, I'll go now. Like, I had a daydream because I always uh, imagine stuff. I had a daydream. I don't know how it's gonna how they're gonna be sitting cage side, but if I see them, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, you're gonna be so stoked." And I was like, "No, I'm not making it up." Like, "Yo, what's up, Tyron? Hey, Tyron, you being a good boy? You listen to mom?" Oh, I gotta go. I'll be right back. I'm gonna go fight. I'll be right back. It's wow. Just, it's just how is that possible? This doesn't add pressure. You want to win in front of them? No, just fight. Because I've 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 competed. I remember when I uh, who did I lose to? I lost to uh, Henry Cejudo. After I lost there, I came home up the elevator. They're right there. They're like, "Dad, what's up?" They don't care if I win or lose. They just want to make sure that I come home and I'm still take care of them and everything's good. All three of them are going. Uh, yeah, but Tanith won't be there. She she'll be uh, at the hotel. She's too crazy. Okay. She'll she'll ruin the whole event. <laughs> <laughs> That's your girl, right? That's my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then what about just not having to make the big flight, all that, oh, the time? I mean, this is a, it's a dream, right? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, one championship has always wanted to come over here in America, right? I mean, when when me and Eddie signed up, you know, that was down the pipeline to come yep. to America, and now that they're actually doing it, it's it's, it's amazing. Sold out crowd in Denver. Um, I won my first big fight in Denver in WC, not WC forty eight, when I fought Nick Pace. Uh, in Broomfield, and so same arena, same arena. Yeah. Wow, that's same a great arena. story. So now with my friends, wife, my mother-in-law, my dad's going to be there, my kids going to be there, everybody's going to be there. No added pressure because, you know, like I said before, a lot of my circle they don't watch fighting at all. Like they, they just they just tune in when I'm about to fight. So for them, they get to see me do one of my favorite passions, which is compete. Are there ever times, I feel like this might happen, you go to the uh, the birthday parties, your kids' birthday, mm-hmm. and you get into these conversations with dads who have no idea what you do for a living? Yeah. Well, how do you handle that? Uh, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm not going to tell, uh, tell you about the last one. But, whatever, uh, whatever. No, it was… It, it was know, bad? No, it wasn't bad. It was just very interesting. Let's just, because they hated it? No, 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 no. Because uh, it was just interesting. Okay. Interesting. I'm dying but, to um, know now. I know, but I can't. Okay. Um, but it was very interesting, and it's always good because I always have to get everybody's perspective. But like, how does it go? Because like, I've been in these. I get this. Yeah. And and my job is infinitely less cool than yours. Yeah. But they're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I cover sports. What kind of sport? You well, you see. Yeah. And then you know, then it gets down this whole thing. So with you, how does it go? They say like, what do you do for a living? And then what do you say? Well, it depends. Like, do they know who I am? No, or? they have no idea. They just oh, think oh, you're well, the dad. Shoot, the last time I talked to somebody, I told them I work for a SWAT team. and I. Oh, you make it up? Yeah, I make it up. <laughs> I, I literally just told somebody that. I was. Uh, we went to Greenwood Lodge, and we went to stop by the Nike outlet. And, you know, there's a couple people there who knew what I did and took pictures of me or whatever. And I got to the cash register, and he goes, uh, hey, man, you look super familiar. Beep, beep. And I was like, yeah. He probably saw me on Cops. And he goes, he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was on Cops on the SWAT team. I kicked down the doors. And he goes, he goes, I thought so. He goes, my dad just got a sniper. What do you think? I was like, it's, it's a good gun for a long range. Does he, have a, does he have a can on it? And he goes, he does. And he goes, all right, be safe out there. And I was like, always. Got my bags and left. And then Destin goes, why do you do that? And I was like, because it's fun. I, was like, I want to be an actor one day. So I'm just working on my acting career right now. Uh, so, but yeah. You don't have to answer all the questions, yeah. right? No, nope. just. Do you want to be an actor? It'd be fun, but I think it'll be very, uh, depends what, what, I'm, what am I 
performing? What am I acting? What's the story? Maybe and, maybe stunt work? No, not stunt work. No. No, I don't think stunt work because you, you take a lot, a big beating. Right, right. Yeah, I'd rather, you know, we'll see. Do you, you take know? lessons? No. 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 <laughs> I just lie to people in front of their face. You just want to wing it? <laughs> just wing it. You could be the next rock. No, no, no. Like, I mean, you know, I mean size would, I, would I take lessons? Absolutely to, yeah, yeah. to act or whatever, but I don't take lessons. Yes, yeah, that's what I was saying. I was, oh, I was yeah, wondering I if right now. Lessons. I'm always open to learn different things, but we'll see. Um, you spoke about Eddie. How do you feel about you know, <laughs> well, it's the same venue a week prior. What are that, the chances? That, that fight is, when they announced that, I was like, I said, oh my God. I was like, this is the first time I have to tune in because. And also you got Luke and, yeah, uh, and so, Phantom. Okay, this is my analyst prediction okay. on this, right? I'm pulling the analyst hat for you, please. Boys. So you got Luke Rockhold taking on Mike Perry. So Luke Rockhold's greatest weapon in mixed martial arts has always been his kicks. His kicks have always been good. His question mark kick, his range, you be able to kick and keep people at bay when he's throwing them. Then he also has his grappling ability. Great jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I mean, and strike force, great submissions. You got Michael Bisman with the uh, the one in arm guillotine. Yep. Now you have the dog, Mike Perry. That man is a uh, that man is a true, true fighter. He loves that chaos. He lives and breathes and eats it. So I think if Mike Perry can cross that distance and just get his hands on Luke, I think Luke is gonna have a little bit of trouble because it's a little bit different. Right, like punch with those hands, and it, you know I'm not taking anything away from Luke, but I think Luke's greatest weapon was his kicks. It's like when I see Aldo box, you can see his body is ready to pop out and throw that yeah, leg yeah, kick. Right, yeah. even when I try to when I try to box, I can't because I shift my weight a certain way to throw my kicks. I'm designed, I'm trained my whole life to do that. And then you have Eddie Alvarez versus Chad Mendes. Oh Lord, now that fight, whew, man. I mean, Chad Mendes is an absolute monster. Fast hands, good body work. He's already had one bare knuckle fighting, and he knocked this guy out. And you look at Eddie Alvarez. I think Eddie has great boxing, great footwork. The only thing that worries me about Eddie is that he's been dropped a lot in his in his yeah. mixed martial arts career. You know, you look at the, the Dustin Poirier fight. You look at the Conor McGregor fight. I mean, even the Justin Gaethje fight. He's been dropped also a in lot. one championship. In one championship, uh, Nestor uh, Nukin. Yeah. Um, Oak dropped him. So he's been dropped a lot. I don't know how his body's going to uh, transition. I'm sure he will to move and get his, his hands, but Chad Menace is an absolute bulldog. I mean, he's extremely fast for that weight division. Um, yeah. Like, how do you feel about the whole bare knuckle thing? I'm not a fan. I mean, yeah. <laughs> after all that, you, know, <laughs> you just like sold it better than anyone. <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing is just. One, mixed martial arts will always be in the pinnacle of combat sports. It'll always be because nine or ten times when you fight somebody, this is supposed to happen. Yeah. When you grab somebody, you can wrestle them, throw them, grapple, jujitsu. That's what's supposed to happen. So I'll always say mixed martial arts, the pinnacle. Now, with bare knuckle fighting, I just feel like with the hands, you're breaking your hands all the time. Why not throw gloves on? Like, I just don't understand the difference. Obviously, you know, you're going to cut more and stuff, but for me, like, I've broken my hand multiple times and I have each time I get my hand wraps I'm like I don't care about hitting hard I don't want to break my hands mm. pat them like pillows I don't care like I can finish a fight many other ways right. and you know this is the only two weapons I have this this knees my arms submissions whatever I need but so I never do it no no I wouldn't like, what, what about boxing boxing would be a hard one because I know that I'm not my way I move is not isn't like a boxer like I, the way I throw my punches, my jabs, it's not for boxing. It's more for mixed martial arts, kicking, knee, and wrestling. So that'll be a very, very hard transition. 
and whatever I do, I want to do like, you know, I plan on grappling, competing in my gi, and I'm putting a lot of hours in my gi. So I want to make sure I'm the best at what I'm going to do. So, I mean, I can never say never, but I think boxing is probably not going to happen. This feels like the thing that you're going to do next, right? The 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 jujitsu competitions. You keep mentioning that. So yeah, feel, yeah. Is there is there a tournament? Is there a competition that the you're eyeing? I, I really want to do is I want to do worlds. I might get destroyed, but I'm okay with that because it's something I've never done before. But like the team, you know, at Grapple Club, they all train and they all compete in their geese. So when my kids, they're competing in their geese. So I get to watch them. And I think Tyron's going to compete at worlds this year. So wow, I think it would be cool. What age is that? Uh, I think it's any age. He's nine. Okay. So he just got his gray belt. So I think he's going to go in the gray belt uh, division. But it's just all about experience. It's about, you know, life's too short to, you know, not explore different avenues. And it's something that I want to do. Like, it's something I want to do. And I think for me, I really don't want to do a lot of things. But that's something I was like, no, I want to I do it. Like, I really want to get my black belt. And What do yeah, you got now? A brown belt. Okay. But for people, they're like, oh, man, I— why do you want to be a black belt? It's something I want to do. Like when somebody's like, I want to be a professional fighter. I'm like, why do you want to be a professional fighter? I don't know. It's something they want to do. So I can't knock what somebody, their wants. But for me, this is something I want to do. Um, what weight would that be at? You know what? I saw, um, I'll be in Masters because I'm old. Um, I'm 36. <laughs> is that Masters 36? Yeah. What is what is the cutoff for Masters? Like how old? I think it's 30. Oh, really? 30, yeah. Sheesh. Um, 30. Um, but I wouldn't mind going against a 25-year-old. But if I go against a 25-year-old, I would have to go out and compete and get points in order to uh. get into the tournament. So if you're a master's, you get to walk right in into the division that you, you're going to be in. So um, and I thought about that, going around and competing. But I have to take time away from combat in order to do that. And mm. so that's the biggest thing is that this is something I want to do, which I'm not going to get paid to do. When I fight, I get paid to do. So it's like I have to come to a point in time when I can find the revenue to make money well, that's that's what it was when I first started mixed martial arts. Like I worked a full time job, and it gave me the ability to be able to do what I wanted to do, which is fight. Not at the pinnacle, uh, at this at this crossroad of my life where it's like, okay, I'm fighting to make money, and then I also want to do. You know, I love fighting. It's it's fun to do. I still enjoy it, but I want also do all this stuff. Yeah, I want to sure. fight. I want to create content. I want to get better at learning how to work my camera and and, and studio stuff and thumbnails which I can still do it by fighting. But if I want to go down the route of doing jujitsu and my gi, I just love, like, I just got fascinated. And it could be from my professor, um, like, just seeing the things you can do in the gi. And then I watched uh, the Rotolo brothers. I love, because they still, they compete in one championship in grappling, but they also still compete at the biggest stage of jujitsu in their gi. And I really find that admirable because when you put the gi on, you're giving your opponent a tool to be able to use against you. And what you can do with that tool, it just fascinates me. Like, I just sit there, I'm just like, it's almost like when I first saw mixed martial arts, where I'm like, wow, you can do elbows and knees and wrestle. Now when I look at Gi Jiu-Jitsu, I'm like, what the? I was like, you see what he just did to him? Yeah, I was like, yeah. he just lived dog. I, I, I'm just, man, my kids do it, so it's kind of pulling me that way. And and when you were training, you know, like all these years, you never used Gi? Uh, I did a little bit, but okay. then Matt pulled me out of it, saying like, there's no point, right? There's no point, you're yeah. not in it. And then... But my jujitsu kept getting better because I was training with Bibiano. And then once I found, you know, Professor Yan and I started to get back in my gi and then just getting the repetitions and the volume of grappling I've been getting now, it just makes me it's it's the, the one sport where I've gone against guys who are like 185 pounds in the gi and I'm able to hang with them just because I understand the leverage points. I know how to get small, use my leverage. You know, if I fight a guy who's 185 pounds in, in 
MMA, it's going to be a lot. Well, actually, it won't be a lot harder because it's I'm, I can move more. But I don't know. I'm just fascinated by it right now. So that's kind of like my calling. Not my calling, but it's kind of yeah, yeah. It's, something that it's, it's something I want to it's do. It's exciting you. I want to. It's exciting. That's I feel like what, you're you're more excited about this than MMA right now. I want to say that MMA is my my job. It's my yeah. business. Yeah, but that's a different thing, right? It's a different it's thing. A it's, right it's, it's a passion right now for you. It's a passion. It's that the grappling's a passion. Yeah, right yeah. Now. And right now, what's fueling it is. It, to be, give me the ability to do it is it's fighting because I get paid to fight. This one pays the bills, but this, this pays is the bills. like the This fun is where thing. it's like I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, so I have to push this leg that way to get him to go this way. Then I can roll invert and then if he kicks the leg down, I, I go this way. If he doesn't invert, then I can go to his back and get the ball. You're watching videos and stuff. I'm watching videos and stuff. You're not watching MMA videos. Um, not not like that. No. Yeah. No. So it's just different. Which it's, like is, a, yeah. it, it's not a bad thing because the beautiful thing about grappling is that it transits over the mixed martial sure. arts, right? Yeah. So, yeah. There has to come a point in time when you know you're going to find other interests and passions, right? Um, and that's just where I'm at in my life right now. Um, I, I saw that you said in another interview that when you were in WC, correct me if I got this wrong, um, like you used to kind of like fake injuries. So you could oh, get we all did it. We all did it. Anyway, Antonio Bumrellis, he was a good story too. I mean, we all did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, and, just because when you get uh, under because the, the insurance was only fight related, only right? Fight related. Yep. And and that was it. You had that nothing. Was it. And and what are you at now? Now you're kind of like your own. I have no idea. I mean, I, I I'm on my own or whatnot. But yeah, back but you in have day, enough money to where you can fund yeah, it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. But like back in the day, it was that's what we that's what we did. <laughs> and that was huge because when you were fighting on the uh, the indie scene, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing like that's. Do you think it'll ever come a time where like is not much has changed in that regard? That, no, I think I think there's uh, I think. Um, the UFC has insurance for its athletes. Last time, before I left the UFC, they had insurance for us. If we if I blew my knee out, they would cover it. If you got, you know, into an accident, that's um, that's on me. That's what I'm saying. Oh, guys, so you want full coverage insurance? Like, yeah. You know, you wear a costume, like, you get cancer, we got your back. Yo, I mean, why yeah, not? you guys are employees. Yeah, no, well, we're not technically well, we're subcontractors. But you are. Yes. But, I mean, but we are. Yes, I understand what you're getting at, but yeah. You know, by tax liability, sure, sure, sure. Ten ninety nine yeah. states that we are. But you can't go and uh, compete for WWE. We don't have the Muhammad Ali Act. So yeah, that's right. That's right. We had. Do you pay attention to that stuff? Absolutely, I do. Is this something that you think you'll get more involved in when you're done? No, no. <laughs> we saw how that happened for yeah. the fighters who did. Yeah. I think. I think it's a good thing. You know, and I see a lot of it with uh, the uh, some of the athletes you left, like Nate Diaz, Tyron Woodley. You know, they're going off to be able to run. You see Francis Nagano. And I think for an athlete who has the star power to be able to, to write his own terms in, in a contract for a fight where it's like, you know, who knows what Nate Diaz is going to get. But if Jake Paul's in at $30 million, I'm assuming Nate will probably get, if I had to guess, maybe $15 million, you know? He ain't getting hit. You think Nate's 50% less than Jake, huh? No, I'm just I'm saying. I'm calling Nate right now. Call him. Call, no, yeah, I'll call him. I got his I number two. I was like, hey, Nate, hey, I think you'll get 15 million. I mean, I hope he gets more. I'm yeah, just being, I mean, I don't know what uh, Tommy got when he fought Jake, but Jake said he got 30 million. I mean, this is what this, yeah, yeah. she said, he said, yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? So I'm taking, I'm going off that. But I think for the athletes to be able to do that, like, you know, Francis, he's in that position now. He gets to dictate where he goes, what he makes, and all that stuff. And I think it's a very powerful thing for an athlete if you have the, the name to do it. How do you feel about how all that played out with Francis? I think it was great. I think great you know, for who? Whoever. I think it's good for Francis. You know, I think because now they're kind of trying to shit on him, saying that he made a mistake, that he's taking too long. Dana said he'll never be welcome back. Blah 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 blah. There's many homes. I've been successful outside the UFC. Right. Look at Sergio Pettis. He's been very successful outside the UFC. Look at Anthony Pettis. He made what seven hundred thousand dollars 
fighting Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. I mean, there's money outside the UFC, ladies and gentlemen. Just, just so I know the camera arrives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's money outside the UFC. So I think where Francis Nagano, he's at that spot where, you know, he gets to dictate where he wants to go. He doesn't want to be locked down in a contract, you know. Could you imagine if he, you know, if he fought Tyson Fury and made like forty million dollars? Like he's not going to make that in UFC in one fight. Maybe he could. I'm not sure, no, but it's, it's. I mean, that's the type of money that you're going to be able to make in boxing. And you know, I think that's a worth a risk to take. Of like, I'm not going back to mixed martial arts. You know, and every MMA contract that I've known has been like that. Like you sign a fight, they want you for three fights. You can't do anything. You're locked under the umbrella. It is what it is. I mean, every once in a while you see Bellator and Rising, they'll exchange fighters so they can do that cool promotion stuff they do. But other than that, that's that's you're not going to see that anymore. Like this is the perfect time to be a free agent if you have a big. I wish we would see more trades. That shouldn't happen again. You don't think? (laughs) I don't think so. I I think now that content is king, and for so many shows that you have with one doing, they have the Lupini Stadium every Friday night. Yeah, you have Amazon show. And then you have what the UFC's got on. You got Bellator, PFL, LFA, CFFC. You have so many different things where to find the next star and the content, it's just hard. Like, it's just very, very hard. God, I love talking to you. It's so great. It just feels like two friends. Like, I don't even feel like the interview started. We should, we should start our own show. We should. Right. And then, and then. Michael wants over, like, you supposed to do that with Henry Cejudo. Uh, How dare you? Are you talking about that? Yeah, we've talked about doing a show, but, you know, there's all, all a huge conflict of interest, you know, that we can't do it. Why? Uh, just because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, with one organization, he's with one. And that makes it, it even better. I mean, it could be, but I don't know. I, I Wait, he's not allowed? No, I I don't I have no idea. We, we would have to figure uh, it out. Oh, you but, can figure it out. You're, I mean, you're the freaking ooh, man. You think, you think we'll kill it, though, if we did a show together? I think it would be great. You know, Henry hasn't been on my show since. You know what? You know, it's I'm so talk to whack. Henry, you got it. It's so whack, I know. Right? I, told, I told him, I was like, Henry, you can't. You got to. I, I know why, but oh, we, I've talked. I talked about it on this show. <laughs> I, I've done great things for Henry. When Henry was coming on my show, I got him a date with the the Bella Twins. Mm-hmm. I was guiding him in the right direction. Then he took a left turn, and you know he beat um, Marlon Moraes. He came yeah. on my show on the Monday yep. when he wasn't supposed to. Yep. They cracked the whip on him, mm-hmm. and then he turned on me. Yeah. And I was like, Henry, I was here before all these people. I, I was in Sacramento UFC 177 when he. Left the car when he didn't make weight prior to his uh, UFC he was, debut. He was, Bill McFarland. Dustin Kimmer was who he was fighting? Was I don't remember who he was fighting, but he didn't make it to the fight because he yeah. missed weight. And I was there. Yeah. And I remember I, I talked to him in Mexico about his gold outfit. And he just left me side of the I'll road. I talked to him. Let, let turned, me talk to him. I know me and Michael talked about it. And I just, isn't it crazy? It is crazy. The dude he's paying. <laughs> the dude he's paying is telling him, what is that? You Can know, you imagine? See, uh, I think his man- his management has done good because obviously he's been able to not fight for three years and still be able to make sure. a living. So they doing his YouTube I, I page? think, I don't think, what's that? Are they doing his YouTube page? I don't know if you, I no, think no, you're giving them too much credit. No, that's Michael. Michael's killing over there. Imagine Malky told you not to do something or Abe told you not to do something. You would say, go fucking fly a kite. Yeah, I'll still do it. My, me, and that's the thing about me, Abe and Mikey. We have our own relationship. Like when he said, dude, he goes, you know, I'm going to bring you deals. But if somebody else out there could bring you a deal, you better get after it. Like, oh, like he's, he's super... That's one thing I like about like you guys say whatever you want with them. I mean, I'm sure they do some shicey things behind doors, but <laughs> my my relationship with this person doesn't affect. That's you know, the way it should be. That's how it should be, right? You're like, the boss. Like, and you know, I'm not the boss. We have a, it's a relationship. But ultimately, you cut them the check. I cut them the check, and they cut me check too. So sure, we're, we're sure. partners. All right, right. Fine. So I, I'll talk to Henry. I'll see if I get my show. Yeah, I good think luck. You it have ain't a great happening. platform, and I think 
you do good things. Guess what? what? He's not welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Henry, I tried. Okay, well, I'm just kidding. I'm I don't kidding. have to have that conversation. I'm with kidding. Him. I'm kidding. Uh, one, one last thing, because I know you have to go. Uh, Johnny Bones back. What was that? What did that? What did that feel I, I, like for you? Honestly, didn't think he had to put on that weight on to do what he just did. You think he could have beat him he, at 205? He could have done all that at 205. <laughs> That's true. Because in the, the day, it's not like he's going against a massive jiu-jitsu wrestler at heavyweight yeah. division, right? John Jones is long. He has the range advantage for most of his fights, right? Like when you fight, look at DC. DC's like 5'9", 265. Yeah, yeah. And he was able to do everything That's he wants. That's so a good point, yeah. For me, I mean, I'm happy to see he's back. I think he's the GOAT because, you know, all the things he's been able to do um, and, you know, all the stuff he's done outside, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, for him to come back and do that at heavyweight, I, I think he didn't have to go up to heavyweight to do that. He could have done that at 205 and held both those belts. He could have been a, another champ champ if he really wanted to. 100%. But yeah, he looked great. And I and I think… His, you still talk to him? Um, I think the last time I, I messaged him was about… Uh, I can't remember what it was. But I, just, I sent him a message. Hope he's doing good. Hope everything's well. And uh, yeah, stay, stay, stay healthy and keep going. It was a great time. Um, by the way, what do we ha- what do we do about your neighbors? Um, I I follow your wife on Instagram, and she posted something. What's going on? These people are just. Sh- can I ask you about this? Oh uh, uh, yeah, people I mean, are just people showing are, up to your house and yeah. asking to speak to you. What I is mean, up with this? I mean, I think that's one of the things about in mixed martial arts, we're very accessible to the public. Yeah, right? what do they think they just pop in? <laughs> yeah, I guess. What? I guess what, is DJ home. Can we hang out? Yeah, I what think. What's going on? You know, I think that you know, like I said, in, in mixed martial arts, we're very accessible to the public. You know. Can somebody show up at LeBron James' house? Yeah, it's true. No. Can somebody show up at Michael Jordan's house? No. Or even Jake Paul's house? No. But then again, those guys are also working with a different, you know, level of wealth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I think for them, it's just like, you know, I'm a normal human being like everybody else. You know, I don't show up to, you know, everybody else's house or their jobs if I'm a fan of them. You know, I, I love Elon Musk. You don't see me trying to get to his damn factory right. like, Elon! Yeah, yeah, Take yeah, me yeah. to Mars. I'll colonize it for you. So I just think people need to understand, you know, we're all human too and we respect the privacy. And, you know, if, if I have an autograph session, come see me there. That's yeah. why I'm giving my time. But of course. Don't, don't show up to the fucking house when, you know. No, that's crazy. Don't. Get shot. Yes, that is crazy. Um, you said John is the GOAT. Some might say you're the GOAT. You're tremendous. You're returning on uh, May 5th. And I read the lineup before you came in, but let me just remind people if they're watching just this, uh, Rotang on the card as well. Sure, Rotang. You also got Sage Northcote coming back. I mean, you, you have do it. Stamp Vertex, and you also have Roberta Soldich. Roberta Soldich. Uh, Sage Northcutt. Northcutt's back. Ang Lang Sang. Ang Lang Sang. Yeah. Uh, René Durider. I like saying it in French. Whoever that is. Yep. Yep. Yo, Renier. You know Renier. Oh, I'll call him RDR. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, he's the man. What? He's, he's the man. Uh, yeah, you got a lot of good fights there. I mean, it's it's sold out crowd. It's free on Amazon Prime. I mean, I'm fighting, and then right after that, my boy Henry, he's taking, he's fighting. So, I mean, it, it's an amazing week of fights. So, 8 p.m. First Bank Center uh, in uh, in Bloomfield, Broomfield, excuse me, Colorado. And that's a great note. You fought there, your first yep, WC first WC fight. Yeah. Wow, that is incredible. So this is what we do. Uh, when someone comes visit me, mm-hmm. I can't beat you at anything, but I probably could beat you at darts. I'm big into darts oh, these days. Yes. All right? So All right. you ready for yes. this? Let's do it. Let's me do it. versus you. When I come back, I'm going to bring you a new UFC figure. Uh, not UFC figure. I'm going to bring you one of my figurines. Oh, you got a new one? Why? It's an old one. It's my very, very first one. So I'm going to bring it for you. This is my new baby. Look at this one. I, I saw that. Got. Is that. Is that from… Um... This is from Plastic Cell. Oh, dope. 
Yo, how cool is that? That's dope. His last fight. I okay, here it up. is. Here it is. Fucking. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. We're going to do three versus three here. Me versus DJ. This is probably the only thing I could beat you at, okay? Hey, you better be careful. Now, I've been at the bars lately. Hey, where are you going? Where are you going? The what, thing's what? over here. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Now, you, I said this. You, you sure you want him right there? Because he might get hit. Yeah, he might have to move. Uh, okay, but, okay. you know. Okay. He'll be fine. You, you f there, the dog. No, you might get hit. I don't want, I don't want a lawsuit with one championship. <laughs> Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I, I actually said we've had some very tall people here. We had Chael here. We had Eddie Hearn here, who's like six foot four. Yep. Everyone complains about the situation. I said DJ might actually be the best one for this. Lob it in because you don't have the yep. the height. Situation. That is true. That's true. So, you, you go first. I want to see what no, I want to no, no, see. No. I, I, it's the home court advantage. I get to. Oh my so, god. So you. Where do I you, This is the line. Oh wow. Okay, this is the line right here, and uh, you you played darts before. Of course, it's I wherever. Know. Yes, yes. Whoever gets the highest three. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So it's me. Say we're, we're playing one game. One one run. Oh wait. Yeah, yeah. Wait. This thing came up. I don't want. I don't want to screw you up. It's one game. But okay. I'm very nice. I'm a great host, and I give you one practice shot. Okay. Perfect. You want one? Yep. Okay. Here it and, is. If the practice shot is good, I get to keep it, though, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, wait, wait. Oh, okay, that's off the board, Doug. I know, I know. I just don't. I'm trying to get the. I'm trying to get the weight into the thing. wall. I know. Good thing your guy left. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm looking out for you. All right, here we hey, go. You ready? Uh, you're very nonchalant, by the way. Just, but what? I don't know. Your whole demeanor is very nonchalant right now. I like the shoes. Uh, wait, wait. What is that? Oh, that is, is that six. Wait, is it in the? Okay, and just to let you know, this is double and yep. this is triple. Yep. This is twenty-five. This is fifty. Okay. So you're at a six. Okay. okay. Just so. Just uh, trying to be fair here. Uh, is that what a thirteen? That's a twenty. Okay, twenty, not bad. That's twenty, right? Because you said the no, ten. That's okay. 10, yeah, oh, 10. the red part of it's uh, yeah, yeah, double. Don't cheat, please. Okay. Hey, We're hey, hey, to hey. Be honorable, and you're also <laughs> touching the line there. Okay. Got big go feet, dog. What you want? Sorry. Um, I, the shoes are sick, though. Ah. Uh, what do we get? Two. Uh, okay, so you got a two. A 10, 12, you can count. 18, <laughs> 18 is, a, is, a, is a good number for Jews, by the way. Don't forget your chain also. Not, I don't I'm want not. you. Okay, so 18. This might be the only thing that I could ever beat you at, just so you know. And what's at stake? You didn't ask me what's at stake. Yeah, what's at stake? If I beat you, Henry has to come on, tail between his legs, on his knees, <laughs> saying he's sorry for all that he's caused me, all the heartache. Is that a deal? That's a deal. Okay, here we go, Henry. This one's for you, baby. Johnson. Uh, what is that? That's that? a one. That's no. A, that's a 12? That's a, is that a 19? <laughs> <laughs> Henry, baby. Uh, you could send me an edible arrangement if you'd like. Uh, what do we get there, Joe? What do we get? Did we get it in there? Uh, 14. So what is that? 34? I believe it's a 34. And hey, one championship prime. This man's going to win on May 5th, but when he comes to my house, there ain't no beating. Helwani. There we go. Uh, we got a 9. We got a freaking 14. We got a, a 19. Like I said, hey, you, know, you know? So what I do you think? I, I can't win them all. I can't win them all. Do you think Henry's going to abide by this? I'll talk to him. Yeah, I should right? call him right now. Like, Henry, hey! Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. FaceTime. FaceTime. Here we go. Uh, he's not going to pick up. You know he why? Because be he watches this show. <laughs> and he knows what's happening right now. All right, here it is. Oh, we're doing... Oh, yeah, this is good. This is good. Let's go. You don't want that smoke. You're calling Henry Cejudo right now, live on the air. Come on, Henry. He's don't proud. make me look bad. Come on, yeah. baby. Come on. What's he doing? I don't know. Maybe he's maybe training. He's got a big fight coming up. Oh, well, he does. N day after you. Day after me, yep. Yeah, May 6th. Oh, this could have been so great, Henry. I know. Oh, you blew it. <laughs> Just like everything else. Just like you're going to blow it on May 6th. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Careful now. Aljamain. <laughs> no.
No, he didn't answer. Oh, well. All right. Hey, we um, tried. I tried. I almost got back on the show. I know. That that would have been the first time since 2019. He's probably watching. He goes, I can't answer. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be so mad. He's going to be so mad at me. So Your impression of him is tremendous. Oh, I know. He's going to call you DJ. He goes, Demetrius, you can't do that, man. I can't go on there, man. I don't want Ali mad at me. But, you know, it was a good hit that you did on there, man. I can't wait. I'm feeling good. How's... Oh, I love it. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I love this man. Demetrius Johnson, the man, Mighty Mouse. May 5th, Broomfield, Colorado. One championship, Fight Night 10, Amazon Prime, and it's free. It's free. It's if free. If it's free, it's for you. Uh, against Adrian Marais, trilogy fight. We're going to take a quick break. Here's my interview with Michael Rappaport. Do you know the actor, Michael Rappaport? Obviously, a picture. Oh. You know, he's famous. He's like the pale guy. You definitely know him. He did. Yeah, you, 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 yeah that was you, it. That's all I had. He's That's pale, it. DJ. You should know him because he's pale. He got zero. He went off the board three times. He went off the damn board Who's three times. He's been the worst, so he's probably been the worst. He's been the worst. Oh, okay. Chael well, was pretty bad, too. So, oh, okay. you know, the good fighters are bad at this. It's the one thing I have. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. All right, we are back. Uh, great stuff there from Michael Rappaport. Great stuff. Ugh, I mean, how great is Demetrius Johnson? This guy. I really feel like that interview never started. I, I really do feel like, I feel like we just like got rolling there and it just kept going. And then I was like, oh, we're doing an interview. And those are the best when it just feels like two pals chatting away. I appreciate him coming by and that card is really great. And I wish him the best. Uh, it's a big deal for them to finally come to the United States. That's uh, May 5th in Colorado. Uh, the Rappaport interview reminds me of something that I didn't mention when we were away. Uh, the article in the Globe and Mail uh, written by the very talented writer Simon, I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Haupt, uh, who was in our control room and studio that day and use that conversation and that excerpt right there as the jumping off point um, for the article, for the uh, the story on, on me, which I appreciated very much and thought was very well done. If you haven't seen it, um, go check it out. If you type in my name, Global Mail, I appreciate it very much. There was a whole section that he wrote on, um, on the guys in the back, in particular Frank, but then I asked him to take it out because I didn't think it was fair what he wrote. So I just want to let you guys know that. Now you have to tell us. Nah, I just thought it was a little too harsh, you know? Now we're used to it back here. And I was like, listen, technical problems are going to happen. It's it's the biz. You know, we're in the live, you know, like right now, it's like a little too loud. It's not a big deal. Um, anyway, we still have a couple questions left, and then we'll do our picks, and then we'll say goodbye, because I got to go to Viva Las Vegas. All right, guys? Um, so, oh, by the way, uh, you said... That I skipped a question? Do we know what number it was? Let me see. I did this one. There was um I did this one. Yeah. I'm just going to go through all. I, I got Matt Mo. I got James. Got Bobby Knuckles. Got O'Malley. I got Leon. I got Gilbert. Oh, here it is. You're right. Number seven. Ariel from Chad. I have tickets to 288. And my heart dropped when I heard Charlie Olives and Benny Dariush was off the card. Please, please tell me something else is in the works for this card. My sanity depends on it. Thank you, your fellow men's Chad. Um, as of right to this second, I haven't heard anything. Doesn't mean it's not happening. Doesn't mean it's not in the works. But 
I also wouldn't be shocked if nothing happens, to be honest. So look, you're getting a pay-per-view, you're getting a tremendous main event. I love the main event. Solid fights on the main card. You know, Newark wasn't at the top of the list. You know, the, the, you, you got you to gotta take what you can get. Them's the breaks. I think the main event is great. I love the main event. Um, and as of right now, I haven't heard of a backup, but maybe there will be one. Um, here it is. Number 20, Hussein. Salam alaikum, Mario. Wa alaikum salam. Uh, my question today is about the wall of immortalization behind you. The fighters on the wall have done exceptional things, no doubt. But what does a fan of the show slash of you need to do to warrant getting up there? For a short-term rental, of course, a fan is unlikely to be immortalized. P.S. Your boy here was the inaugural Helwani boxing champion. So if a Helwani Hall of Fame ever starts up, don't gents pulver me. I'm a pioneer of the game. I don't know how he was the Helwani boxing champion, to be honest, but incredible. I, I, I really don't know how that's uh, how he did that. What Did I do Helwani boxing? I don't even know. Magic. Yeah. But anyway, shout out. Uh, how could a fan be more? I don't know. I guess we could think of something, right? Like we could do a uh, a contest, a thing for charity. Never really thought of that. I bet that we can. Do you think people would pay top dollar to get their face on the wall? UFC is letting people put their names on the yeah, mat. Yeah, this is, this is our version of that. It's not a bad idea, except ours will go to charity. They're just pocketing it. I feel like we Love can think it. of something. Yeah. What could we do? A good charity. And uh, w- w- isn't there like a sort of GoFundMe version of a charity auction that you can do? Like you set it up, people pay, they make their bids, and then the winner, you know, the highest bidder wins. Isn't there some sort of thing like that? Isn't there a website that does that? Or am I, I can't confirm that, but uh, yeah, I would imagine there is someone like out there thing. that does something like that. We'll look into that. I, uh, I don't hate it. The wheels are turning. Uh, last one's a two-parter. Young Drewski says, Hey, Ariel, long time, first time. Hello. Two questions for you this week. The past two weeks saw you doing the show from outside the studio. With the scare you had at your parents' power going out and you scrambling last second to your sister's house, is there a protocol for the power connection going out mid-show? Who would take the helm until you could log back in? Now, does he mean if I'm away? Or does he mean in general, like, what if the power went out here? I guess the show would just be paused, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I guess what he's saying is, what if I was away and the power went out? Like, what would happen? It's a great question. We didn't really talk about this. Like, what if it was 2.30 and the power just went out in the middle of my interview with Eugene Behrman? What would happen? What would you guys do? We did discuss maybe Connor or Rick taking over for a little bit. Would Connor or Rick uh, do the interview? Would they be like, well, Ariel's not Absolutely here, so not. why? No, we said we said if you if you were in the middle of an interview, we'd be like, uh, oh, whoever you're interviewing, Ariel just lost power. See you later. Uh, take a hike. Hold hold with us briefly as we figure this out. Now, if you were just you know rambling like you are right now, wow. uh, me and Rick would have just you know got on and just started chatting it up, okay. gave our hottest takes on on whatever's you know. Hot in the streets right now. Okay. Which would be probably the power in Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'd probably start joking about how your power went out mid-show and uh, why 
you know. No, I mean, it was Everyone should be in the office. Trust me, I was sweating about that among, you know, because we have great internet here. We used to, do you remember back in the day at New York Rick when we were in the space station? Like, I remember one particular episode with uh, Rogan and our, our internet was bad. Do you remember that? Uh, we used to have frequent internet yeah. kind of like oh, down moments. It was, it was, because we, we were just using like regular internet. We weren't using industrial internet. An yeah. all-time clip that I've seen is the John Jones having to yes. sit in the control yes. room, like how right, I'm right. sitting right here, and it's oh, John that, Jones. And the internet was fucking horrible. No, that was the look. <laughs> For that one episode, the look was the control room. Yeah, that's just crazy. Um, anyway, the last question is for Mysterious Frank. How about that? I will wow. admit I'm a novice when it comes to audio issues, but how does this happen? If the connection is good, the podcast before, what would cause the connection to get bad the next part? This is a great question. I didn't even realize this was the question. Appreciate your time. Thanks for helping me and my uh, my day go by super quick. Drew, what do you have to say, Mysterious Frank? Why? I'm not sure what they're asking. He's saying, how could the, the, the audio be bad if it was good the last time we used it? Like, what has changed? Oh, man, there's a whole laundry list of things. <laughs> yeah, and come on. We're... <clears throat> Nah, I don't think we should get into all that. Well, I mean, it is it is a very good question. Look, there there have been there's a whole department that handles the studios upkeep, and they have to maintain things on a daily basis. And sometimes changes happen, and we just have to adapt to the changes. Okay, all right. Uh, that was a very PC response by the way yeah but, why don't you just say it like it is yeah, i don't know what that? you're so worried so about well, I'm, I'm on Frank's i, I side depend here. on that department strongly yeah and the last thing i'm going to do is say some sort of you know like i'm ungrateful yeah like, defamatory no, statement but, about them they're listening right now i can guarantee that no they're not oh, they're, i don't they're they're gonna gonna hear about always <laughs> listening there's no chance they're listening I mean, we I were rehearsing one day, and they were just that. like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, remember, it's always going in the old green room. Oh, jeez. I was like, what did, what did we say for the last 30 minutes? Yeah. I, I don't even mean that. Clap back at this clown who's asking you, like, it's oh. like, set it and forget it. Like, <laughs> I mean, tell them every, to tell them uh, to Everything's got to be beef for old Ricky. I love it. <laughs> no, but he's right. Like, it's, you're kind of surfing, and like, you have to he, roll with the waves. This person's reducing your job to like, hey, did you set it last week and you can just show up and everything's like it was? Get out of here. That's that's what Frank. you want them to feel. I mean, I take kind some, of yeah, exactly. I take kind some of thought that was the work, deal. Frank. No, I thought that was wow. the deal. No, is I mean, wow. just keep the settings the same. No, yeah. plug and play. Ariel thinks it's just popping the lights on. No, I don't think it's popping the lights, but I mean, play. Ariel wrote this question to himself. <laughs> no, so I didn't. Can, yeah. Yeah. Not a, uh, oh, funny! There's a, the the twenty second question. It's from Mysterious Frank. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't uh, even see it on the list here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess. Uh, I honestly, I, I I really did think that that was the case. Maybe it's because I got so spoiled by the fact that it's always been good, right? So I just figured it just was, you know, smooth sailing. But in any event, uh, we love Frank. And uh, to be honest, this show wouldn't be what it is without him. I want you to remember that for our meeting later. (laughs) What's our meeting later? That one you put on my calendar. Yeah, right. I don't do that, by the way. I'm very. Uh, I'm I feel very, like we're having the meeting right now. <laughs> I'm very anti this, by the way. I, I'm I'm anti. People do this to me all the time. I put some time on your calendar. I'm like, what calendar are you talking about? And how do you know that I didn't have like a lunch 
date with my wife on that time. Like you can't just, it's very presumptuous to just throw a time down on someone's calendar. What does that mean? Hey, the way I do it is, are you available at this time? Imagine I went up to a fighter and I'm like, hey man, I just threw some time down on your calendar. Uh, I'll see you on Monday. Like what? Who puts their whole life out on a calendar for everyone to see so that you can just pop in there and choose a time? What is this? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I I'm, get... kind of, I'm kind of in have a calendar and people can throw times on their what, camp, to no. be honest. What, what, De- but, depends but the, on the person, depends on the hours as well. By the way, what if I don't want to talk to you? Even if I'm open, I, I just want to Netflix and doesn't chill. Doesn't work for me. Cancel <laughs> it. Doesn't work. Well, how, okay. Sorry. That's what you say. No, it doesn't work. Sorry. What about, doesn't why don't work. we skip the step and be like, hey, are you available on Thursday? Yeah, sure. Uh, then you have to interact good? with them. Throw it on the calendar. Great. Kick that, kick that thing off By the way, where's this calendar that's available to everyone? Oh, no. Oh, man. Everybody oh. has a oh, Google must calendar. Be nice. <laughs> must be nice. It's next to the uh, set it and forget it audio what do you settings. Mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? So right now, can you access a calendar of mine? Yeah. That's yeah. the spirit, Frank. Some people, someone told me that uh, they threw some time on a calendar. I'm like, where's this calendar? I'd love to see it. Google has a, it's, Google it's has a Google thing. It's Google account and supplied to you by <laughs> our workplace. And I'm not sure if other other calendar apps have it, but must I'm sure they nice. do. I don't even know. Where? What do you mean must be nice? I would love to have a calendar with all my stuff on it. Are you, you kidding? You do have a calendar. Where? You do. I'd love to find it. Where it's can I find Google it? Your Google Calendar. To you by our what does that mean? What does that mean, Google Calendar? I have one on my go, phone. Go to Gmail. Yeah? To Gmail. Then it should be... Oh, we're, we're on the phone or on the Google, computer right now? Well, Google.com my... slash calendar. Literally, just go to it. Yeah, but isn't that connected to my wow. Gmail account? That's pretty sick. Yes. I, I wasn't aware of that shortcut, Rick. I'm not going to lie. Let me see this. I was taking the long way home. I was going to Gmail and then clicking on the calendar. I'm here, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I honestly didn't know about any of this. So and if I look at this right now, oh, yeah, this is the calendar I have with my, my family. There's no, there's no... Now, if you have dates, if you have slots in there that are, that are taken up and somebody tries to schedule something with you, it will show... Wait, did you have access you to this? Is this public? Times. No, they don't know no. what's on your calendar. They just know that you're not available. But if at that I wanted time. to put time on your calendar, how would I do that right now? Create you an create event. Create an event and, and invite you, me at to the it. time you want. If you are busy, Google will tell me that. It'll be like, nope, you can't do yeah. it then. And and it, but like, how how do something. I get, how do I get this to you? You you create you, the event. Yeah, you create the you event. Add and people then you send to it, it, and then you send it like send a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're just helping you out here. No, just listen. welcome to 2016. Do, do you know Outlook is? I don't use that either. I'm just curious if you've ever heard of it. I've heard of it. I just don't use it. Listen, right. there's enough enough to do with sending people. I do notice when I go on other shows, people send me emails with a whole layout of do this, do that. Even TST does it. Put <laughs> I the headphones. Say, yeah. I just, I just, I just send the people a link on a text. Yeah, it's like the least professional thing of all time. I mean, it works. See, I think there's a you're you're approaching it. You're approaching it from a perspective of somebody who wants to minimally bother somebody and make it as easy as possible for them, mm-hmm. right? But you're not approaching it from the perspective of like people who are colleagues on equal level, just saying like, "Hey, let's make this as smooth and easy as possible." We can just put it on the calendar. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you're you're coming at it from the perspective of like you're booking fighters, you're booking people who are not likely to kind of go through this process and and make it complicated. You want to make it simple. But that's, you know, different. Different for different applications. Mm. So your wife and and yourself don't like put stuff on the calendar? Yeah, we have a shared one. So how's that different? That's I mean, it's just like we're talking it's about. just on my phone here. 
it's not like a thing that I can throw. It's like it's not like a public thing. Do you know what I mean? You guys agreed to do, or she was like, "Hey, this is set up. You need to get with the program." <laughs> I, I, can I be honest with you right now? I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> yeah, is it Turn your calendar app your on your phone? It's like the calendar. Yeah, it's the calendar yeah, app on calendar my phone. Calendar app on your phone. Yeah, I Shout out to how it got synced, how it got linked. I have zero idea. <laughs> it's, it's not the, about it's the publicness the gnomes, of it. Right? It's about the. I just don't understand when someone off. says I put time in a calendar. I don't know how to do that, and I I don't even understand. It's just. The whole thing is very confusing. I'm literally about to put time on your calendar uh, just to. I'm only going to okay, put time on can your you calendar. Can you do that? No. And I can, I'm just going to fill up your it. calendar. Right How? Now. Where is it? Where's it? It should be on your calendar. I did it while you guys were talking about this. <laughs> so I, was like, I can't believe this is real. Oh my. What is the calendar? I would love to know what the calendar is. Rick, where did you go? It's, it's, it's. Yeah, it's where did Rick go? Section <laughs> He's putting of... stuff on the calendar. <laughs> is he putting stuff on the calendar? <laughs> it's the calendar section of your, of your Google account. I know. So, okay, so w- l- l- just curious. Guests, Aaron. Andy, where did you put it? Can I see it? I mean, I can show it to you after. Well, like, what o'clock. day? What day is it? Today. It looks like, oh, <laughs> looks like 5, 5 o'clock is good for you, so I'll just go ahead and save that. I'll go ahead and send you an invite. Uh, it's going to ask you for a password. Bam. Guests. It's ID. Ariel, just put some time on your calendar. Wow. I can actually see. I minutes from now. I can see that Connor put time on your calendar. Wait a second. Wait a second. Did you put Old Man Helwani? Old Man Helwani. Wow. Good meeting, bro. How did you <laughs> figure out how to put time on the calendar? <laughs> this is amazing. How did you do that? It's magic. Just put time on the it's calendar, really magic. Bro. Wait, who really did that? Magic. Was that you or was that Andy? I put it on, but now she can see that she can't make a meeting for 5 o'clock. Uh, I just put time on your calendar. <laughs> the fuck? I would really love to know how you did that. That is amazing. Dude, you go on your Google account and you hit create. Yes. And then you go event. Yes. Then it's going to give you a whole bunch of options. I can name it, time. Uh, is it focus time? Is it out of office? Is it task? Sure. And then it says add guests. And because we've emailed back and forth, all I have to do is type your name in, and then I can just bang. There it is. I just got the email, old man. How one? Here's my question: Can you see what else is on the calendar? No, no. That's so the thing. So how do you know? It'll be like you blocks, know what's like colored you know what's blocks off. will will show it, and it's just like nope, he's not available this time. He's busy. Someone else oh, puts some time on this you know what's busy, but you don't know what it is. You could be doing anything. We okay. don't know. Well, I just but we know we can't put time on your calendar. Your calendar invitation. So oh, are right. we? So see how easy that was. <laughs> yeah. See how easy that was to decline. But it? you know what's that's, weird? That's it. I should be able to decline, and then they should be able to say like, "Well, what about this time?" Right? Oh, you can do that. Yeah. You can propose a they, new time to them. Yeah. You're able you, to. You kick bounce it back. back by putting time on their calendar. No, there's actually a function. Like oh, you can yeah. decline oh, and wow. propose I've never a new. You can decline and propose a new time. Someone who doesn't decline. I've never yeah. had to do that before. I'm a big acceptor. I like, I like yeah, because throw it on my calendar. Why Let's would go. you decline it if it's open? Well, if you're busy. Well, then it should be on your calendar. That you're yeah, busy. I'm actually not going to lie. Listen, my, my calendar is so ridiculously wide open and not reflective of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, who's put, if, I, if I'm going to my kid's soccer game, I'm not putting that on my fucking calendar. Like, who's putting their whole life on there? You really have I to put... put a lot of things on there. Do your kids have planners for school? No, no. Agendas? We like to fly by the seat of our pants. Agendas, <laughs> nothing to write down, like maybe, homework or anything? You might not put the soccer game that you go to every week, but you might put, like, another kid's birthday party or a play date or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. They'll know you're busy. They'll be like, nope, we can't hit Awani. He's busy from... Uh, honestly, I probably should two. adopt more of this into my life, but it's just... We started at, I, I hate this, sealed. to now, let's, let's get this adopted throughout your life. I love it. <laughs> 
progress. Uh, by the way, uh, someone CNC Comedy Factory on on uh, on the chat says, "Why isn't Ariel's Butler doing this?" And that's the that's first actually thing. A good question. That's that the first good. thing. You're busy that telling I, people to take the shoes off. Yeah, that's actually the first thing that I thought of. Why isn't my butler doing this? You're looking for the Pacific if oat you, milk. It feels oh, more yeah. like an assistant job than a, than a butler job, yeah. but you know, alas. Uh, anyways, everyone's getting very upset because we've given them three and a half hours of MMA talk and the one sort of like five minute stretch of calendar talk has upset everyone very much. So thank you all for the questions. I appreciate it very much. All right, guys. Back on track. What are we doing? I, are we doing I the two so person thing or the four, four person it's Connor, thing? It's Connor and uh, Frank, right? Oh, I mean, right. I'm happy to have you guys back. I, I, I like the survivor aspect. See, All right. So we want, you wanted to just be me and Frank? I like that. that All right, Frankie, we, we doing one? Let's do it. All right, let me... Uh, Where's the randomizer? Uh, let me... I got a clear... Uh, <laughs> I got a clear old... Well, if the randomizer worked last time, why doesn't it work this time? That's a good point. You know what? I was thinking that same thing. All right, Frank, who will go first Let's between the out. two of us? Let's randomize <laughs> it. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Oh. Ah, uh, dicey, dicey. Uh, it is dicey, dicey. So you guys just sitting it out. I'm just. Sitting, this is game. By the way, this is the first time that I haven't had to, you know, stick my. I, I've been, you know. Oh wow. Oh. Well, I've been. I've been. My right favorite for so part long of you, Ariel, is yeah, how humble yeah, yeah, yeah. you are. It's very. Uh, it's uh, tough to give out picks. Huh? Oh, I hate giving out picks. Yeah. I hate giving out picks. Yep. 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 All right, Frank. How we feeling, man? It's you first. I know, I know. I'm asking you how we're feeling because I'm just looking things over, trying to decide what I'm going to do. I did my research. (laughs) I just got Andy's uh, calendar invite, by the way. That was smart of you. came to my phone. All right, so what I'm going to (laughs) do, I'm going to take the money line. I was going to head to the alternate total page. I decided at the last second I'm not going to. I'm going to take Yasmin Lucindo, minus 330, to get it done against Brogan Walker. That was my pick. Well, you better come up with a new one. Frank, I believe the words were, I did my research, so. Oh, right. I did my research. What's going on? You all right? <laughs> Frank's having a stroke. <laughs> it's funny. We actually, we, yeah, we actually are getting a little bit worried. He, he, he gets so close to saying things correctly but says them wrong uh what did what you say it like jim jones for john jones you were talking about you were talking about i was trying uh, to be affable you were talking about ra- uh roadhouse earlier but you kept calling it roundhouse uh yeah you're oh, always frank. like just slightly off frank right. either way you pick a lot of um, really good choices for this, but um, I have chosen to take the Bobby Green and Jared Gordon fight to go over two and a half. All right, there it is the parlay two legs. I wouldn't yes. leave you guys hanging. Wow, I wouldn't come on, I wouldn't leave you guys hanging. Of course, I'm gonna get involved. That's not my style. Oh, so we're back. You don't, you don't, you, <laughs> right. don't, you don't spell, you can't spell Helwani without loyalty. No, no, no. My pick was dependent on if it was two of us or four. Why? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, we, we took shorter odds. We we planned this beforehand. We we're like, let's see where they go with oh, this. Man. We'll be ready for both scenarios. Well, uh, so yeah, Frank I guess ready for sure. I guess y'all for can sure. pick what whatever uh, whatever you want then. What instead of being told like, hey, thanks, Ariel. 
appreciate you doing that. I'm 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 getting pushback now. I'm, I'm trying to help out. Well, I'm not just, sure where the ca- thanks is in order here. I'm trying to help out. Okay, fine. Another, you don't want uh, me to help out? I, I was going to... No, no, I, I, I live by the sword. I die by the sword. I'm, the floor is yours. Oh, it's okay. How did I get default last? Like, how did this happen? Right. The randomizer was done and that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm just, awesome. It's also true. By the way... It's uh, fine. It's fine. Jump. I have a pick, Oh, go, so. go, go. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Right, so Rick third. No, Rick third. Go ahead. going to be an easy video to edit here. <laughs> Sorry, Connor. Uh, I'm going. I'm heading to Bellator. Give me uh, Aaron Pico. What yes. is he? A huge favorite. He should be Minus a big favorite. Seven hundred. He's somewhere. Seven hundred. There's so many Bellator fights. I have to control F it. Seven hundred. Minus seven twenty. Yes, I just wanted to add it to the slip. That gets us to plus. What did I say? Control. Wow, I'm franking it right now. Oh, uh, that gets nice. us to plus one hundred four. <laughs> Ariel, finish this off. Uh, I am going to go over to the UK, my friends, and I'm going to take friend of the program, number one in darts, Sky Nicholson, over six and a half rounds. Wow. How about that? Back in action against Linda Laura Lecca, currently a minus 3,500 favorite. Yeah. What's the over six and a half? Uh, I'm seeing minus 625. All right. <laughs> Going out on a limb. Yeah, I mean, I think she's got a decision every fight, I think, in her amateur career. She had, like, she had like 150 fights. They yeah. all went to decision. I like it. I mean, it probably is going to go to a decision. So I'm going six and a half. All right. That gets us to plus 136. Oh, perfect. As long as we're in the like plus, that. I'm all good. I like that. I like that. So, uh... To recap, Yasmin Lucendo, over two and a half in Bobby Green, Jared Gordon, Aaron Pico, Sky Nicholson, over six and a half. Love it. Sounds good to me. All right, what Frank, about the rest of the wanna, picks? Don't want to change anything last minute, Frank? Nah, I think this is good. All right. All right. I'm with it. Uh, rest of the picks. Got a little bit little bit of action in the UFC, a little bit on uh, Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, Maybe a little Bellator, who knows, as we get close to the weekend, I, I said that I potentially swore it off. Uh, anyway, let's start. UFC Apex 71, back in the friendly confines. Uh, I'm going to take the under in Priscilla Cachoeira, Karen Silva. Minus 144 in a women's MMA bout on the under. Typically, we try and stay away from that, but these two girls, I mean, incredibly aggressive, kill-or-be-killed fighters. It's hard to find a more potent finisher in the women's division than Priscilla Cachoeira. Corinne Silva is just that. One decision across 19 professional fights. But she also has a striking defense of 35% against a woman who can clearly knock her out in Priscilla Cachoeira. If it goes to the mat, I think Silva can submit her. Cachoeira has been subbed twice in the UFC. Sort of both their their strengths are where the other's weakness lies, and I think someone uh, for... How many finishes these girls have on their resumes? I think someone is going to get finished here. Uh, next up, the fire marshal is back in the building taking on William Gomi. Both these dudes, talented prospects. I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think they're probably going to mix in the wrestling, rack up some control time. Uh, they've finished low-level fighters in the regional scene, but Francis, four of his seven career fights have gone over two and a half. Gomi, three of his last five have gone over the two and a half. Just based on what I took this at the odds, I see this fight going over two and a half, far more than 50%. Um, 60, 65, if they fought 100 times, uh, I think close fight, 
goes to a decision, I will gladly take the over two and a half. Next up, Norman Dumont. A women's featherweight bout. We don't get those too often, and I like that for Norman Dumont, her more natural waist class. She's going to be the bigger fighter here. I think she's going to be the more physical fighter to win. Got to mix in the takedowns. Has to get it to the mat. She has a takedown in all but one of her UFC fights. If you look at the way Carol Hosa lost her one fight, it was because she got taken down every single round and controlled by Sarah McMahon. I think Dumont has the skills to do that here. Close women's MMA fight. I got her at plus money. I will ride with Dumont. I just got a reminder. Uh, Ten minutes. I have a meeting with old man Hell Warren. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks to the Google Calendar there. Next up, Matt Semmelsberger. Uh, taking on Jeremiah Wells in a fight that is surely going to be wild. Semmelsberger, seven knockdowns in seven UFC fights. Jeremiah Wells, three UFC fights, won all three by finish. They both come out, especially Jeremiah Wells, aggressively. Um, he's going to be the bigger fighter here, Semmelsberger, that is. I think he's going to be the more technical one. He's just going to have to stay patient. He's going to have to fight cautiously because Jeremiah Wells is going to throw caution to the wind. And I think if he can get past the onslaught, the big looping shots, uh, you know, the attempts at the takedowns, he's going to be able to wear on Jeremiah Wells over the course of the three rounds and get the victory. Next up, we're taking a flyer here. Yasmin Lucendu, who I just picked in the Parlay Pals. I am taking her to win by KO, TKO at plus 600. I just don't think Brogan Walker is going to have a ton to offer. I think she really offers her no danger on the feet. And Yasmin Lucendo, at just 21 years old, I think she's going to continue to get better every time we see her fight. She's already got 18 professional fights, uh, started fighting at 15. She's a killer, man. She's aggressive. I think she's got good striking. Four of her last six wins are by knockout. We just saw Brogan Walker get knocked out by Juliana Miller, which... Hasn't aged the best. I think Yasmin Lucindo can do the same here at plus 600. I thought it was worth a stab. We moved to the now co-main event because of Ricky Simone uh, getting pushed to next week. I'm going with Brad Tavares, and I just have to start out by saying I totally botched this one. Uh, as Jed Mishu, the great Jed Mishu, pointed out to me on No Bets Bard, Brad Tavares by decision, which I should have held out for to take, is plus 170. And why you would take someone minus 155 who, across their 21-fight UFC career, only has two finishes, why you would not just bump that to plus 170, which is a massive swing, and take them by decision, that would be the smart thing. I took this. I can't cash this out, so I'm riding with Brad Tavares' money line. In terms of the matchup itself, I'm not even going to go into the GM3 fight for Bruno Silva. I mean... He was clearly just off that night. If you watched the fight, you knew that that was not Bruno Silva's best effort. I mean, he got beat pillar to post by GM3 in the striking and then ended up getting submitted. Uh, But, I mean, even when you go before that, Alex Pereira, he had good moments, but he still got 30-27, and it looked like he was going to get finished in round three. I mean, he got poured on. And then going back and watching the Andrew Sanchez fight, in my opinion, he was down two rounds to none going into that third round and then was able to pull off uh, a finish. I mean, his two wins, while they were impressive, Jordan Wright, Wellington Terman, Brad Tavares is not that level of competition. He's been in there with the best. Yes, sort of at the gatekeeper level. He doesn't beat the best. But this is a test for Bruno Silva. I'm not sure if he's going to pass, but I can't trust him after the GM3 performance. Uh, So I will be riding with Brad Tavares. So the main event of UFC Apex 71. Huge, huge implications on the heavyweight division. I wish this wasn't happening at the Apex. In terms of a side... I have no idea who's going to win. I, I think if you're betting a side on this one, you're going to look really smart if you win the bet. And if you lose, you're not going to look that smart because it goes one of two ways. Blades comes in there, he gets the takedowns, and he just unloads on Pavlovich and he gets the finish. Or 
Pavlovich keeps it standing, or Curtis Blades decides to keep it standing, which I don't think would be smart, Pavlovich unloads the volume, unloads the power, and he finishes Blades. We've seen Blades finish before against athletic power punchers. That's exactly what Pavlovich is. We've seen Pavlovich taken to the ground and pounded out against Alistair Overeem. Blades, obviously, a better wrestler than that. I don't think he'll have a huge issue getting it to the ground if that's what he pushes. Either way, what I decided on is the under one and a half. Just mathematically mm-hmm. speaking, I thought we were going to get uh, a way worse number than this. Pavlovich, 15 of his 18 pro fights, all of them in the UFC as well, all six in the UFC, have ended in the first round. The dude is a kill-or-be-killed fighter. And then Blades, a lot of people say he's a wrestler. I mean, dude is a finisher as well. Five of his last seven have gone under the one and a half. Like He also has said on this very program that he is prioritizing finishes. He knows that that is important. I think he knows if he goes out here and finishes Sergey Pavlovich, he is going to get the heavyweight title shot after Jones, Miocic. I think they're both going to push the pace, and I think someone is going to get finished. Both these dudes have very high finishing potential. Uh, so that's what I went with, the under one and a half. Over to Davis Garcia. Oh, yeah. And by I, the way, uh, I'm not sure about the one and a half. I, I do love the finish in that one just because yes. they're fighting in the smaller cage and everything. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't see a way that one goes through a decision. I would, I would be shocked. But I've been shocked before. Uh, I'm going with over five and a half rounds. I, I couldn't fully land on a side here, especially like with, the, with the finishing prowess of both of them. I took an alt total, took it down a little bit. The reason I like that, Gervonta, last six, have gone over this five and a half Ryan, he's made it to the sixth round in his last three fights. The biggest thing you got to discuss, though, is like the level of competition that these guys have been fighting is not the level that they're fighting on Saturday. This will be the toughest test for both of these guys when they get there, certainly for Ryan Garcia uh, and more than likely for Tank Davis. So I think that this is going to be, go longer despite these guys' knockout ability. I think it's going to go longer than people are, are expecting. I think we get to that over five and a half, especially with the way that Tank tends to start a little bit on the slower side. Um, but I do I do think someone is going to get knocked out. I think the left hand of Ryan Garcia will always keep him alive in a fight. But then when you get down to the technicalities uh, and the opportunities that are going to be available for Javante Davis with the way that Ryan Garcia's boxes... I think he's live for a finish as well, which is why I took a little sprinkle. Fight ends round 9 through 12. I'm saying it might go a little bit longer than people are expecting, plus 400. Um, Get into those championship rounds, and I think someone gets finished. Um, So that's what I'm going with there. Don't have a side. I mean, Leonard Ellerby did a a, a real good job of selling uh, Tank by knockout, but uh, I think at the end of the day I'm probably going to stay away on a side. And then just a couple parlays. I went Montel Jackson. I think it's a very favorable matchup for him against Ronnie Yaya. Bobby Green, I think he gets a bounce back. And then a little prop parlay. Dumont Rosa over one and a half. Silva Tavares over one and a half. And Blades Pavlovich under four and a half. And those are the bets for this weekend. Monster weekend in combat sports. Oh, my God, yeah. And you didn't even touch – I know you said you might touch uh, Bellator, but two Bellator events. Yeah, might have a little something, you know. KSW as well. KSW. I mean, going to have to drop the $10 for the pay-per-view. Going to have to enjoy it. No, I feel like they can hook you up on that regard. Um, I mean, if KSW Kingpin boxing. Oh There's all kinds God. of events going on. Look at you. On. You're, you're into influencer boxing too? I thought I, I was the only influencer boxing uh, guy. I right? was a 15 out of 10 about Nate Diaz and Jake That's Paul right. just, la- <laughs> just last week. Don't, don't. Someone Salt asked Poppy me. Is, oh, someone Salt asked Poppy me if I wanted is. Salt Poppy on the show. And you, you said, said no? no? No, I just wasn't. I was like, I don't know if he was big enough. He said wow. no. Wow. Oh my God. Nah, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I Disrespectful son. Could you imagine Salt Poppy? Salt Poppy is the number one pound for pound influencer boxer. 
not even close. Uh, Number one. And he's fighting Anthony Taylor. Should we, should we try to do a, a salt poppy Anthony Taylor face to face? Yes. Oh, that'd be incredible. See, I don't in know, studio? I don't, I don't know, know if... I don't know if salt poppy has like that kind of game. Maybe like better on the, one-on-one? Like, ta- Taylor, Taylor is definitely able to like, you know, dominate a, a, a microphone battle there. Um, I don't know if he has that in his back pocket, but he's got the mitts. He's got the hands. I'll tell you that. You're a big salt poppy uh, mark. Huge. I, I promised an update on the captain um, debate. Oh, yeah. All my New York Knicks slash Yankees fans of my age, Derek Jeter, the captain. Yeah, they're but only 35. My friend, my friend Nicholas did ask his 68-year-old father yeah. who said it was Willis Reed. See, that's... It was definitely Willis Reed. And, it's generational. I mean, but and, but I'm not... I don't fall into the... Uh, you know the young category, but yet I feel like I have an appreciation, and I'm an old soul, and so that's why I lean towards Willis. Spe- speaking of the Knicks, how how did that go? Well, I, I said it. I said it. We got punched in the mouth. We didn't show up. It wasn't a good performance. Second uh, worst stomping of the weekend by the Cavs, other than Draymond Green stomping. Wow, uh, Sabonis's chest. Old school Vanderlei Silva freaking axe kick there. Um, <laughs> listen. Like I said, if you would have told me at the beginning of uh, last week we're we're going back yeah, home one one, take it. Yeah. Now the question okay. is, do they come back? Do they respond? Is Josh Hart, you know, healthy? Is Julius healthy? Blah blah blah. We'll find out. I, I, I by the way, I don't think I ever guaranteed a victory here. No, you know what? You you're normally you know yeah, die hard I'm rah pretty, rah for your teams. You've been pretty respectful and pretty and pretty even. I told for you, this one. Donovan terrifies me. Do I do I think they Garland, win? Maybe. Yeah, do I think they win in six or so? I'd like to win in six. Still think <laughs> it's possible, but Cavs are good. I I said it th- after the Mitchell trade on Twitter that Cavs are top. I think I said top three. I was off by one, and I got laughed at. So, yeah, I had a bet with a friend for top four. That one cashed. Oh, really? Nice. It was nice. It was nice. Uh, but yes, it's a good series. It's the best. I feel like it's the best series. Sun- Suns and Clippers. Nah, Kings uh, Warriors. Cavs and Knicks. Kings Warriors. No, because I think the Kings are about to. Sweep them. Warriors are going back. Oh, you guys, you guys have way more confidence in the Warriors. Yeah, than I series, do. The series doesn't start till till a road team wins. Warriors have been awful on the road all year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I might, I might go lay down some lumber in uh, in uh, in Las Vegas for all of you guys. A lot to get to over there, and I have to go. I have a plane to catch. Tonight? No, tomorrow morning. But oh. it's not. <laughs> I still have to pack and stuff, you know? I mean, yeah, I've been yeah. here for four freaking Can hours. Have you night before to pack? Oh, all the time. And every time I do it, I always say I'm not going to do it the next time, and every time. Classic. I'll yeah, procrastinate think, it later. Oh, it's the worst. Because I get home, I'm tired, kids, this and that. I'm like, oh, now I have to pack for this fucking trip. But it's going to be a good time, and we'll talk about it all on Monday. I bid you all adieu. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and uh, thank you to everyone in the back. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you to everyone for sending in questions. Uh, we could go. You could play that music. Yeah, that's it. Is that loud? You should just keep rubbing your people. Beard. Don't people like that? They love it. ASMR. They keep asking for more. Isn't that a thing? I can't hear my headphone volume is so low I couldn't even hear I couldn't tell if you as I was going closer it's been a great day though how bad was uh, the mic on DJ's necklace that wasn't as bad as when he got up we had RF issues oh so the fans at home got to hear some uh, electricity oh 
For the whole dart session? Not the whole thing. Oh, wow. So happy I asked. Yeah. <laughs> we could have waited till our meeting later. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for Put it for on your calendar. Me. Yeah. So we'll talk about Can it. Can I so, still use it as a reference? No. No, no. No. That's pretty right. much it. Uh, but it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it's been a great time. Uh, I want to thank everyone who stopped by today. Great stuff. And uh, do appreciate you checking out the live show. If not, uh, download, rate, subscribe, review, comment. See you, Rick. Take care. <laughs> um, and we'll be back on Monday. Thank you very much to John Hennigan. That was a lot of fun with John, a.k.a. John Morrison. Appreciate his time very, very much. Thank you to Brandon Royville. Great stuff from him. Thank you to the great Leonard Ellerby. Good luck to him and the team on Saturday. And how about Demetrius Mighty Mouse? Johnson. Good luck to him on May 5th. And thank you very much, Tim, for once again coming in studio. Can't thank him enough. Back on Monday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.